What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of Bloke in a Bar. I am with a new man. Shandor L uh, has joined us, the OG. He was with us from the start, and he is uh, coming on the show now. Also got the great guru. Make sure to follow Shandor L on Instagram, at Shandor L, and also guru on Instagram, rugby league guru. Brought to you, as always, by Bloke in a Bar, the smoothest Christmas, easiest drinking lager in all the land, the beer of sport. I mean, tell me any other beer that releases a three-and-a-half-hour podcast that's how long this podcast is today, and I can't feel my ass anymore. Uh, so that's, the, that's the, the, the sacrifice we're making for you. So go out and grab a case of bloke in a bar from your local. Go to our website, type in your postcode or show your closest location, or go to your local independent uh, liquor store, and you just go in and say, may you please order some bloke in a bar from ALM or ILG. We're nationwide in uh, ALM and ILG. That means that any independent store, which is most of them, they can order Bloke in a Bar to their uh, store just by going on the computer and typing in Bloke in a Bar. Um, grab a case, guys. It may have, uh, last year we would sell out all the time, whereas this year we've got many more cases out there, a much bigger team to really uh, to support the beer. So make sure to grab a case. It, it helps the platform and helps us create more content. Plus, it's a bloody good beer. But as usual, let's get straight into it, baby. Just a Bloke in a Bar. What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of Bloke in a Bar, a very special week, as every week is very special. But I mean, this week's even more special because I've been thinking about the show's format and I thought we had too many good sorts on here. So we needed to bring in a shit bloke with a, a shit rig and ugly as well. We've got the great Shandor Earl here. What's going on, brother? Uh, not much, mate. I'm happy to be here. Bump up the average from three to four. <laughs> mate, <laughs> I tell you what, it is good to have you here because a lot of people, well, the new people may not know, the great Shandor was the first bloke in a bar. The <laughs> first bloke in a bar re- reached out to me and said, mate, I want to I get amongst it. I want to get amongst it. And so we created a show called Bloke in a Bar. Yes. All the way in Thailand. Oh, so crazy. One of them popped up on my phone the other day, actually. No way. Said, you know, the camera crew kit you sent me? Yep. I used to go down and try and find these random bars. Yeah. Try and explain to them why <laughs> I want to set up and do this 10-minute show about footy. <laughs> in Thailand yeah, as well. Yeah, so good. I had, we had some mad backdrops, though, as a plus on the 100%. 100%. No, it was cool. It was cool. Um, yeah, crazy. So it's just, like, wild to think, you know, how far Bloke and Bar has come since that. Unbelievable. Like, absolutely then wild. We actually, then we transitioned into the makeshift bar in, uh, in your unit. Yeah. In yeah, in my fucking, <laughs> literally, my lounge room had no couch and no TV, and it just had this makeshift uh, backdrop of, like, shelves with alcohol in it, and the TV was hanging on, so what I did was, I drilled a hole, like, say you've got shelves like that, and, like, that, I drilled a hole in that wall, in that wall, and then I got a pole, a steel pole, put it between that, like, holding it, and then I got some hooks and hooked on the TV, on the pole, <laughs> actually so bad. unsafe. Um, and we'd run like a bit of a live thing as well, so people would be oh. saying, like just hammering, asking oh, questions, <laughs> telling us to skull beers. Yeah, I'd hit Kmart on the way through to Woolongong yeah. every day and get a new like. <laughs> we thought we needed to wear button-up shirts. We thought we needed to wear button-up shirts. Fucking hell! Oh shit! The good day, the good old days. Yeah, in the lounge room, and that was just set up there. Uh, with his bench, everything, and yeah, long long story short, the great Shandor Oil. You went on to make the bounce back. You were talking about making the bounce back, bounce back in yeah, the league. Yeah. You did it. Yeah, you nailed that, it. That's, it's so cool to reflect on those times because it's like a bit of a time capsule, especially for yourself. You come so yeah. far, and for me, I think I just spoke about I always wanted to come back. I wanted to do it on my own terms. So that was an awesome experience getting back to the storm and mm. going through that process in the way we did. But. Mate, that's just, it's, yeah, it's crazy to think. Crazy to think how far both of us have come. And then we've also got the great Gurino Garachi Kanguru, also known as the Rugby League Guru. What's going on, brother? A bit rattling this morning. I normally uh, 
rank myself as a top two winger on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know now. Mate, uh, you're the, the rose between two thorns now, buddy. You two just stay on the pain. I'll, I'll bring you in when I need you, okay? Speaking about, I mean, let's get the... I don't know if you can see it on camera, but the, the beak, where all the power lies that, that created this, uh, this platform, <laughs> got hit in the beak the other night. It was, it was the middle of the night. I opened a cupboard, hit myself in the beak. Obviously, the fucking, like, it went like, boom. And it, you know those embarrassing moments you have by yourself? You're still embarrassed, but no one's around. Like, <laughs> out of all the things that could have hit, it hit my fucking schnoz. Like, it couldn't hit there, couldn't hit there. So now I've got, like, two black eyes from fucking self-inflicted harm. You were two rooms away too, weren't you? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly. Someone closed the door down the hall. <laughs> fucking hit me schnoz. Um, so I don't know Maybe the beak will be stronger for it Or maybe you'll be worse We'll, we'll see but I'd say it's pretty resilient at this point <laughs> I'll tell you what It's been through the fucking wall It's going to have its own documentary The beak um, Now uh, brought to you as always By Bloke in a Bar The best beer in all the land Here's the 13 stores that Oh we've got 13 this week me, uh, me employees have gone the big lift With usually 11 13 this week I like it I like it East End, East End Hotel Bundaberg Drag Yeah Yeah Was actually down there on Friday Grand Hotel Childers Newtown Hotel Toowoomba, Quench Liquor Barn Ashmore, Acacia Ridge Hotel, Fleet Street Cellars Camp Hill, Celebrations Camaray, Celebrations Newtown, Manning Street Cellars, Local Liquor Piermont, Mr. Liquor Miranda Westfield, Liquor Legends Morissette. Uh, also go to bloke.shop if you want to grab some merch and join the bloke club. Bloke.club, very easy to join, takes two seconds. Uh, but Shandor, what have you been doing, mate? You, you're in the are you in the NFT space now. Yeah, we mate. got into got into it uh, this year, mate. To be honest, I just wanted to be first into it because mm. I know where it's going and where it's headed. But yep. um, yeah, we looked at a couple of projects. If you're into the NFT space and you know, really, you see these art based tokens like a picture of a monkey or whatever it is, mm. an alien, and you're saying, well, how are people making so much money? But we created this project, which is a DAO, which is essentially fractional ownership in a mm. membership. We make um, we make some acquisitions and. Some of the things we just bought, for example, that board ape, we spent 400k on it, which what? is mind blowing. It's a picture of an ape. Holy shit! But um, some cool stuff happens as as owners of that community. It's mm. awesome to build that up, and we got some great people involved at the founding level. What's but it um, called the Dead Dead Diamond Society. Dead Diamond Society. Yeah. So um, we've already made some cool acquisitions. For example, that that board ape the other day, just to see that space evolve, they've just sprang out their own crypto coin, mm. and that instantly made us 250k straight to the Dow. What? Yeah. So it's cool, but it's it's just been good fun to build a community, yep. be in the space, understand it. And uh, my sky's the limit. So it's kind of like an investment. Firm yeah, like for think crypto. about like a hedge fund on blockchain. Mm. So it's decentralized autonomous organization, but it's just fractional ownership. We've acquired all these different things. Yep. Um, some give us a passive income. Some will look at just growing. Yep. Um, other things are just for interest. Like you know, Paps is involved. Um, Ryan Pappenhausen. He's yep. uh, he's well into the Z run, the the blockchain horse racing. Yep. So we've got a stable of horses now, which is cool. We'll have like Whoa. a race day with the community each Holy month. So shit. yeah, it's cool. Lots of good stuff. So for the layman out there, me and the great Garino. Yes. It's it's basically you pull money together yep. and then you invest. You you guys come together and say, should we invest in this? Yes. And then you invest in it. Yeah, and the Dow has agree. a vote and a say yep. on everything and everyone has a fractional ownership of that. Democracy. So. Democracy at its <laughs> finest. That's it. That's I it. I know about it. Guru, you would be surprised. I know a bit about politics and democracy. I wouldn't doubt you. I'll sit you down and I'll go through it um, one time. Also, you're in uh, gym, the air locker. Yeah, it's been massive. Last two weeks... Um, I'm so, finally. Do I need to get in there? Back. Fuck! <laughs> Fuck! Mate, we'll take the beak into some altitude. <laughs> I'll, I'll fucking pass out. <laughs> it's been cool, bro. Cool journey. We've been, I've been traveling the country, opening these things up of, of late. So, um, mm. 
it's exciting to see that grow. You've, you know, we've all been in stuff, involved in stuff, and we're trying to get it to where we want it to be. So to see that unravel this year is going to be a big year. But, yeah, if, you, if there's an airlock near you, get in there and try it out. Get in there, boys. It. Get in there. Yeah, I, fuck, I feel lazy now. <laughs> I feel lazy. Um, but let's get into, I mean, what we're here for, and that's talking absolute rugby league. Uh, I just want to talk quickly about – I've got a quite a few messages about – Darius Boyd on the SAS, and there's been a lot of um, people, I guess, surprised at, I guess, his story. Um, if you haven't seen it, go to SAS uh, Instagram, and you can hear his interview on the SAS show, just talking about what he went through. And he just details, um, you know, it's funny because anyone that's followed this podcast for quite a while, and also the Locker Room page and Bloke and Bar page, you know, I, I was quite defensive with Darius like people would rip him and, and fair enough like you can you can have your say and mm. the way you thought he played footy but I was always quite defensive because obviously I you know lived with him for for a few years and I you know it's his story to tell so I couldn't just be like oh you know he's been through a lot of shit here's what happened and so you know some people are really surprised that oh shit he really has been through shit you know he, he's never met his father his mother um Unfortunately, he was estranged from her. So when he was about 15, he had to move in with another family. Um, it's a great watch. And I just thought it was a really good example of, you know, Darius was a really polarising figure. And don't get me wrong, it doesn't mean that you can't have an opinion on him. It doesn't mean you have to love him or whatever. But a good example of sometimes there's more to the story than... I mean, even one guy came up to me yesterday and he was like, man, I thought Darius was really arrogant. And, you know, don't get me wrong, he had times when he was arrogant. Um, but he's clearly worked through it. Like seeing the man that I see today and then the bloke that I live with, like me and Darius had a really weird relationship. Like we were good mates, but sometimes it would just be real rocky. Like it was just, it was really weird. Even though I always knew we were really good mates because he was so like struggling with all his mental health, it would just be like fuck up and down. Roller coaster. And like one day we're best mates, one Mm. day we're not. And I had already known what he had gone through. So I just accepted that. Like, that's the way he is. You can't take it that, that personally. Like, at the end of the day, he'll always be there as a mate. He was actually one of my favourite people to play with. Um, I really enjoyed playing outside him. Like, him as centre, me as winger. Um, but I just thought it was a, if, if you have, you know, again, respect to your opinion on how he plays or whatever. But if you have some, I guess, questions as to why Darius was the way he was for periods of his career, go check out the SAS. And I actually said, I say it to you, Matt, or I say it to Tom and Eddie. I said, I said, um, well, let me finish. And I'll fucking... Fuck, he wants to get straight in there. You're a sicko. It's called foreplay, you fucking sicko. Absolute disgusting human, that bloke. Um, so I said before SAS started, when he got announced, I said a lot of people will think that because of the way he played, he's not mentally tough. But I said, he'll win it. I reckon he'll win it. And this was before it started. Um, did I say that to you or Tom already? No, nah, you said that to Tom and Eddie. Yeah, Tom and Eddie. I, I reckon he'll win it because he's one of the hardest trainers I've met. Yeah? Like, oh, 100%. Always rocked up in good nick. Or, like, if he quits, it'll be the most shocking. I just can't see him quitting. Nah, neither. He's been on army camp. I've been with him when we... Like, our first army camp we went on together was six days. And I lost nearly 10 kilos. He lost 12 kilos in six days. That's how hard the mm. camp was. And he was fantastic. So, um, yeah, for all the Darius Boyd people that, I guess, want a deeper insight to what he is like as a bloke, go check it out. Fuck, he's grown so much. It's so good to see uh, how far he's come. Just to, You're getting the best version of him. Like, when I lived with him, you know, to people who didn't know, he didn't talk much. But, obviously, living with him, you, you get to know him really well. Talked all the time. You know, he's a real good, good part of Darius. And I'm glad that he's 
revealed that to more people now and he's working on, you know, and he can absolutely absolutely help a lot of young players. Right, it's the same with your podcast. I still get people come up to me going, oh, I didn't know I didn't know that happened. I've told that story a thousand times. Yeah. It's the same thing when a player or a high-profile person gets to come out and tell their story. Like you said, it's just a nice little reminder. Mm. We only get 30-second snippets of these people and not a true understanding of what's yep. going on in their life, where they've come from. So just have that little thought in the back of your head. Have your opinion, but yeah. it's just a nice little reminder, I reckon, for think, everyone. Yeah, like, for, from a fan's perspective... Yeah. Like, I I couldn't believe... Like, he didn't play well these last two years, and I understand that. But like, there was a moment in Darius Boyd's career where he was playing against the best fullback I think we've ever seen, and Darius Boyd was out playing him. Yeah, absolutely. Like that 2010 his, yeah. sort of... Like, he was on... When he won the Clive Churchill for the Dragons and yeah, everything, gone. and, you know, people want to say, oh, you know, Origin, he played outside GI. People act like scoring tries in Origin are easy. Mm. Like, it's just... I, I always thought he got the rough end of the stick, yeah. Darius. I, just that last couple of years... A mixture of, you know, two things. I think that, you know, there were games where it looked like he had checked out. And I think that was a reflection of his current relationship with Seabold. It didn't seem to work mm. that well. Um, and it was a very bizarre situation with Seabold and Darius because Darius was playing in a row when Seabold was playing in Clydesdales. So it's just a weird, like, imagine the guy that, you know, was playing reserve grade ends up becoming your coach. It's a very strange relationship for uh, people to come overcome. Not to say that that's the reason why they didn't have a good relationship. Um, I just think the turmoil at the club, Darius was a victim of that. And he didn't help himself in certain situations. I'm not excusing, no, you yeah, know, but, sure. but in, you look at it and go, okay, when he retired, did the Broncos get better? Like, no, we got, probably mm. got worse. Um, and so, yeah, the last two years, he didn't play great. But I think, look at his body of work. He's a fantastic. Oh, yeah. He's a two-time premiership winner, Clive Churchill medalist, twenty-plus Origin games. I mean, yeah, great player, and respect for him telling his story like that. Yeah, hundred percent to open up like that. So yeah, no, nothing wrong with having your opinion on a player and you know having a bit of banter in that. But if you're ever been on the fence with Darius, go check out that interview on uh, SAS's Instagram. It is really uh, eye-opening, and it might just explain you know certain times when he's you know an interview that he wasn't very open and all all that kind of stuff but for me personally as a, a mate of Darius's I'm so happy to see how far he's come because of the demons that he definitely had to fight um now big topic me and the great kangaroo were going back and forth on uh messages on the on the text message and kick pressure is did we just watch the death of kick pressure yesterday <laughs> I, I don't know if you can do it anymore can you really is it even worth like it it's and like, I understand what the NRL is trying to... It's very similar to the NFL. All of your rules are aimed at protecting your quarterbacks mm. who put asses on seats, same as your halfbacks and your five-eights. But mate, as you said, it's such an important part of the game, putting pressure on mm. your kickers. But mate, especially now that when you, if you put that hit on, it's a pen, It's not a penalty there. It's a penalty where the ball is. Crazy. Like, it Crazy. can be a 50-metre turnaround. It's yeah, a, it's, it's a lot. Where's the context? Like, why, why have we lost context for the situation? Like, did you get a chance to watch the end, uh, the end of Broncos Bulldogs? Yes. The Carrigan one? Yes. It's like, he didn't hit his legs. He helped, he literally helped him to the ground. What else can he do in that situation? It, like, and, and that's not even including the, the Sewell one, which we'll get into. It's not kick pressure, but it is pressure on the half. I totally get trying to protect um, halves, especially when, it, when he goes up and players hit their legs. That almost, honestly, to me, that's like a 10 in the bin kind of shit. Oh, that 100%. shit, fucking get rid of it. And but go if, hard on that. 100%. Because you want to really push people away from doing Absolutely. That. If you see him jump up in the air, don't even bother. Mm. But hitting someone around the chest, I just think that you're, we're giving half. We're basically creating an environment where a half, because it used to be what separated good halves from bad halves was who's willing to 
be brave enough to go into the line. Now, halves can just be like, I can go as slow as I want into the line. I don't have to worry about getting whacked whatsoever. What do you reckon, Shandle? Well, my concern is that when these new rules come in, we have to deal with it every year in the first two to four weeks. But where do they sit down? What's the criteria? Are they going, oh, let's just purely focus on safety and Mm. who cares what we bring in? But... At the end of the day, I thought the rules that were there in play before were satisfactory. Like, yeah, if you go for the legs, if you take the person out by kick pressure, you know, where I've just come from for the storm, that's that's awarded to these forwards as much as a try. Like, yep. it is a significant process for the forwards. So, to take that away or to try and harbour it, I don't know. I just feel like I'd love to know the criteria for when they sit down and make the decisions each year as to what mm. rules they're going to bring in and how hard they're going to go. It's just it, – I don't understand – like context should matter. It like should. Context should matter. And this this black and white, like basically if you looked at yesterday, what the bizarre thing was is that Reynolds got taken out a couple of times and I'm okay with that not getting penalised because I'm mm. like, there has to be a point where players are allowed to pressure the kicker and there has to be an idea in the kicker's mind of, I could be hit here. Whereas mm. we're getting into a situation where players will have to like sprint at them, but then pull out no matter what. You know what I mean? Mm. That's the only way you can put in pressure. And then kickers will know, well, I know for sure I'm not going to get hit. You know what I mean? And mm. I, th- I think as well, if, you know, if it gets to the point where teams aren't actually making contact with them, your kickers will be aware of that too. Yeah, They'll for sure. start to get around that first guy, and then you've got all the time in the world all mm. of a sudden too. It's a... I'd be happy for them to go harder at a sin bin offence. For example, like you said, taking out the legs, just really go hard. So yep. it puts the fear in players. I'd be happy with that. Yeah. But the no contact or where we're headed with it, I reckon it's a poor decision. Mate, the Carrigan the one. sin bins, bro. Like we were saying before, me and the oh. guru, sin bins used to be for like, it was hard to get sin bin. Yep. You've ch- how many games this week got changed purely because of a sin bin completely turned the game? Like no one wants to watch that. Yep. Guess, okay, so we'll get on to that. <laughs> <laughs> Guess how much... They timed Sewell was late. Oh, I know the answer, and it was point one four seconds. Yeah. Context. Point one Context, four bro. seconds. I, like, come on! Like, it, the the the, the halfback should not just have a free reign. Like, no. think think about the end result of this. The end result is the halfback can just jog to the line and do whatever he wants. And and then the, what the crazy thing is that defender has to stay on him, mm. and that, that, like. The, the separation between the good and the great halves is squaring up your defender. So if we take away that, then every half's going to look like a hero because mm. he can just walk, literally walk up to that and then go, like... But how hard is it to add that context? That's what I've never understood. Yeah. If you're sitting in the bunker, those ones back in the day, two, three years ago, where someone was getting oh, hit late, yeah. breaking their neck, yeah. like, that's different. But they penalise that all day. Mm. But if they, you know, if it's manageable, oh, that's, that's what annoys me. But I don't know. It always has to be black or white. They can never just yep. have like that grey area and just make Ten a decision the on the bin? fly. You can't like, do that. Like penalty, I could. I don't even think it was a penalty, if I'm being honest. But I would cop that because it's like, yes, we want safety. Okay. But 10 in the bin mm. for that? What do you reckon, Garachi? Yeah, I, and this is what we always struggle with, the common sense decisions. Mm. The grey areas, we just we can never find the consistency on those spots. And yeah, I have people saying to me all the time, like they message me and say, oh, they should have former players as referees. Fuck, they've done it. Yeah. And it also didn't really help that much, to be honest with you. Well, because what happens is, is the refs, whenever you see a ref make a decision like that, that's not usually him. It's He's getting told yeah. from above saying, this week 
we need you to crack down on this, this, and this. We've actually taken the decision-making ability away from the refs because it's – who knows what's going on, how yeah. many noises they're getting. The bunker sits over the top of them. Yeah. Don't go the line if you don't want to get hit, like potentially get yeah, hit. 100%. That's an advantage for the halfback. You want to go deep into the line yeah. and put the outside backs out on the other side under pressure. You're going to get hit. That's it. Yeah, I just and, – and, and that's not to say that, okay, then let's just get people jammed in the back and who cares. No, there's got to be some kind of grey area mm. where – you know, was it was it in the like back? Did the half you know turn his back, and did the defending player take enough time to? Did he have enough time to pull out? I just, yeah, I don't. Sometimes I don't understand, and it's so wishy washy that by the end of the year it's going to be different. It's going yeah. to be different. It'll be different um, in three weeks. Yeah, it'll be, be different. It's, you know, it's different from game to game yeah. because we've seen them get let go, and then we see like ten in the bin. That's huge, huge. Uh, another one, I thought was pretty tough for the Dragons. Was the Lomax uh, 10 in the bin for that as yeah, well? I agree. Could you definitely say that was a professional no foul? Like no maybe way. a penalty, but you can 100% say that was a professional foul. And he was never going to make it to the ball. Mm. Like, I, fuck, man. It's just sometimes I don't get it. Okay. And also, we'll, we'll, we'll get, try to get through this real quick because I don't want to bash the, you know, the NRL and media you know, too much. But I just think uh, we spoke about this a couple of weeks ago. This bunker that gets to pull people off with concussion, mm. I just like, you know, Jack Bird, he clearly got hit in the nose and he had blood. Yep. Did you, I didn't see, and uh, like, this is just a, a layman's opinion and I'm probably on the wrong side of history. You know, maybe it's the right thing. But, you know, it's like I said the other week when I was like, doctors have a different level yep. of what they see as a concussion. Like, they're not like rugby league players who are understand that they're probably going to hit in the head and so. So Jack Bird, I didn't see him dazed, knocked. He just held his face. That was it. That same with Nofaluma versus the Knights. When, 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 in that Tigers game, when they said we've got a call, I don't think Nofaluma had any idea it was him. Yeah, he didn't. I don't think he had any clue whatsoever until his name was mm. called. And he said David, and I don't think he even responded no. at that point. He yeah. thought it was someone else. It and was the, the only sign was he went like this. He was like, oh, like that. Like, I, I don't know. And, and yeah. bro, I'll be honest with you. Like, if, if you look at... The reality of the situation, it is reactive. There's obviously public pressure and perception around yeah. concussions and whatnot. Yeah. It's just sad that we have to go that far mm. to please that when in reality, like you said, someone's clearly dazed or knocked out. That independent doctor should be able to make a call. But I like what you said last week, and it's true. They don't have the same skin in the game that anyone else as associated with that team or game do. They're just there to make a black and white call. Yeah on what they think from their medical perspective. But, yep. mate, you can't, you can't, we can't just be pulling everything out. Again, common sense isn't common, but... <laughs> mate, absolutely. <laughs> seems to be the biggest problem. And it will get to a point where that will decide a finals game this yeah. year. 100%. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that Dragons would have beaten Penrith because we absolutely don't know, but it definitely didn't help their cause. And I just think that, like, with that thinking, with, like, with the doctor, and, and again, to be clear, guys, we do agree with having an independent doctor. We all yeah. agree with that. Yeah. We all agree with that. You know, we, me and you, Shandor, we've got skin of the game. Like, I definitely have CTE to, an, to a degree. Mm. Everyone does. Everyone mm. that plays played rugby mm. league has brain damage to mm. a degree. So to say that we don't care, we fucking care because mm. our lives are going to be affected. When we're 60, 70, we'll feel the effects. Now, it may not be to the degree that some other players, but it'll still feel the effects. Anyway, um, I agree with the independent doctor, but I just think that even, okay, so let's say you agreed, okay, if he holds his face, take him off. They have a, they can't ha get back on for fifteen minutes. Yeah. So he so David goes off, passes the test. So he passes the HIT. He still has to stay off for fifteen minutes. It's like 
15 minutes they lose their like best winger, best outside back. Uh, growing pains. Oh, this is probably just growing pains. But I just I wanted to get more power to the ruling and the judgment by the doctor. You also have to give equal power for the opportunity if it's cleared to get back. Like that's, let's give that middle ground. Okay, give power to the doctor to make his judgment. Yep. But when the call's made, we should get him have back out the there. Abil- yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Like, shouldn't be bound by a time period. Because what, what like what I'm not understanding is what are you saying? Are you if he passes the test, then you are saying that he doesn't have. A HIA. Exactly. So why is he still off the field? Exactly. Is he letting it down or like you know what I mean? Like, yep. is he does he need more time? If he needs more time, then he then he is concussed and he mm. shouldn't be back on that field. Um, yeah. So it's it's tough. It's like, just it's at the point now where you you have to change the way you pick your bench too. I think. Yeah. True. You have to almost carry a center or a winger there. You're going to guarantee one's probably going to be. Yeah. You got. It's going to happen. You have to be prepared yeah. for it. And 15 minutes might not sound, but. In a game, you mm. guys can talk more about it. That's an eternity. Just, an you eternity. can lose a game in 15 minutes. Yep. We're just way too close on the boundary of games being called by either penalties yeah. in bins or the concussion yeah. rule. Mm. So absolutely agree with the independent doctor. This is growing pains. You know, yeah. It is growing pains. Hopefully we can sort it out in the next few weeks. But let's get into our first segment, team of the week. Here, what is your – we'll go Shandor. What is your team of the week? All right, man. My team is – it was t- a lot of tough positions, oh, to be honest, tough, especially tough around the halves and the outside backs. But I went uh, Sloan, Coates, Gagai, Farnworth, Marju, the big man on the wing, uh, Clifford and Hines, Butcher, Harry Grant. I thought he was a standout at nine. Uh, Saifidi, Frizzell and Kikau, Fanukin, And then at my bench, I went Brimson, Takiaho, Hastings and Fanua Blake. Yeah. Oh, sorry, yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, mine's pretty similar. Um, I think we've got three different fullbacks. So I went for Reese Walsh in a losing side. I thought he was sensational his first game back. Xavier Coates on one wing with Greg Marshall. You just like him because he's hot, bro. That's exactly it. Dylan Brown. <laughs> I bet you Dylan Brown's in your side because he's cool. Uh, centers, Gagai and Farmworth. I thought both of those two were unreal. Yeah, um, seven, I've gone for Hines. Six, controversial. I went for Hastings. I just thought yeah. he was the best player on his team by a country mile. Um, up front, AFB and Takiaho, Harry Grant at nine. Uh, Bo Fermo in second row with Frizzell. Isaiah Yo at 13. I could pick Isaiah Yo every week. Yeah, literally. The way we're going. Yeah. Uh, my bench, a little bit light, but I've gone with AJ Brimson and Clifford. I just couldn't leave them out. Uh, Nat Butcher and Dale Finucane as well. I thought he was great for Cronulla. Yep, so I've gone. I have gone. Ooh. I'm on the wrong. I'm on Maddie's team of the week. Just says Reese Walsh 17 times. You're fucking <laughs> sicko, bro. Weirdo. Um, <clears throat> so I went Tedesco, Mazu, Herbie, Gagai, Philip Sammy, Brimo, Hines, Tokiaho, Grant, Braden, mm. uh, Hamlin, Ueli, Firma, Frizzell, Curran at 13, 14, Clifford, 15, uh, Fenua Blake, 16, Kikau, 17, Butcher, 18, Hastings. Let us know in the comments section. Matter of fact, let us know in the comments section. And I will give a case of beer to one lucky commenter. That's I'm feeling generous. I'm feeling generous. A case of beer to one lucky uh, commenter. So let us know what your team of the week was. Make sure you comment in the YouTube actual comments, not the live. Chat. Yeah, not the live in the YouTube comments. So if you're listening to this auto, go to our YouTube. Also subscribe to our YouTube. Don't forget to do that. I've never, we always forget to say that. Every time. Literally been like a year and a half. And I think I said it once. Subscribe to the YouTube. Um, now, on to the games. Uh, what cracking matches that we had on the weekend. Uh, what I love about this this year is I feel like the gap between the best and the middle of the table has really tightened up. And I even think that 
like compared to last year, we're looking at the Knights right now, for mm. example, and the Knights last year, there is no chance you could say they could fight for a top six position. No way. And yes, it's round two, so it's a very long year. I'm not saying that this will continue on, but if you if you took away your bias prior and going forward, and you were just if let's say you had you were an alien that came down to earth and you watched the Knights play these first two rounds, you would go fuck these guys probably top tier team. And last year, you couldn't say that. You mm. could not say that at all. So I'm absolutely loving how entertaining the games are. So let's go first game review. Storm versus South. Um, thoughts on the game? Yeah, it's a weird one. Uh, for me, South weren't in the contest for the first 65 minutes. <laughs> then all of a sudden, they just came to life. Uh, I thought that that left edge, they just always seemed to be a pass or just a yard off. Mm. I mean, like they could have scored a heap of points the other night. They just, I don't know, it just looks a little bit... Out of whack compared to where it was last week. They moved Tane Milne to left centre uh, at the back end of the game, which I thought was a, a really good move. Um, yeah, I, you think like we, we'd been calling that from the first trial? It has to happen. No, yeah, Jackson Paulo is such a good winger, mm. and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, nothing wrong. Be with a that. gun winger. You, mm. It doesn't mean you're you're a great centre. You know, like I look at the centre on the other side, Campbell Graham, which we've been talking about for a while. So good. good he wasn't player. the best player for South. So I'm not here. Yeah, mm. agreed. Uh, how he isn't getting shifted over that side. I don't know. But they, they've got to make a change there uh, somehow for me. Um, I think the halfback, I've been a big fan of him. He's probably under a little bit of pressure over the next few weeks. They've mm. got a tough run. But uh, Do you think it helped that uh, Dimitri came out in the, the media, and correct me if I'm wrong, and said that Milford would have started if this drama didn't happen and Ilias actually wasn't planned to be started? Do you think that helps or hurts the situation right it now? It wouldn't help me. So that much for free. I, I can't believe he said just, it. Yeah. yeah, it's a stupid decision. Well, it's just like <laughs> it's like a pointless thing to say. It's so pointless. It's, it's exactly, and it, it, it has no weight. He's not there. Like at the end of the day, this is your halfback. Yeah. I doubt you have much depth going on. So, mm. like, get behind the kid, rally behind him mm. at least for now. While there's a bit of frustration, you can see with Walker and his starting form. But we spoke about this before: coaching, man management, buy-in, getting rapport from the playing group. Like, yeah. I get it, putting someone under pressure. But with that Lockie Ilias, just get around the kid. Yeah, I, I um. We spoke about Dimitri in the media, the press conference, and I, I just think that if there's one thing that Rabbitohs should do with Dimitri right now is get his media savviness mm. A+. Plus. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because that can go so far in alleviating what's happening right now. And by saying, you know, we would have had Milford there, which is, you know, obviously, like, yeah. obviously you would have had Milford there, but that's just a story. Boom. You just gave him a story. There's a whole article about that now. Uh, and it's kind of like last week, there was a whole article about him, you know. Uh, how do you think it would have gone with Reynolds in the side? Um, I just think that, yeah, the, the, the Rabbitohs management, and, and he's a new coach, so we yeah. have to remember, he's a rookie as well. Like, he is a rookie. Uh, I, I think the Rabbitohs should really try to work with him, and I'm sure that Dimitri wants to progress as well. Um, or maybe he doesn't give a fuck. Maybe he's like, you know what, this is the way I do things. Um, I agree, though. Unless yeah. you have that strong presence and personality and respects, you definitely don't want to be just throwing your coach in the deep end. <laughs> it's probably yeah. one of the things that he would have taken nothing from Wayne Bennett, the mm. way that he handled it, because he's not Wayne Bennett. He so doesn't different. have the runs on the no. board. He's he just got that aura. You're he can't saying, walk in and laugh at them, say nothing and walk exactly out. Exactly right. Well, he hasn't earned the right like yeah. Wayne did. Wayne does that, you know, when he started, they're going, who's this yeah. fucking clown? Wayne he's and done Bellamy nothing. are your, your monsters, your Brandon Smith, so they can say whatever they want without yeah. really being judged. Because they got the runs on the ball. That's it, that's and it's, it. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I know we, we spoke about it the other day too. Um, you know, he made some changes to his side, which 
I, I I said on my podcast, I would have done a similar thing. I wouldn't have brought Cam Murray off the bench, but I, I would have probably had Jai Arrow off the bench. I, I looked at the Melbourne – and look, it was Bellamy's 500th. First mm. game in Melbourne in two – like, they were at millions to win that game. But I thought before it anyway. I, I didn't mind the idea of bringing some forwards off the bench because Melbourne, you know, they on paper, they were lacking on their bench as mm. well. So I didn't mind the tactic, but <clears> – <throat> Yeah, Cam Murray on the bench is still a. Well, the issue I have with that, and, I, and I, we spoke about this as well yeah. on the night. The concern I have with that is like, let's say you feel that's the best tactic. I think you have to ask yourself if Cam Murray can start for New South Wales and dominate a game, why am I putting him on the bench? Like maybe I'm thinking about this too much and not putting weight enough into Cam Murray needs to start because when he came on the ground, they looked like a much better side. But. You could argue that first 20 is what really beat the Rabbitohs. That just first 20 of, you know, constant errors. Uh, and Cam Murray would have pretty much locked all that up. Mm. And the, the, from outside looking in, and I understand maybe it was purely tactical, but not only do you start Murray on the bench, to my understanding, uh, Cookie was hooked. Or, or not hooked, but he was rotated off. The game's on the line. And even though Havili came on and played really well... I just think that those two players, what's happening where you can't get the best out of them in their positions the way they've been playing before? Um, now, it's his right to as a coach. Obviously, he has different tactics. But I do see it's round two and already like substantial changes are being made to two key members of your roster. It is uh, surprising for sure. I don't know what you thought, but I thought it was very obvious that when Cam Murray was at first receiver ball playing... Changed everything. Changed everything. Mm. Everything looks better off the back, and especially with the frustrations. Ilias is solid, good kicking game, young half. Cody Walker's just got to find his groove and do his thing. But for me, I'm dictating all my attack around Cam Murray. So in that respect, he can't come off the bench. Yeah, I, the first 20, that's where you want Cam Murray out mm. there to... to to do his incredible defensive efforts. Like, you know, he's so good at cleaning up the middle. He just locks it all together. And then you got the attack. So Probably I, helps I can understand what role. he was trying to do, but I think he picked the wrong bloke. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah. I, I don't think Cam Murray was the right guy for it. You mentioned too how he plays so much first receiver. Ilias plays. It was unbelievable. Yeah, but like it, it, when you watch the halfback play, he doesn't cross 50%. Mm. He stays on his yeah, side and that's what side. makes it, uh, yeah, it makes it difficult. I mean, once again, credit to Adam Reynolds and you can see now how valuable he was yeah. for me. It is a. I'm just of the mind of they're not in the position to have those tactics. Do you know what I mean? Like they don't have the roster to be able to go, okay, we're going to go 20 minutes without our best player and then hit him where it hurts 20 mm. minutes later. Whereas like a Roosters or, you know, a Storm, they have the roster. Well, the Storm is a little bit um, light at the moment, but say the Roosters, like, They've got those top-tier rosters where you can kind of like swap things around a little bit to, to impact games. I just think the Rabbitohs with their forward pack, it's already a relatively light forward pack. And when you've got, I think he's the best 13 in the game. And oh, just to clear things up, a few weeks ago, we said, who's the best ball-playing lock? And we said, Radley, that doesn't mean we think Radley is the best lock. We're talking about ball-playing skills specifically. I, I still think Radley's, uh, probably have Radley third at the moment. And then I have Murray and Isaiah Yo like right at the top. Murray, because of his work of body before, Yo's probably in the best form right now. But just to clear that up, um, yeah, with the Rabbitohs, I just think that roster-wise, you go out with your best roster mm. and then you work from there. I wonder what the thought process was. Yeah. Well, I, that's to I think try he, and back-end him or... Yeah. Well, that's, I think he, he wanted to maybe miss that heavy-duty mm. defence, bring him on and really like tear... 
the middle apart, which is fair enough. Like that's a tactic. Yeah, it's it's a reasonable tactic. Yeah. The lesson is you're going to end up 14 nil down if yeah. you if you go down that route. Yeah. I um. But I, I wonder if they're yeah. nurturing that, bro. The ball playing of Cameron Murray because it's pretty obvious that Cody Walker's getting pressured, and you can't mm. just do the same thing you were going to do last year. Even though I do still think they had a lot of success on the left. I said to you boys, coach defense was unreal. If you're yeah. watching that from a winger's perspective, compared to last year, his decision making, couple of lucky things, he kicked a ball, he knocked down a ball, but mm. constant decision making, constant pressure. Yeah. Their left side still kind of worked. They still got that good shape on. Yeah. They just didn't really have the success. But Cameron Murray, when he was involved, their edge lit yeah. up. Yeah. I just think that if you ever wanted to know whether it's a game of inches, watch Rabbitohs. Yeah. It was literally, their passes <laughs> were an inch off. Yeah. And that's why, it's going to sound crazy, but even though they played so poorly, I actually got a lot of positive things for the Rabbitohs out of that game. A, they played like really poorly for 70 minutes, but they were still in the game. Mm. B, the passes aren't going two metres that way. You know, Cody Walker's constantly getting tackled. It's not even making it to him. We're talking like centimetre stuff here. Every single time they dropped the ball, it was a centimetre off being a try. Mm. Uh, so I think Rabbitohs fans, yes, tough loss. Yes, not the best start to the year. But I don't think... It's as dire as some nah, would no say. Way. I think the other thing with that left edge too, you got to remember that you know AJ played fullback last week. Mm. They got a new left centre. It's Latrell's first game. They actually haven't played a game together. That new left edge. Yeah, it's true. So that, that essentially was their first hit out. So mm. plenty of positives. I mean, they're not yeah. far off. And mate, I, honestly, being Bellamy's five hundredth back in Melbourne with Munster and Grant returning to the side, I gave South next to no hope. Yeah, same. I yeah, thought they'd get well to get within twenty points of them. Yeah, I thought it was going to be a, a quite a substantial win. Uh, for the storm, so yeah. I, I, what's funny is I actually ran into Cody uh, Sunday. Anyway, on the weekend, maybe Saturday, um, and yeah, he seems pretty good. Like he, he yeah. understands that it was an inch here, an inch there, yeah. and that things were starting to work towards the end. Uh, it's round two. I mean, think of think of the Rabbitohs round two last time. They were going all right, but then they died off in the middle of the year, and everyone was saying, "Oh, Rabbitohs are done. Rabbitohs are done." Even when the troll got injured, they were saying Rabbitohs are done. Um, so I think it's a real positive that they made 19 errors. 19 errors. Crazy, eh? And they were one field goal away from beating the, the Storm at home. First, first home game in forever mm. and Bellamy's 500. Now, the Storm probably didn't play as good as they could have. Um, so, look, I, I think Rabbitohs, I think they can take some positives out of that. I, I know it was a really bad first 70, but sometimes just being in the game is all that matters. Mm. You know, being in the game, somehow defending those sets. Um, now the storm. Thoughts on the storm? Oh, we'll talk a little bit about Ilias. Do you, where do you think he's at right now, Ilias? Yeah, oh, mate, the, the thing is with them is that they've got such a tough draw to start. Mm. I mean, mate, I think, <laughs> Maddie, you'd probably know it off your top of your head. I think they've got Chooks this week, then I think they go Manly Penrith. Yeah. Or something. Not, not Manly, but yeah, Chooks, then Penrith. Yeah, Chooks, Eels then Penrith. As well. I mean, Chooks and Penrith. You'd yeah. probably pay to play Manly next week if you're South Sydney, yeah, realistically. Yeah. yeah, good game. Chooks, Penrith. Then Dragons, Bulldogs, Tigers, then Manly. Yeah, so it's a tough start. I mean, yes, they're, they're hanging in games, they're doing well, but, mate, I still reckon there's a good chance we get to week five and they're 0-4. Could you Just imagine? Gonna... Holy, the pressure. Um, look, he, he, you know, he had some poor kicks or whatever, but I can see it. I can see mm. this, the, the class. You know, mm. there were times, if you actually go and watch his highlights, he did a really good, um, squared a lot of defences up really well. He gets well. deep into the line nicely, yeah, he does. And that's half the battle yeah, as a half. It is. Honestly, it's half the battle. As soon as he can, like his kicking game was pretty good the week before. I actually think that some people that are already crucifying the kid, 
I think that's absolute insanity. I can see the class there. Is there a worse situation to come into as a young halfback than replacing Adam Reynolds in a team that's not coached by Wayne Bennett anymore? Like just exactly history tells right. us that exactly there's anything right. harder to do. Yeah. I, I was always of the mind, I was surprised that they were so willing to just go, yep, he's the man up next. I actually probably would have gone in the market for an experience. I mean, I know they did with Milford eventually, but earlier when we knew that Reynolds wasn't staying, I would have immediately gone into the market for a half like a Hastings or any of those boys that are more experienced that you can chuck in there for six to 12 months and allow Ilias to like maybe play 14, get some experience. But I don't, like a lot of people were very negative on him. Yes, one or two errors or, you know, poor kicks, but I, I think I can see the class there. It's a big game, man. That's mm. a big game for a half to, to step up in. Uh, the one thing I, I always said about South in the off season that, you know, like I think they'll drop back a little bit, but I think at worst they finish six or something because I think there's enough teams at the bottom that they'll beat every week. Yeah, I agree. I'm not sure if there is any more. Mm. I think the gap is really close. That's my concern. My yeah. concern, if this is the Rabbitohs last year, you can guarantee they'll yeah. 100% yeah. make the eight. This year, my concern is is the table is squeezed up so much. I mean, you've got the Raiders beating the Sharks, the Sharks beating the Eels, and it wasn't in some like fluky fashion. Like this was a good grinding out win. And so I actually think the middle of the table is going to be hectic this year. It's going to be insane. I, someone messaged me the other night and said, who's your bottom four now? And I just went, I've got no idea. Yeah, Even the, oh, like, the Bulldogs look good. Yeah, The Bulldogs look good. The Broncos look good. Like... Look really good. Year of the ambush. I hope it stays like this. Good. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. But so even good. with Ilias, bro, if you look at Reynolds, like what was his biggest attributes to South? It was his kicking game. It was mm. his game management. So really, I'm just hyper-focused talking to Ilias and coaching him, just saying, mate, keep taking it to the line. Mm. Feed Latrell good ball out the back. Yeah. Nail your kicking game. We can't even afford to have one shitty kick in that game. Yeah. Like if he just focuses on those things, let Cody come alive, like he's going to have a good, successful transition. But yeah. If you're trying to pin things on him that are big plays, big moments, that's probably the wrong way to go. So just yeah. ro- like nail down his role, and if they focus on that, I think he's got the skills. And I'll oh, just add in too, keep in mind with him, he's been playing reserve grade for the last two years when reserve grade kind of hasn't existed. Hasn't existed he hasn't played as much rugby league yeah. as he should have the last two years. So I sound like I'm making every excuse for this under the book, but I think it is his reality that you need to be patient with but him. Absolutely, you've got to be patient with him. I, I, I know there were some errors, but I actually saw a lot of class there. Yeah, A lot of things, tell. yeah, you can tell yeah. that he is a step above most kids his age mm. right now. Uh, I would, if I'm to speak in Ilias, I would be real concerned. I would just say, mate, be conservative. Like, mm, yeah, exactly. don't get that extra 10 metres on the kick. Just just be conservative. Just put it in there. Uh, the grubber, be conservative. Be conservative in, in your entire game. Just yeah, simplify everything. Simplify everything. 100%. You, we, we have so many guns that you don't need to make the huge play yet you know when you get more mature we'll ask that of you but right now be super conservative if you're going for a, a long kick instead of you know trying to pinpoint it like on a dime in that you know just make sure that it stays in mm. and we can we can get into the the, the grind of things so yeah i, I actually I, i'm really positive on Elias. i think that although like he's not he didn't set the world alight there's Definitely touches of class there in I a think tough if, situation. If South make one of those plays on the left edge counter in that game and they win, a lot less people are yeah. complaining about Elias yeah. all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, yeah. And also, like, even Reynolds wasn't the complete package when he was fucking 19 or whatever. Don't get me wrong, he's still fucking really good. But now, um, on to the Storm. What'd you think about that, the great Shane Burrell? Mate, I thought, uh, look, I thought the Sinbins had a big influence. I thought there was also two disallowed tries uh, in that early period. So 
it could have run away, but typical to the storm, you think, I think they either start poorly, come home strong, mm. or they start all right, and then the brakes can be taken off. I thought it was interesting to observe, like, the effect that no Welsh, no Finucane are going to have. And the mm. boys did well. I think Bromwich and Nelson were strong, but a couple of dropped balls, put everyone in a tough position. But yeah, I was just impressed with, really impressed with Coates. Paps and Munster were standing out for me. Money looks unreal. Like, he looks like when he played fullback, just athletic, fit, he's mm. everywhere. Harry did a great job. Um, but, yeah, overall, I thought they were okay. But, yeah, it could, it could have been a lot closer. Kicking as well. Like, the game could have been won on goal kicking alone. Yeah, yeah. Just getting some conversions. But, um, yeah, it's interesting times for the Storm. Just wondering how, how those main players that are the glue of the team, how uh, their lack of contribution is going to affect the Storm over the mm. next couple of weeks. they got some decent games coming up too. Yeah, massive games. What do you, what do you reckon? Yeah, I I love that like that, that try that Cameron Munster scored. Like yeah, respectfully yeah. to him, there's not a hope in hell he would have scored that last year. Mm. If if you just watch him when Grant goes through, he has he to takes work, off. He take he goes off between three or four guys. Like Munster last year would have been standing back on the forty meter watching that. <laughs> well, he, wouldn't he, wouldn't have, he wouldn't have caught him. Yeah. He wouldn't he have caught, caught him. him. I was no, gonna say no. he wouldn't have had the physical capabilities no. yeah. to catch him. Yeah, and yeah, and like he didn't have an easy line there. He had to beat. He had to go around guys. He had to then change his angle. So it was great to see. I thought Grant was. Incredible oh, yeah. um, Fuck me he's good And it's like You know I mean Hughes was also great But he just didn't have The huge highlights So, so no one talks about mm. him It's unbelievable Yeah like, Yeah Absolutely um, I, I, th- I thought Nass was Really good He's just A couple of errors Yeah he, he needs to get those Like yeah. Whether he's ready or not The Melbourne Storm Need him to not have those errors now Because absolutely. of these injuries Because oh, I think he's going to be The deciding factor For Melbourne this year Yeah He's so important With losing yeah. guys Like what's you know, it's easy to say now, hindsight's a, a beautiful thing, but fuck, they could use Finucan right now. Oh, oh my God, Mate, they could Penne, use Penne, Max King, they could, if they just had one of any yeah, of those, it would be... Those sort of players. I think I think that that cheese to Roosters has actually hurt them a lot more than they would let on because it's from the outside looking in with no evidence whatsoever, it seems like... They said to Finucane, look, you go get your contract. And because 100% they thought that happened. they were keeping the Chiefs. 100%. And so in a world where in a world where they don't, they let's say they don't think they're keeping the Chiefs, I think Finucane stays. Agree. They had to make a decision. Yeah. They had to make had a tough decision. Someone had to be sacrificed. Yep. It was tough, but yeah, <laughs> it could have been avoided. And now they're sitting there going, you know what? Fuck, we could use Finucane right now. So it shows that even the storm aren't immune to those really tough calls. Mm. And sometimes we get them wrong. Get him wrong. Like, not get him wrong because Cheese isn't good, because Cheese decided to go somewhere else, which is well within his rights. Like, full respect to him. But you want to hear a crazy stat from this game? Rabbitohs, 55% possession. They had more possession. They actually beat the Storm in nearly every key stat. They had more total sets. They had equal completed sets. They had more runs. They made more meters. They made more post-contact. They had more line breaks. Had more tackle breaks. More kick return meters. Um... They missed less tackles and had uh, conceded less penalties. So th- that's where yeah, I, what I, I mean with, that. like, I, was, I actually take a lot out for the Rabbitohs in that mm. game to think that they, def- they actually beat the Storm in nearly everything except the, the, um, the, score, the scoreboard. And I also take a lot out for the Storm where those old gritty uh, principles that they've always had, it's good to see that they're definitely still there. They find a way. We had some questions this off-season as to has the culture been impacted so much because we're seeing these off-field issues that we've never seen before. I think they've confirmed in the last two weeks, culturally, they're still absolutely got what they need. Now it's about execution. It's about can they execute the way they used to 
Um, and I think that these first two games, it absolutely hasn't clicked yet for the Storm. Mm. It's just been their good culture and their good... Not Culture's a bad word because it's so vague. Standards. Their standards have gotten through the game. Even though they may be playing really poorly in attack for large periods of time, they don't allow themselves to take shortcuts in defence and let games go. So, again, the, the beautiful thing with the Storm is they have actually played pretty poorly first two rounds and they're still 2-0. And their spine, bro. Like, it's going to be hard when game on the line oh. for them not to get it done. Like, who's going to yep. – Harry Grant's going to come out. Mm. Hughesy's got to try and yeah. – Paps, Munster. Like, these are guys who yep. can literally break a game if they need to. So, and, and also like just too special. It's, um, Grant has been at the club for a while, but he hasn't played much NRL 80 minutes at hooker or 70 minutes at hooker with Munster, Hughes, and Pappen Hughes. Yeah. So – when they clicked on the weekend, it was, like, beautiful. You could see the whole game just, like, change and the mm-hmm. Storm were just running right. And then, like, then they'd lose their groove a little bit, find their way again. So, yeah, I think it's really good signs. Um, one player, and I messaged you about it, and I know you're also high on him, Alec McDonald. How fucking good is he? <laughs> For a bloke that was in fuck, Q Cup. It's Mate, he hasn't played Q Cup. He's playing under 20s up there. Really? He hasn't right, played Q right. Cup he couldn't yet. Get, but he didn't have a contract or Did anything. He went down, like you guys always take a heap of guys. Is yeah. it to Geelong or something? Yeah, Geelong camp. Like, yeah. like 30 extra blokes and two or three of them get contracts or whatever. But yeah, it's cool. He's come from absolutely he's nowhere. He's tough, isn't he? Yeah. Tough. And he's not that big, but he <laughs> nah, runs him I and Trent it. Lioro. Is it yeah, Lioro? Trent Lioro's a gun too. Young kid, gun. but tough yep. too. Tough. Well, yeah, he, Craig said last week after the game that if he, if he said, if you told me Alec McDonald was playing in round one, I'd laugh at you. Yeah. So good. But he just came out and I, I think he'll be in the side every week. Yeah. He's one of my like favourite like um, smoky players yeah. where no one knows who he is, has no right to be there. He's not he doesn't look that big, he doesn't look that fast, but he fucking rips right in, constantly gets quick play the balls, goes all day. Um, and I they've really got like, three or four of those guys. Yep. I, I put um, Tommy Eisenhuth in the exact same yeah, exactly. category. And you know you know who he the like Alec McDonald semi-ish reminds me of and Trent Leoro to a degree is like a, a young Finucane that you know didn't have all the natural ability but just trained all the way into this absolute beast and you can see his impact um, on the weekend for the Sharkies but I'm just going to get uh, Alec McDonald and Trent Leoro's stats up here uh, Alec McDonald 23 minutes uh, 7 runs 71 metres so that's 10 metres yeah. every single run uh, he had 16 tackles 2 misses but that's 23 minutes mm. He basically, yes, he had every run he had was 10 metres and he made 16 tackles, one offload. Uh, Trent Lioro, 27 minutes, 69 metres, 22 tackles, one offload. Like, that's a great knock from your bench. Great you know? Against the grand finalist. Yeah, against the grand finalist and the momentum was like starting yeah. to swing. Uh, so for a, a bench that, you know, and this is absolutely no disrespect to their bench, for, but, you know, they're a bunch of rookies that you don't really know. Like, Wishart barely played nine. Um, you know, only got five minutes, but that's not a known bench. And if you said like, you compare them to the great Storm sides, that's a, a very rookie bench. Usually, think about when the Storm won the premiership. Guess who they had a fucking oh, the bench? Bench was ridiculous. Tino, yeah. Nas, Cheese, and one other bloke. Um, what Nico? Yeah, it was Nico. And he Nico. didn't get on. Yeah. yeah. And, like, got, and there's oh. blokes that are getting left out of that bench. That Team, like your Tui's, yep. your Tom Eisen, who's like these yep. guys. But that, back to the point about culture, only the Storm are doing this. Yeah, only the sure. Storm are bringing in unknown players. Yep. Panthers are starting find, to yeah, a degree. And they find a role. Um, to think that, so Nico Hines has got, like, think about this bench. Nico Hines has gone on to be the key player at the Sharks. Uh, Tino is now the captain, the captain. of the Titans. Um, Nass is, you know, Nass. 
And who was Josh Adokar might not be the captain of Canary, but he's the main voice. For yeah, the he's the main wing. voice there. He's the main voice. Um, so, yeah. So you what? Tino, Nas, Cheese, Cheese, and yeah, Cheese. Sorry, Cheese is you know one of the best. He won Dalian, Dalian Hooker, and he's going to go to the Roosters. That, yeah, it's incredible. So <laughs> things need to click for the Storm. Uh, positive is they still got the job done, but I think for both sides, you know, it it was poor for seventy minutes, but that last ten was incredible, and. Yes, Latrell missed three conversions. If you want to focus on that, you can focus on that. When the game was on the line, the big fella said, Oi, boys, boys, I'll sort you out here. Mm. Boom, left foot, 45 metres out. Unreal. You know what's crazy? He's done it before for the Roosters. After the, missing those conversions, and that, the, the ball was spinning sideways. So mate, I don't know what was going on, but what, he made up for it with that 45. That's why you're paying the big bucks. 100%. It, like, that, what's... I understand people like, oh, well, if you had scored the three conversions, yep, I get you, I get you. But when the big moments happen, he always delivers. He always ices it. He did it with the Roosters when they beat him by one point. He does it, he's done it in Origin plenty of times, especially in his debut Origin series. Um, he's essentially player of the series with Tommy last time. Uh, the grand final, guess who was the flick pass? It was Luttrell. He's just, fuck, man, he's a big game player. Mm. Um, so he's got all the raps he should for that, absolutely. But I think Papi... It's gone like under because of the Latrell field goal. Yeah, we're not it was talking forty-five about, meters. Yeah, Pappy stepped a blow. Yeah, and, to and hit nailed it on the fly. That's hard. On the fly, mate. and you've got to remember, Pappy felt at the start of the game he didn't have the confidence in his ankle to goal kick. Yeah, that's and right. he did that at the end of the game in the eighty-six or whatever. Like, mate, what a fucking guy. He's so clutch, Pappy. He is so. He I mean, is. they both are. They really both are. Like. 45 metres, two-point field goal after you've just fucking after sprayed three kicks. <laughs> Mate, come on. That's, that's big fucking that's balls. Good, big, man. big balls. Um, now, uh, we'll get on to anything else you wanted to add to that, that game? Oh, I just want to give there? Josh King a shout-out. Yeah. Played 67 minutes the yeah, other day. Yeah, solid. Yeah, went big. 50 tackles, 100 metres. Uh, he's very uh, Dale Finucane to me. Yeah, yeah, mm. true. Good, good, good shout-out. I just think the underrated highlights of that is that defence of Coatsen and Ollum. Yeah, two PNG boys. I don't know if people truly understand. Like you see, Olam just take these cannonball runs, but he's so smart, mm. so much smarter than people think in terms of his defense. If you actually watch him, the way he moves, it's unreal. And he's I, got a bachelor in physics, bro. He does. He's, he's actually bro. super smart. But the way he moves in defense, it's like poetry. Yeah. But I was really keen to watch Coates play, like properly watch him after last year. I just don't feel like he ever really got nurtured and mentored mm. with his defense. So I think he made a lot of plays, as you guys said. We were inches away from. Seeing maybe three South tries on the yep. left side, literally, yep. and the rest, Inches. yeah. Um, which is again, if they if if Cody Walker keeps getting tackled or the ball's not get to him, that's concerns. But if you're an inch out, that's just rusty. Nah. That's just a little bit rusty. Um, now, this was such a fucking good game for for where they are on the table. And I guess yeah. I know Panthers are missing uh, Penrith, but uh, sorry, Panthers are missing Cleary. Dragons look good this year. They did look. They good. look good. Um, they had a patches there that kind of lost them the game, but outside of like a twenty minute patch, they were right there uh, in the. Uh, they were right there in the match. What did you? Um, I'll ask you, Shando. What did you think about Dragons versus Panthers? Yeah, I thought it was a great game, but Dragons were a bit of a shock for me. Just watching them play, their forwards for me, their forwards are the dominant pack in the comp right now. Wow. I just think their energy, um, their line speed, it was noticeable, really noticeable. I thought that had a big impact, but. Guys like um, Kickout was a game changer, and mm. your, your your solid players week in week out. Your Yos, um, they just they did the job. But Panthers were a big shock for me. I was um, I thought Dragons played way better than I expected. What you probably expected for South, mm. I expected not too much out of the game, but um, they were in it. They were 
It's just their forward pack is dominant for me. That's that was the most noticeable thing. Yeah, absolutely. What do you think? I thought Ben Hunt was unreal. He How's was he? good. Actually, he's playing great. He was the good eye. when he's running. He's so. I think he ran for 150 meters. That 40-20 was huge as well. He looks comfortable, doesn't he? To oh. have the team maybe back in his reins. Yeah, I just. Uh, the way that people bag Ben Hunt, I just mm. can't even fathom mm. how they still do it. it I think him not sharing away. that role and just having a little bit more control, whether it's a choice of kicking or when to enter the game, when to eject himself, I feel like Ben Hunt might be that confidence player and it's just allowed him to go back into what he knows yep. and you know, include himself in the game. Especially when you've got so many young kids. You mentioned Sloan in your yeah. team of the week. Like He's the next big thing oh, for mate. sure. Sloan and Amon and Bud Sullivan, they're all going to look back and they're going to be so grateful that they had the opportunity play alongside Benny 100%. in the first few years of, the, of his of their career. It's, uh, it's unreal. I also thought for the Dragons, they're, they're two starting front rowers, Blake Laurie and Francis Molo. Yeah. I mean, they're not two guys that you're going to hear about, but I thought they were great. Well, straight away, he dictated the pace. He come out and smacked uh, Fisher-Harris. I yeah. thought that was a good way to say, like, I'm in the game. So that was nice. But you mentioned it last week, their line speed. I was looking at it. They were, their forward pack is dominant. They're coming out strong. Lomax is a gun too. Like, he's a game changer for them. Yeah, they're going to win games off the back of his performances. Just the little things he does in the game, he's, he's, he's special. Like I think he goes to another level this year. Yeah, I think the other centre too. He's another guy. He's good, so eh? They've just got to find a way to bring him into the game, mm. though. I think he's he's happy to sort of just sit back and wait for the ball to get to him, Moses Sully. Yeah. But, yeah, between the two, mate, it's a good fuck. Uh, we, we've said it all year. They were a barbecue away from playing finals last year. Yep. If it wasn't for that complete and utter shit fight... I think they play finals footy last year, yeah. so I and they're a better team. This they year are a better, team. better team, and their depth they is look better too. Arguably better than anyone in the comp. The good thing about Hawk, uh, and I always appreciate him in defence, is his defence is real simple. He is from the inside. If you shoot out a line uh, to try to dominate someone, he's almost it's not okay, but he doesn't mind uh, if you're trying to hit someone and you miss. Mm. It's real simple. He's just like, I just want you to dominate. That's it. I don't, you know, don't worry well, about technique. It's obvious, Harry. Yeah, don't worry about technique. Just fucking dominate. Shoot out. It's, it's when you start shooting in from the outside and yes. all that kind of stuff he doesn't like. A lot of coaches don't really allow that kind of freedom. They don't allow the freedom of like, it's real simple, boys. Get off the fucking line and mm. jam someone. That's, that's basically what he says. Now, maybe his tactics have changed. But that's, you know, what he was saying at the Broncos when he was there. And he had a pretty good record of the Broncos. You know, he developed a lot of good players. Um, and I think you can see it in the, uh, the Dragons game. It's really simple. They fucking get made massive line speed. And uh, they're getting the best out of a lot of their good players. Like Ben Hunt, clearly him and Hook are working real together, really well together. And I think we have to give raps. Now, it's still early in the year, but the club is in such a better position than it was three or four years ago. Yep. I think we're going to give raps to the Dragons admin for signing Hook, understanding that he had such a good relationship with Ben Hunt that that was the key to unlocking the Dragons. Without Ben Hunt playing well, they may as well pack it up. Like, yeah. Honestly, may as well pack it up. He is the key. So recruiting a coach that is you know, close to him, it's smart. It's like what smart. the Panthers did. Mm. They literally signed Cleary, Ivan Cleary, just to keep Nathan at the club mm. and look at the dividends that's playing. And, and I'm thinking like maybe some cl- like clubs need to, to take note from that, when we look at the clubs that are struggling, like Michael Maguire and Luke Brooks, they seem to have always had a very strange relationship. Def- definitely hasn't clicked. Like I know Brooks has said there was periods where we struggled, but we're all good now. But just the fact that they struggled, I think your key player has to be tight with your your um, coach. And it's a key ingredient to why they go. So like look at Trent Robinson, Kiri, very close, very tight. Um, you know, uh, Walters really, really likes Reynolds. What do you think? Do you, do you agree, disagree with the uh, hook 
uh, and Ben Hunt relationship. Oh, I love it. I yeah, mean, I like he yeah, he also brought back a heap of those old, old Broncos boys mm-hmm. like Andrew McCulloch. I love McCulloch. Yeah. Poor I, bloke. I think he's out for a few weeks now, yeah. so that's going to be. But it was a, a it was a scare. But he's actually it's not like three or four weeks rather yeah. than fucking. What was ages. that elbow? Elbow. Oh, yeah. he, he thought he um, dislocated, dislocated it, but it was just a hyperextension. Yeah, oh, just so. a hyperextension. He was like, oh. <laughs> Jesus. the other guy I got to get wraps to too. Moses by. He's been good yep. for them as well. Yep. And, yep. All, you know, now that Bud Sullivan, and this is what That's we spoke about nice in the off-season, I sort of said, fuck, I don't know if I would have signed him by because I have Bud Sullivan. All of a sudden, you're down a hooker now. Mm-hmm. You don't have Bud Sullivan yet. You could do so much worse than have Moses and Bud. Well, I think he's on. a great 14. Yeah. I really do. Yeah. And I know Bud's a great rookie, an absolute a great rookie, but I, I truly would rather him playing a full year of reserve grade as the key man in mm-hmm. seven to take over from Ben Hunt long-term rather than have him as 14, you know, not knowing where his role is, learning a role that he's not going to play long-term. Whereas Moses Mbai, he's played so much footy that you don't really need to worry about his future and what he needs to learn. You just need him. The one thing that Mbai offers, better than anything that he offers, is his experience. And so an experienced 14 that comes on, calms things down, gets through his tackles, I think that's a win. So you're saying Mbai 14? Yeah, so at the start of the off-season... Guru was like, you don't know nothing about footy. You fucking put an MBI on 14. You're a piece of shit. Like, blowing up, blowing <laughs> That's up. Quote. That's, That's quote. That's a quote. That's actually what he said. He's like, bro, you fucking... Did you even play in a row? You're a bum. No, no. We, we, we were always... He was like, I would put Bud there. And I was like, I think I'd put MBI there just for his experience. Um, I agree. MBI's played himself into that role, though. It's just, it's just what happens when you get caught playing fullback, 5'8", yeah. yeah. uh, hooker. Like, it is what it is. And the fact that, as you said... You can get him into a game, not have to worry. He's going to give at least a pretty good performance. Yeah. I think that's his best role. He's never going to let you down. Absolutely. Nah. Would you? Okay, let's say you're at the selection table, and I and I, I get your thinking with Sullivan. Please don't get me wrong. I, I'm Would you the other him? side with me with Sullivan is that I'm worried that they'll lose him. Yeah. Okay. That's my that's my other side to it. I well. I agree with you. If if they were in a situation where Sullivan's manager came to them and said, "Boys, you either play him or he's wanting wants to go somewhere else," I can see I'd probably mm. cave to that. I'd probably be like. It's like the Reese Walsh situation with the Broncos. I would have caved to that. I would have put him in at fullback, got him to sign the contract, and then if he didn't play well, I would have dropped him. And that sounds ruthless, but fuck, that's See, the way I'd it play is. Bud. You'd play him at fourteen. Play, no, I'd, I'd play him in in the in the side, Bud Sullivan. Where, Where would you put him? Though? Yeah, I know. That's what this is the same. See, I played him. About. I played him on his debut. I've I've tried to run at him at least 10, 15 times, and he was like, I was impressed. Wow. The kid was good. He mm. played good. Like I think he's got it in him, but you can't leave. You got to have him by. As well. Well, just the utility it offers and, yeah, it, it's tough. Who knows? Maybe Bud goes back to reserve grade and kills it. Yeah. And also, we don't know whether Bud is a better 14 because we haven't seen him there mm. yet. So we've got no evidence to show that, really. Maybe he does come in and he does play better than m mm. uh, The positive is a, a position the Dragons haven't been in, in forever yeah, bro. is we've got a guy like Bud, Bud Sullivan who is a gun seven mm. struggling to make a 14, which is really, really good. Uh, the standout for me with the Dragons was that those young guys, they were playing the Penrith Panthers. They didn't care. Yeah, no. It didn't phase them in the slightest, which I thought was great to see. And this Panthers side, and we'll, we'll, we'll get to them in a minute, but I was having a look. They, in their last 53 games in the last two years, they've conceded more than 16 points in six of those games. Yep. Like that is crazy. Uh, considering yeah, there's unreal. more points scored than ever right now. Mm. Like, 16 points is less than three converted tries. Yeah, it's incredible. Absolutely incredible. Um, more things with Dragons. Uh, Hunt, great 40-20. I think it's, I think it like, swung the momentum of the great game massively. Yep. 
Uh, I've already got the notes. We've already spoken about it, but like Bird having to leave for concussion. I just think that, fuck, man, he wasn't even... Again, the doctor's a professional, so he sees things that I don't see. So I'm happy to admit that I'm wrong in this situation. I'm coming from a, a footy perspective where you're going to get hurt and you are going to get some kind of damage if you play rugby league. Um, but I just think that there is a way to fix that. Lion Max getting sent to the bin, I thought that was super harsh. <laughs> yeah. It was ridiculous. The resting in this game was pretty rough. If I'm a Dragons fan, I can understand why you'd be upset. Yeah, if he feels um, But uh, now, any, anything else you wanted to add to the... Um, Lion Max continues to show his class. Um, yeah, I, I agree with everything you've said. You've said their uh, forward pack is playing well above their weight. Mm. Um, not all losses are bad. No, nah, not at all. And that had a big impact on the uh, the OBs for Penrith Panthers, the outside backs. Like, mm. if you're really going to try and steal a game from Penrith, you've got to keep their metres down. And again, that defence from the forwards in Dragons had a massive impact. Yep, yeah. Um, now, so on sad to lose Toto though. I know, Paul. I mean, hopefully, hopefully he doesn't start getting a bunch of niggles, nigglies because he's so. I think I, I would, I would have said on the podcast last year. I said my concern with Toto is that like how long can his body withstand yeah. that kind of style of play where Chaos. he is just bumping blokes and these are big boys. Um, now he's still doing it, mm. and maybe he's just got the physique to do that. Uh, so hopefully he's back, all good to go. Um, now onto the Penny Panthers. I tell you what, a key to the Penrith Panthers is that first 10, 20 minutes, their line speed and aggression is crazy. Mm. And their kick pressure, I think they – was it two charge downs they had in the first, like, 10 kick minutes? Kick-out charge downs. Yeah. How good was and that? And that's, that's where we, like, we look at – we were talking about kick pressure earlier in the thing. Like, imagine taking that away from the Panthers in their first 20. Yeah, exactly. It's a yeah. different side. Mm. Like, Hunt kicks that down the field, and now the Panthers are trying to get out of their 10 to 20-metre mark. Instead, they're running down the field, scoring a try. You know, it's it, taking away that kick pressure. It but then changes if you flip flow. the narrative and kick out lands on Ben Hunt, all of a sudden it's Dragons ball 50 metres yeah. that way. And, and he's the, 10 the in the bin. The game is completely flipped on yeah. its head all of a sudden. Yeah. Yeah. A, Imagine kick out's not playing because yeah. he's 10 in the bin. It's, it's, uh, yeah, we need to sort that out for sure. I, I just think any aim at the legs, yeah. uh, go hard at it. Yeah, but as long as you're not head high and also head high. So any head high and legs, go hard at it. But if you, can, if you want to take the risk and hit them in here... I think it's play on. Um, Kanguru, thoughts on the Penny Panthers? Yeah, they're very impressive. Uh, Isaiah Yo, he is just... How did I think he, get he still good? might be the most underrated player in the comp. Yeah. We talk about him every fucking week. He still might be the most you, you underrated. You could honestly put him in the 13 role for Team of the Week and just leave it there if you yeah. want to. He's so consistent at a He's high good. level. Yeah, the other one, and I've spoken about him a lot, but um, Tago, we, we spoke about it on the oh. weekend. Mate, no one spoke about him the weekend. 180 metres, yep. 55 post-contact, 23 tackles, six tackle breaks, and a line break. 23 tackles, no misses. What's no his backstory? He's, he's impressive. He's a young gun. Impressive. A young gun. He is, right now, he's, although he didn't make centre of the, like, team of the week this week, it's either him or Gagai for, for centre of the year so far, mm. when you average out their performances. if he, Yeah, I, I think he's already played... Four games of first grade, so he just misses that rookie of the Which year. Is crazy. I'd back him in if he was at hundred percent. See, and I think that was one of their weaknesses even last year with their premiership success and grand final. Like yep. just that in and out centre position um, between Naden, uh, the player that left, yeah, Burton. Momorowski and um, Burton, or no, nah, yeah, Burton Clyde and the other guy that left. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like to yeah. have him come in and be a genuine young gun, that's a massive gap filler for the Panthers as well. We are, I mean. <laughs> Burton was the Dalian centre of the year. 
I, I don't think you'll hear anyone say this year that they're going to miss him. Yeah. As crazy as that wild. sounds, there's nothing against Burton. <laughs> and with a rookie. Just credit to this kid. Yeah. yeah. He's fucking, yeah, he's so, like, 186 metres. So that's the most of any player from the Penny Panthers as a rookie. And the week before, he did similar numbers. Six tackle breaks, the most of any player on the field. Let me just check. Oh, fuck. Most, most in the Panthers and then tackle breaks. The only player that had more tackle breaks is Benny Hunt with seven. Yeah. You know, and he's, you know, Ben Hunt on a million dollars. Yeah, Tago for me right now, he's right. Like, I'd have Gay Guy as so far the best center yeah. in the comp this year, like just this year. But Tago for me, he's just so impressive. And just from watching him in reserve grade, he will do this every week. Yeah. yeah. He will wow. do it week in, week out, and we won't. I will notice it because I'll never fucking shut up about it. Yeah. But most people won't notice it. Yeah, so impressive. Um, Sean O'Sullivan. Wow. Hasn't he just... Just out of not out of nowhere because he's been grafting in reserve grade, just trying to get a break. But how interesting is it that you know a player that I think was at the Broncos got let go to the Warriors, couldn't get a start at the Warriors. Yeah, journeyman the last few years, you know. Then he goes Roosters for years too, yeah. and you couldn't yeah. couldn't get a crack. Goes to the Panthers, and I think he'd be a great pickup for any club right now, especially ones that are struggling with the seven. Mm. Like imagine him in the Dogs. Dogs, him and Burton. That's a pretty good duo. He just does a job. Yep. He just, yeah. Wouldn't break the bank. Just happy, to, like stoked to be there. So he's going to work his ass off. Uh, Kikiao, I thought, had one of his better oh, games. Nice. He's just it's so destructive. It's he's crazy. almost unstoppable this when he's on it. ridiculous. Um, I, I think too, and as much as we didn't see it in this game, the skill set that Kikiao's developed over the last two years, I think is so underrated. Mm-hmm. Like We spoke about it last week. Defending against them must be a nightmare. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they can all do everything. They can beat you in so many ways. It's And if you look at how vulnerable the Dragons' right side was, on or off the ball with kickout, just his impact on Himmler running lines, you have to defend that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So if you get anything wrong outside, two, three men, it's game over. So his and impact is just ridiculous yeah. every game. And also, like, you have to defend it. You have to stay that extra second. Yes. Because he's so fucking big. You can't afford to step out and then, oh, come back no. in, I'll get him. You have to put your body right in front of him. And even then, he's probably going to bump you. Mm. Uh, There's so many things that go wrong. Like, you have to make yep. a genuine inside shoulder commitment to him. If you don't, they'll hit him, he'll go through. Yep. If you do, you've just <laughs> given yourselves a tough time to your centre and winger. And that happened heaps. They looked they looked vulnerable a lot, the right side for the Dragons. And that left side for Penrith, now that Toto's out, we'll find out tomorrow team list. I assume they'll name Taylor May there. Mm. You watch that left side yep. over the next few weeks because Tago and May have played mm. together in cup footy on the left edge the last yep. few years. They are going to – I don't know who they play, but, fuck, it'll be a bad time to be a right edge defence. Um, <laughs> I thought Spencer Linu brought a lot of impact like he usually does off the bench. Yep. Uh, you know, I guess we'll just talk about Isaiah a little bit more. Like, his consistency right now is so crazy. 151 metres, 51 post contact, four tackle breaks, one offload, 43 tackles, zero misses. That's just – that's such high quality. I can't express how high quality it's he is. Ridiculous. And we're not even talking about how important he is to ball playing. That's just his out-and-out stats. Sorry, I just realised. You know who Tago's marking this week? Who? Gago. Oh, what a battle how is good. that? Oh, yes. <laughs> Little tester round That's three. so good. Hasn't that Gago been just incredible? Oh, yeah. We'll get to him. We'll, we'll get, get to him. him. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, <laughs> he is. He's something else. I, I remember a few years ago when you couldn't work out if he was a back rower or a centre. Now he's the best 13 in rugby league. It's just crazy. He was a, just a good, solid journeyman first grader yeah. that he may play 100, 150 games and, you know, people will be like, oh, yeah, I remember Isaiah Yo, Two premier 13 
right up there with like his form right now is as good as any 13 mm. that I can remember. Mm. Um, any ball playing 13, like his form right now, his, his resume may not be as good yet, but I, he's right up there. Like I just, I'm so impressed and just, he's so, he's another guy that's so dangerous. If you're that good of a ball runner, but you can also ball play like a half, it's so hard to defend because you can't slide off him. Even if you do stand in front of him and try to tackle him, he could bump you. He's got footwork. Yes. He's got a motor. He's going to come at you all day. He's good in defence. Um, I just think three or four years ago he was a bit of a labourer because he wasn't yeah. getting the support. You yeah. know? Now with him just knowing his role and doing that week in, week out. You know what? I want to change my 13 for from Yo. <laughs> Here we go. Curran was my 13. I'm going Yo. You've, you've Liam, then Liam Martin too. I love what he brings. He's yeah. He's the... He's the support player to the Fisher Harris. He's tough. He's like having like, those having those guys in your pack. Yeah, you know he reminds me of a bit, um, and you know he doesn't have the resume yet. Uh, Anthony Watmore, he reminds me yeah. of. Yeah, just a just a dog on the yeah. edge, just running mad lines, and he looks he looks like really um, hard, like dense. You, exactly, yeah, yeah, you don't yeah. expect <laughs> that he's going to be that fucking hard to yeah, tackle. You know that if he hits, it's hits you, it hurts. Yeah, he's, he's also very much so like uh, Josh Jackson when he first burst onto the scene. Yeah, yeah. Very, Oh, I thought as well for Penrith, Apicurus, how the way that he started the season has been incredible. Yep. He is playing some great footy. He's going to help Tigers so much. So much for the middle there. Um, you know, one try, oh, sorry, one try assist, uh, 53 run metres, one tackle break, one line break assist, 49 tackles. Wow. Yeah, look, the Panthers, they just, you know, we made a lot of uh, comparisons to the Storm, but this was a very Storm-like win. You know, it wasn't easy. Sometimes they, you know, phased in and out of the game. Uh, they're still missing Cleary, but they got the job done. Yeah. They got the job done. If they and keep getting the job done, no Cleary. It's and the teams massive. that they're playing are playing well. Yeah, I thought the Tigers played well against. Oh, no, sorry, wrong game. But I like the Dragons. They they played well against yeah. them this week. Well, you know what will happen, bro? People people start turning up. Every game is a grand final when you start playing the Panthers. So yeah. they're gonna have to go through that experience now, where everyone's turning up at their best. Absolutely, and they're still so young as yeah. a team. Well, that's what's so impressive. It's not like they've got a bunch of old heads in the middle that are helping them out. These are young, young team. Now, you, what's crazy as well? You look at the stats: forty-five percent possession. So Dragons had more possession. They only uh, Panthers only completed at sixty-eight percent. Um, Dragons ran for more meters. Dragons had more post-contact meters, equal line breaks. Um, Dragons had more kick return meters. You know, so again, getting the win uh, somehow, some way—that's evidence of a really top-tier side. Mm. Really like what I saw with Penn. Penn. I like what I saw these both these games. Although the completion wasn't high from either team, I still liked what I saw. Uh, now, onto this next game: the Roosters versus. The Manly Seals. Now, what's uh, interesting about this is that post-match press conference, uh, clearly Robbo listens to this podcast. He must listen to this podcast. That's no the doubt. only reason. That's the only explanation. It's not the fact that he's a good coach and he would have seen it before we saw it, but he actually said he sat down with um, Radley, Tedesco, Keary, Walker, and basically said, like, you just need to work out what your roles are. You need mm. to talk to each other and say, what are our roles? And I, you know, obviously last week on the podcast, I said they need to find out who is the leader of the team. Who's, and at the moment, it seems like it's Radley, even though it's probably Kiri's, uh, and they need to talk about it. And so they sat down and talk about it. I thought we saw a really good game from all of those boys. Like, I thought Kiri changed his style a bit, played a lot more like a seven. I thought Walker looked way more confident, yeah, willing agree. to just go, I'm going to play the way I'm going to play, and I'm going to allow Kiri to do what he needs to do before we get into a good attacking zone. Tedesco looked more um, certain. Uh, yeah, they looked 
they really clicked. They really clicked. I thought they looked really good, and I was really impressed with Kiri's um, performance. What do you think, Chandler? Well, I, th- I think also last year, you know, Walker coming in, he sort of had a free run at the control yep. for the team. So there was definitely going to be that shift in dynamics, even with Radley out. So I think we are probably going to see that first five rounds, them just working out exactly how they're going to play. Yep. But you nailed it exactly. Kiri took on a seven role. Mm. Walker... I, he's a gun. Like yeah. what? What he can bring to a game is great. I love the little battle between the two giants, Tupo and uh, Saab. Mm. Thought Tupo played played well, so he's important for them as well. But um, yeah, main main standout was just seeing the dynamics come back at the spine, and I reckon that's just going to go strength to strength. I love how Walker can screw up something three times and he'll still try it the fourth. Yeah, I, yeah, I exactly. just confidence. Like, oh, it's unreal. It's like <laughs> some of the passes he threw, the, like some of them were great, but some of them you were just like, oh, that's there's like one pass where he, he literally dropped it as he went to pass, <laughs> and it, like that, that that would rattle most 19 year olds. He just doesn't care. He threw another floating ball to the winger where he got put into the third row. Mm. He did it the next set again. He just yep. doesn't care. It's that confidence is incredible. Yeah, I think um, with Walker. You know, the, def- the defence, I think Roosters may have to kind of accept that defensively, you know, he may not be the best long-term. Kind of like the Cowboys with Thurston. Like, defensively, he had a red-hot crack. Yeah. But, you know, he would miss a few here and there. And so I think that the Roosters are just build defence around him, put a really good defender outside him and inside him. You've got another uh, enough attacking weapons throughout the team to sort that out. Uh, I just think that Sam Walker's a confidence guy. So just allow him to do whatever he needs to do because you know he's going to pull it off eventually and you've got enough experienced players to, de- to defend for him. Like Kind of like, boys, I'll, I'll take you to the promised lands. I'll do the crazy stuff, but I need you to help me in these other areas of the game. It's going to take me a while to develop. Yeah, just work to his strengths. Work to his strengths. Yeah. And just instead of, you know, some coaches I think would be looking at Sam Walker and going, you know, we need to put 10 kilos on you so that you can defend. And then he becomes an average defender, but then he also becomes an average attacker. And all of a sudden, you've got this seven that is so robotic and boring, and he's just average at everything, and he can't really deliver. Mm. I think Sam Walker, you, you've got just going to have to accept, like, okay, he might miss a few tackles here and there, but look what he can do in attack. Like, he can do things that no other seven in the game right now can do. Uh, and so thank God no, he's landed at the Roosters. Oh, yeah, 100%. for sure. You, you need someone like Robbo to yeah. nurture his ability. But he's also got one of the best of the best. If you look at defensively from a halfback's perspective, like the illusion Cooper Cronk used to set, he completely changed the defence of the Roosters. Like mm. what he did for, say, Manu, for Kiri, like Kiri's line speed and then movement to get mm. up and create an illusion of a, of a defensive line that is up and then he moves back and works with the second rower. I don't know. I'm sure we'll see a bit of it, but for me, I'd just be putting Walker into that mind frame, working people around him, as you said, but um, there's no better person he's going to learn off. Kronk's defence, just his movement alone, he was, mm. pretty, he was, he was tough, but um, he's in good hands. Well, it's, it's going to be all systems that stay exactly. Walker. If Walker's going to stay here long-term, it's going to be good defensive systems that allow, you know as you said, create a bit of an illusion mm. sometimes to stop players from going down there feeling like, oh, shit, this, the space is taken up or we can't get over his head. Uh, I thought um, I thought Daniel Tupu was really good, eh? Yeah, like, he was. Fuck, man. He was really good. How long has he been doing this? And you just don't hear a peep out of him mm. or anyone else. Like, the media doesn't go hype, hype train. But it was interesting because uh, after the game, Trent Robinson said uh, Daniel Tupu has owned the skies for, you know, the last 10 years, something along those lines. And it was really interesting to hear that, I guess, there would have been a bit of chatter how Saab is so good in the air. He's also got a similar build to Tupu. Yep. And Tupu's clearly taken that and been like, I'm still 
I'm still top tier here. Mm. Like you've got a lot to learn still as a rookie winger. And I think he showed that. He did. I think that he showed that. was a genuine that. big man battle. I remember I've played two bow. I'm 6'3". I felt so small. Like wow. I got to the point where... And I, I fancied myself in the air. When he was coming, I would just tackle him. I wouldn't even go for the ball. Like, just, that's, yeah. how, wow. that's how off it was. Yep. Like, he's so dominant, yeah, bro. He's that big. When I played Israel when he was at the Storm, <laughs> it was just like, mate, don't, he's so much taller. You <laughs> yeah. might have a, a, a bigger vertical leap, but he's so much <laughs> yeah, taller. It just exactly. doesn't matter. Um, but no, he put it on him. It was the, the old dog... Um, Showed, showed Saab the way there for sure. Well, I think as well, Daniel Tupi would have heard a lot of people say last week that Dom Young got the better of him the week yeah, before. Yeah, true, um, true. I have no doubt he would have heard yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, So I thought it was a good bounce. I thought Satili Tupanua. Yeah. yeah like, he, he, he would have shit into my team of the week if he played the whole game. He only played 45 minutes. He still um, ran for 127 metres. Two line breaks, a try, four tackle uh, breaks. He's got a little bit in him, like... Little, a few little errors, a few little things. Yeah. But he's a good yep. player. Yep. He's a solid player. Uh, I think he's one of those guys you're happy to take that stuff on yeah. for the upside he's Big got. Big impact. Yeah. Uh, Billy Smith, I, I thought, you know, he was he was okay. He got through his work. The good thing about the, the Roosters is, like, they're outside backs. When they really need them, they just come in and take these tough carries and relieve pressure. Uh, it's so important that backs do that when, when the forwards are uh, asses are hanging out. Uh, Toki Aho. He's a weapon. Talk about vintage Tokiaho. Uh, there was a period there where I was like, especially last year for a bit, I was like, hmm, is he is his legs done? Like, is he is is he a good Super League buy? Because he'll go and kill it there. But is is physically in the NRL? And the Roosters do this every time. It was like five years ago where I was looking at Hargreaves, going, oh, I don't know whether he's got that not much longer. Remember the years yeah, where he was yeah, solid, sure. but. Um, and then he just goes to another level. And he's a huge reason why they won that back-to-back premiership. And I think Tokiaho, given the starting role again, r- rather than coming off the bench, I think that he really took that on board and said, I need to be a leader mm-hmm. here. Because when you look at their start, you've got Lindsay Collins and Tokiaho. Lindsay Collins obviously coming back from a ACL reconstruction. Tokiaho needed to stand up. And uh, I thought he was fantastic. Yeah, he yeah. moves so well too. Mate, for a big man, Mate, his footwork, his footwork's holy. unbelievable. Uh, 20 hit-ups, 23 runs, 238 metres, 92 post-contact, one tackle break, 30 tackles, only two misses. No errors. I remember watching a few years ago, uh, Joey on one of those uh, shows on a, on a Sunday, whatever, they got him to name his top five um, sidesteppers in rugby league. Mm. He had Takiyaho at like two. Wow. And him really, oh, he's, like, he's like, oh, look, you might not see it like you see it with Roger or SJ mm. or these sort of guys, but you, you watch him. From, from then on, I did watch him, and just his... His feet just in contact. Mm. He just yeah. always manages to get down to his elbows or stay on his feet because he puts himself into good positions constantly. Hey, Guru, you know what you got to watch? Next time you watch these forwards who have good footwork go to battle, when you when s- someone runs at you and they're 115 kilos, I have to plant my feet. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. It's different to Roger coming at you at speed and stepping in. It's a different sort yeah. of defence. But when someone like that happens and he gets a, bit, a little bit of a late footwork, the success is unreal. Mate, Not enough yeah. people do it, but fuck, he looks good when he does. He, and what, I think he was a centre at the Warriors. Was he? <laughs> I think. I, I could, can you Google that, please, Matt? I, I, th- I think he was at the Warriors. I, I, apologies if I got that wrong, but a centre maybe. Uh, and he came over to Roosters, and obviously they moved into the front row. But, yeah, he was incredible. Like, he was so important to them. Uh, I actually didn't mind uh, Drew Hutchison starting and bringing Connor off the bench. Mm. Because as soon as Connor came off the bench, onto the field, the whole momentum shifted. And the, the Manly really struggled to go with his pace. Do you think that's a game-specific thing, or do you think we'll start to see that more and more? Oh, I think it's the best use of Connor Watson. It's yeah. impact. Yeah. I don't know if it's. I don't know if you. We spoke about Cameron Murray going through that, but I don't know if you want him to go through that initial tough period. Mm. If you just want consistency, and then he comes on and plays his role in terms of impact. 
I think I think it's the reverse of the, the Rabideau situation. Roosters have the roster to do that. Mm. Hutcho, Drew Hutchinson can come on and just be solid as anything. Solid as anything. So it's tough because I know Connor probably wants to be an 80-minute hooker and maybe he'll grow into that. But we've got to remember, he hasn't actually played a lot of as an 80-minute hooker. So maybe maybe... Maybe it was a one-off game situation or maybe Robbo is going, okay, maybe I need to slowly build him into a starting hooker. But it worked. And f- Drew Hutchinson, he's just like so underrated as a player. How good are you? He just like gets in there, does his job, doesn't, you know, no frills, good kicking game. For a guy that a couple of years ago, you'd think, mate, he's definitely going to Super League. Like mm. he's not going to be able to maintain that. And now he's managed to break into this side as a valued member. Uh, he'd be a good pickup for any club looking for a half in yeah, my opinion I, as well. Yeah, I had someone say to me the other day, oh, it's just because he's at the Roosters. It's like, yeah, but there's a reason why the Roosters went after him. There's something in his character that Robinson knew that he could get mm. something out of him. Like, it's yep. full credit to Hutcho. I think he's done incredibly well. Does Sam Verrill's walk back into this side? Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah? so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think he's so. Quality. He's so a genuine yeah. hooker. Genuine you know I mean? they, nine. Need, they need that. Yeah. I think he does, but... I, yeah, I don't think he takes the full role though, does he? I think you definitely keep Connor there at yeah. the fourteen because he's you know can cover so many positions. Versatile, that. yeah. Uh, yeah, look, great signs for Roosters. I, I always had the feeling that when it clicks, it'll quick click quite quickly. Mm. Um, but yeah, you look at that. I mean, we just we're so used to it. Look at their back row: Angus Crichton, Satili Tupanua, and Victor Adley. That's that's probably the best back row in the comp. And Nat Butcher got an opportunity and scored two metres. Yeah, two metres, 134 metres. I reckon there's a fair plus. argument that his brother's better. He's not even in the side at the moment. It's crazy. Like the depth is... Yeah, Roosters are in such a good spot. Get the cheese next year as well. Um, oh, just, I just can't imagine that, eh? Oh, mate. Him in a Roosters jersey <laughs> just going skits. Wow. Him with... Like, imagine how dynamic... So you've got cheese at either 9 or 13, but let's just say 9 for because of Victor... And then you bring on Connor Watson for 10 minutes. Like, the speed they're going to be playing at, it is just going to be almost impossible Crazy. to stop. And then you've got Kiri and Walker, who are both, uh, like, ad-lib players on the advantage line. Mm. Um, incredible. So, look, great signs for Roosters. Really, really good signs. I thought that although, you know, Manly scored 12 points, I really didn't... You know, Roosters dominated that game. They were never they, in the game. They, they had no the way. game, you know, by the scruff of the neck. What do you got there, mate? Uh, he, he never played centre in first grade for the Warriors, but it looks like he might have played a little bit in the, at the wing and centre in the, in the lower grades. Yeah, the okay. Wow. wow. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I know my shit. I know my shit. I might have fucking two black eyes right now, but... Uh, Look, it did, it did take about... I was on the fourth page of Google, so it was, it was tough to find, but... I mean, that's yeah. fucking... I'm telling fucking I'm a shit. Are you trying to say I don't know my shit because it was on the fourth page? No, I'm saying you definitely page. I'm going shit. big deep, baby. I'm going big deep on Google. That's at least four pages. That's deep. Um, now, hurts me to say this because although I, you know, give Hello Sports shit, uh, I actually really like Manly. But it's been a really tough start to the year. And, you know, I look at the Rabbitohs and a lot of people equate the Rabbitohs to Manly, but I think the Rabbitohs have shown better signs than Manly have. When I watch a Manly game, uh, you know, yes, absolutely, last year they had four games and they bounced back. There's no denying that. Uh, it is early in the year, but the information we have right now, from, in my opinion, from Manly, is their, their start has been um, really disappointing. And I'm struggling to see the brights. You know what I mean? Where are the, the bright lights or the, the signs that you're like, okay, there I can see some great stuff there. The Rabbitohs, for example, you go an inch left or right, yep. it's a try. 
with Manly, it just doesn't seem like they're clicking. Now, we, if there's any team in the comp that can turn it around, it's obviously Manly. They proved that last, last year. But going off the information we have right now, it is starting to get a bit like, ooh, some, they may need to change some uh, structures. What do you think, Guru? They look like they're just stinging for footy to go back to what it was last year to me. Mm. Looks like they're just waiting for... It doesn't even feel like they're waiting for Tom just to do something. It just feels like they're waiting for it to be shootout footy again. Which is strange to think when you've got guys like Jake Trevojevic and these sort of fellas, but they look very pedestrian to me. I, I mean, it's been two weeks. I, they've never really looked like scoring to me. I know mm. they have, but they haven't looked like it. Mm. Like I, I never felt like the Roosters were in any trouble mm. in that game at all. I never felt like Penrith were in any trouble last week. It's... Um, at the same time, you don't want to go too hard on them because you know in a second they can just go bang and win yep. 15 games on yeah. the trot. Well, but last year. Last year, yeah. But I, I think the game has moved a little bit away from mm. what Manly was so good at last year. I think, like, let's let's just take the... Obviously, uh, history matters. History absolutely matters. But let's take the route of you're an alien, you come down to earth, and you've just seen those last two games. Um, what did you think, Shandor? Yeah, well, if you're an alien, you're thinking Manly are, <laughs> What's doing? They're struggling. But, no, I just think it looks very individual at the moment. And mm. Guru said it, but is that what it's going to take? Do we need Tommy to come out and have a hat trick mm. and there be some buzz about Manly before they go, all right, we need to do this? I think we the teams we've been speaking about, there's a lot of pl- – the good teams, they have those players that are the glue. We just went over it with the Roosters and the Panthers. I just don't see that with some of the forwards at Manly. I feel like it is just a little bit individual – um, so I don't know Cherry needs to be playing well For them to do well as well You know He needs to be ha- at Nearly at his best For them to do really well mm. But I don't know I just I said to Guru before The evolution I'm not seeing it To go with the game Manly have always had Their particular playing style And done well But A it's not being executed And B I just don't I don't There needs to be Some sort of evolution There we can't rely on What happened last year Or the big players So I'm interested to see if anyone's going to do it, it's Dez. Like, yeah. He's not just going to let this roll on. So I don't know how they're going to do it or what changes they're going to make, but it's going to be interesting to see. Did you see the penalty against Radley where he like pushed him and he fell over? And oh. <laughs> Bro, what are we doing here? And there was another penalty. They didn't harp on it that much. It was against the Tigers. So they were like, I think it was like a kick return. And so the, the Knights were, I think, like kick chasing. And someone must have been, I think it was Simpkin, must have been his way. And he got pushed over. It had nothing to do with the play. Didn't affect the play whatsoever. Just a bit like niggle, straight niggle, penalty. I didn't see that. Penalty. They did and not. Because they, you know why? Because Fox didn't replay it or anything. They just let it go. Um, but yeah, the, the Radley penalty. It's like, bro, what are we doing here? Come on, man. Like, you can see the replay. You can see it's nothing. Let's just go back to where we were or whatever. But yeah, sorry. Back to Manly. Oh, yeah, it just, it just seems like they were so used to the way last year panned mm. out. They're struggling a bit to of a go. Hangover from that. Yeah, they're struggling to go. Okay, we need more than just that this year, or we need something different. I just think, and it's no fault of his own. Croker for me last year was one of the most improved players in the NRL. He came from a bloke that's not even a nine to a good solid nine. But I think that Cherry, Four, and him, Tommy and Jake, need to start working around the ruck more. Because a lot of teams are, are really uh, defending for the edges where Tommy was so good last year. And it's almost become really hard to, to do that because it's really hard for Tom to break the line because they're so ready for it. They almost are willing to give up, you know, 20 metres and just allow him to mm. run, his, you know, run his race and tackle him or whatever. So I think the way Manly could get out of this is just 
being very ruck focused and you know two passes or getting forwards to ball play together because as you said the same thing yeah. you said it looks like they're very one out and they're mm. not supporting each other i think the way you beat that is if you get your forward start and ball playing together and running good lines it's it compresses the line it mm. compresses the defense because go fuck we can't afford to have our you know four and five men um isolated because they just keep rolling all over it so we compress our line and then the space gets created outside i think at the moment they're just hoping that that space will be there like it was last year instead of really earning it in the first 20 to 40 minutes of a game um with manly brother i feel like normally we know what they who they are and what they're doing and what their playing style is it's very obvious yep. you you alluded to it they've had success in the past from having two ruckies playing out the back working to an edge and then tommy decides whether he's going to go blind or play mm. off his brother and yep. it worked but yep. now i just i'm watching i'm going well, well who are they what mm. are they doing and you've yeah. got the key players in the key positions there absolutely absolutely and i like, I know that there's sometimes that Tommy will trail inside or whatever, but I, th- I think that they're actually their whole game plan needs to change slightly rather than just, like, one-off every now and then Tommy comes in the middle. I'm talking about even disregard Tommy. Don't even have him in the middle. I'm talking about forwards yes. working together. Like, Dylan Walker comes on, and he's pretty much their best player, mm. playing with energy through the middle, playing with the ball in two hands constantly, you know, looking dangerous. And it creates doubt in the defense's, uh, defensive um, defense's line. And I think that at the moment, I just I don't see much ruck attack for the the when I try to think of the manly, and I look at a team like Penrith for, uh, sorry, Penrith when Appy's on, but like Reed Marnie sometimes around the ruck, he's so good at getting out, you know, keeping everything real tight. And uh, Brad Arthur has said when they win games, it's when their forwards dominate through the middle there. And I think Manly may need to look at, you know, really focusing their attack down the middle because then that will open up the edges. One thing that I would consider doing, and it'll probably sound a bit rogue, but in a couple of weeks when you get Josh Schuster returning, I wouldn't mind seeing him have a stint in the 13, mm. play Jake in the front he's row. A big boy. Yeah, okay. Like no, I like it. I like yeah, it, actually. It could just create... They just they look so predictable to me. It's mm. not even funny. And mm. they come up against two pretty handy defensive sides, obviously. But even with Tom, the spots that he gets himself in, I just you just look at him and you're like, I know he's not going to get through. Like... Mm. Yeah. It just looks very pedestrian to me. I think they need to looks predictable. shake it up a yeah. little bit. Yeah, it's pretty cool. it's a Desi really special to do what yeah. you're saying too, which yeah. I don't understand. Mm. Absolutely. And I, I think it's, you know, I think it's, you know, DC has been the head honcho for so long, and, he, and Foz, and fair enough, you know, both good players, um, that they, I guess, they look at a Croker, and Croker may not have the confidence to do that yet because he's not, hasn't played nine his whole career. Mm. I think DC may need to, they may they need to all sit down and go, look, Croker, maybe we give you more leeway to get out of yeah, hooker. You know what? That's a great point, bro. Whereas at the moment, DC is like, give me the ball. Yeah. I'm creating something. Yeah. And as a defence, you're going, fucking sweet. Yeah. Wherever, wherever DC is, yeah. that's where you mark up. Even Foz, to an extent, is, is always playing off what DC mm-hmm. wants. Whereas you look at um, the Roosters, the opposing team, Sam Walker might call the ball and step three blokes, and Kiri may not touch the ball for a whole set. Mm. Uh, and so there's, and, and also Victor Adley might get the ball, or um, you know the hooker may run. Whereas at the moment, if you're playing manly, where is DCE? That's where the attack is. Mm. And I think DCE may need to, although we love his competitive spirit, like he he never gives up and he has a crack, you know, every single game. And I absolutely love that. You even look at this game, like he's nearly got 100 running always, meters. Yeah. He's got 450 kicking meters. So he's always busy, but he may need to work more with 
Croker to give himself more time. And to your point, bro, if there is that little bit of fear in Croker where every time he hears the voice of his halves yep. and he's shifting it and yep. not really focusing on what's in front of him or how to utilise his forwards, that's a problem, if Absolutely. that is the case. Yeah. Any good side needs a nine confident enough to go, I see something, I'm taking it. Mm. And at the moment, it is, it is DCE's team, rightly so, rightly so. He's an absolute, incredibly good seven. Um but I think he may need to share the load a little bit. Mm. And once again, I think you could get away with Croker playing like that last year because mm. they were so dominant. Just every time they went out the back, Tom would just... Yeah, yeah and they were just yeah. on the front Now it's forward. changed. Oh, I thought one guy that did impress me with them was um, Oluquatu. He was, he was good. Yeah. He only made my team great. Yeah, he, he's a fucking I've got beast. an 80 minutes, <laughs> he's a beast. 130 <laughs> metres, 10 tackle breaks and offload, 33 tackles. He Oof. was... And I mean, I remember we, we thought he wasn't going to play for the first five weeks, yeah. two weeks ago. Crazy. And see, that's where I look at a guy like Olakawatu and I go, okay, we've got this beast on the edge. So instead of, let's put Tommy on the other edge or even, you know, we put Tommy on the edge for the one play. Let's create a play around Olakawatu, get to the tram line. Yes. And then just go again and, and again and again. I'm not seeing much of that. And they, mainly have been notorious for using yeah. their lead lines in second rows. And I, I just think that like that, that's something that can work because you can predict that all you want. But if a quick play of the ball happens on a tram line, you're fucked no matter what. Mm. It's that, then it comes down to ad-lib defence mm. where... And you've got options. You create yeah. poor decisions from the defence. Absolutely. You go blind, come back numbers, open. I've pulled too many numbers short, so that, yep. that opens it up for Tommy Long or, you know, whatever it is. And I, like... Even, you know, Dylan Walker comes on, he looks like their best player. Again, that's because he's around the ruck, sniffing, seeing what's going on, and he's just playing with the ball, you know, eyes up footy, to, for lack of a better term. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. That's the best option. Ball yeah. playing ruckies, get someone in there sniffing around, yeah. hit the edges with their lead lines in their second rowers, yeah. and then have Tommy float and get the defence and make poor decisions. And just have DCE offload the uh, responsibility just a little bit. Not, we'll not a lot. Give Croker a licence. Yeah, just give Croker and Fawn a bit of a licence mm. to just go create some plays around them. Uh, you know, so mainly, obviously, we know they can turn it around, but it has been a quite a disappointing start, and I'm sure they'd say the same thing. Would it be crazy to say a round three game against Canterbury at Brookvale is a must-win for them? Oh, man. Like, round three, it's crazy to say that, but I think it is. It's, it's so tough because we know what they did last year, yeah. you know? so you, That's I, what's sitting in the back of your mind. It's always in the back <laughs> of your mind, and, and it's right. Like, I guess the difference is, though, they didn't have Tommy those first four weeks. That's a huge out. But I do believe that... If they can't get the win, or at least be comp like really competitive in this game, because doggies look fucking good. Yeah. I'm like shocked at how good they look. Um, if they can't be competitive here, it could really go a long way to building pressure outside looking in. All of a sudden, it's like, oh, last year was a fluke. Look at their record the last three years. You know, it was 15th, and that. You know what I mean? Uh, so it's a massive, massive game for mainly this game. week. As much as you said, we know what they did last year. I mean, the reality is what they did last year was give it to the teams that are below them yeah. and then struggle yeah. against the teams on top. All we've seen them do is struggle against the teams that I think will be on top of them mm. so far this year, realistically. So, yep, fair. Which, just, I, I don't know if that's going to be worse for Manly if they stay that side. That's going to be incredibly disappointing for mm. them as well. So, I, I just, I absolutely believe that they need to make some tweaks to their structure yeah. and their attacking yeah. ability. Uh, attacking players. Oh. I think Schuster used to offer so much from last yeah. year. He's the guy that they're yeah, waiting for. Yeah. Schuster's the guy they're waiting for because he was the guy last year that took some heat off Tommy and teams just didn't expect it. Like Schuster will get the ball, look like nothing's on. All of a sudden there's a crazy offload. Yeah. You look at a lot of their line breaks as well. Schuster was always involved in that. Um, 
And I like, I love your shout of putting him at 13 because it actually gives them an extra front row rotation. When you look at the moment, um, you know, the Jake Travojevic and Tapao starting up front, that's a fucking quality front rower. Bring on Kepi, who, mm. who actually has some really good footy in him. Um, yeah, I, I, I think Schuster is the key. I really do. So who else was really impressive for them? And I'm so happy to see him playing footy again. Andrew Davey. Yep. Off the bench. He had a really good impact. He's yeah, so 10 run, 88 metres, two tackle breaks. Um, Paseca, I think, although he came on and did some really good stuff, you know, he played 36 minutes, 128 metres, three tackle breaks, uh, four offloads, 14 tackles. I think they could utilise him even more. Again, build game plans around these guys that can break tackles like Olakowatu. So have sets that are called Paseca set. And it's all just about going, you know, two ruck hit-ups and then, you know, pass, pass, Paseca hitting the line. Then Tommy goes down the short line. I think that's a, a real way that they can uh, take advantage of some of these bigger boys in their pack. Got to put a mirror in uh, Paseca's locker room. He's so they? big. He's he so doesn't. Fucking, I don't think he, he could be nice. He, he could, could be. Like, be. Yeah. He could quite easily be. Yeah. And I mean, and, and he still played well on the weekend. Like, I think he had a cup. Yeah, he had a few too many errors, obviously. But 120, 128 meters in thirty six minutes. That's pretty fucking good. Yeah. Pretty fucking good. The, the errors that he had though were yeah, they were tough. Killers. They were tough. Yeah. Um. If you're tipping this weekend, who are you tipping? The doggies on <laughs> I was about to say, oh, that's tough, eh? And it's a bit of a battle too. I feel like that Desi Bulldogs connection. Yeah, Barrett, yeah. Like there's a lot going on. Where is I'm it? going doggies. Where it's that brookie. I'm gonna. Mate, I'm going doggies. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go manly. You gonna go manly? Yeah, Where you going? Go I'll go manly Brookvale, but I'll be betting with the line. I think. Yeah. You know, I'm go- I, fuck, I am so impressed with the doggies. Yeah. I'm not confident, but I just feel like Manly, Manly kind yep. of do need this. They need it. Um, but I just thought, like, last night's game, Broncos-Bulldogs, although obviously I'm a Bulldog, uh, Broncos man, it was a high, high-quality mm. game. Like, that was a fucking high – that was a top-eight game. Yeah. Like, and you, fans would just be stoked to yeah. see that from the dogs after what Absolutely. they've been through. I'm yeah. going Bulldogs for the upset. I think they can do it, man. Hey, have you had a look at all the games for next week? I was saying before, yeah, well, if you can get four out of eight, if you're you, If you were oh, to sit know. there last night yeah. and go, oh, what game should we make? It's yeah. like that's what the NRL have done. Fuck it's how ridiculous. good. <laughs> Fuck how good's having footy back. Like all of them are evenly matched. And it's how good is it that there's fucking a chance for every team to win? Yeah. Like we're sit, Lilith so Sydney Sowen, doggies could beat Manly. Like we're truly entertaining that. Like the, the field has just closed up massively. What do you got there, Matt? I was just going to say, uh, last week when I put my tips in, I was like, oh, there's only one certainty and that's Canberra to beat Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it, no, that's this week's crazy. the same. It's this week's the betting. You know that, that thing they do in tipping comps where you pick one team a week that's your lock, yeah. and you keep going. I oh. Everyone would have gone the Roosters week one. Yeah, I reckon Heat would have gone the Raiders as well. So I'm, gonna, I'm in a last man standing comp. You get one chance, then you're out. I'm already out. Yeah, you're already gone. Already far out. out. Betting agencies are killing it, mate. I um, we'd love to do. Oh, actually, I won't say that. Um, no, t- I was just about to give out some internal ideas that I've got. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. That's where the money's made, baby. Don't give that shit out. Don't give that shit out. I've learned my lesson the hard way with a lot of other shit I've done. Um, now, uh, yeah, so, fuck. Manly need to turn it around for sure. For sure. Because uh, if they lose against the Doggies, all of a sudden confidence can start coming into the play of like, shit. Like, we haven't... Last year, the excuse was we don't have Tommy. We don't mm. have Tommy. There's no reason now for why they're struggling. Um, but I do believe they can turn it around. It is only round two. But it has been disappointing the first two rounds. There's no one can deny that Manly have not played the way they should play. Uh, now, great game this one. Titans v. the Warriors. What did you guys think about Titans v. the Warriors? 
Yeah, I thought this one was interesting as both of the, you know, you got to remember that these are the two teams that three weeks ago their trial got cancelled. Mm. Um, so they had one which, you know, I, I think especially with the new spines that both these teams have, very tough gig. AJ's first game, Sean Johnson out, Nick Arima out, Ash Taylor in, like... There's a lot of chopping and changing here. I, I really enjoyed this one. Great game. Um, I, it was yeah, a really was good cracker. game to watch. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, whoever won or lost, I really wasn't going to take a heap of positives or negatives away from this game from either of them. Um, yeah, I, 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 I'm still not convinced on either of these teams to be top eight sides. I think they're both going to be entertaining, but I'm not really sure where each of them is at. New Zealand's going to be interesting over the next few weeks. Um, Listening to Nathan Brown after the game, it was good to hear him sort of say, you know, we're not in the relative business anymore. We're not, you mm. know, we're not happy being decent anymore. We've, you know, we've had things go against us. It is what it is. We've got to just start to win fucking games of football. And this was one that they they could have won here for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they should have won. What about just, you, bro? I'm just struggling to see, yeah with the Warriors. Like I know culturally that's that's what they want, but I just don't know if we're going to get to that point. And I don't know whether it's so much of a roster thing is just as much of there was always the chat around the Warriors of they can get away with like throwing the ball around this and that. But at what point do we get over that? The Warriors of old and yep. actually try and find some consistency with the game management, their ball control, the culture. You know, there was one period there where it was drop ball straight into a turnover, straight into a penalty. Like good sides aren't doing no, this. No so way. just those little incidentals. It was a great game, but you could just see that there's some things missing for both sides if they want to compete mm. at the next level. So, but it was it was um, it was fun to watch. Yeah, absolutely fun. Yeah, in regards to, well, I guess we'll talk about the Warriors first. Yeah, the, the issue with the Warriors is they just don't seem to be willing to get into that grind, and I don't think it's a, I think I don't think it's a conscious decision. Mm. I just think that there is maybe a subconscious thing of like. You know, we're the Warriors. Like, we can, we'll get points, you know. We're, That's what we'll, I'm we'll saying. We'll find a way. We'll Do you think yeah. people have tried to get rid of that? I don't know. Like, coaches have come in or yeah. what? Because... That tag, I feel like, as you said, subconsciously, yeah, that's the problem. Yep. Like, no, when that's not who we are anymore. Yeah, it's tough. And but the, I guess the argument against that is, is like, well, that's what we do. Great, you know, don't <laughs> take the flair out of the side. Mm. And you know, because I think when Kearney was there, yeah, he tried to bring in a lot of the Melbourne systems, mm. and it just didn't seem to work. But I, I agree. I just, you know, the penalties and the, the drop balls after points, it's almost unforgivable. Like, just get no. through the set, kick it downfield, and go again. And you could tell, at, at the start of the game, they just seemed to fade, if, like, just fade in and out. They got lucky at the end. I didn't think that was a try that he yeah, scored. Did I. I can't believe they even... Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe anyone that does think that's a try. Like, if his leg's not there, that's a knock-on. Mm. He pushed it onto his leg, and then it went down. That clearly is no control. It, so much so that he didn't even get up and celebrate. He knew he didn't score. I just don't know how we get those wrong. Yeah, it's like right there. He pushed it onto his leg and then it slipped down like that and then he like went like that and went back to put it down. Even he knew he knocked it on. On the 20-meter line, if you drop it into someone, it's a yeah. knock-on. It's the same thing. Mm. I don't know how. That was a knock-on into his own player. Yeah, exactly. Because like he work. pushed it into his leg first and then it went down. Like that was bizarre to me. That was bizarre. And what's crazy is like... You can make this millimetre call and say that it didn't get grounded by Sammy's torso. You can make that call when I'm not so sure that it didn't hit this part of his body, which is above the hips, and then move down to his hips. But I was like, okay, fair enough. But then in the same video, you can see him pushing it onto his leg and then down, and he doesn't even get up and celebrate. And they, you know what's crazy is they called it back. Like, (laughs) even the ref was like, oh, yeah, no try. They called it back. Anyway, um, 
Yeah, look, I think positive sign for the Warriors is Reese Walsh is just... He's a gun. He is so good. So man. good. He just finds a way. Just so silky. And I actually posed a question. This is going to sound crazy, Shandor, but and Matty. I posed a question to Guru, and it actually is fucking way harder than you think. You've got a million bucks. A million bucks in your cap. You can sign Walsh, Campbell, or Ponga. Who are you signing? Oh, wow. And it's crazy because you, your immediate reaction is, well, Ponga, of course. Yeah. But then you see how good Reese Walsh, and Campbell are going. Who are you signing? Do you want to know who I went? The fact that you're paying the same money for them all, if it was if there was no money involved and just saying who are you signing, yeah. it might change things. But I'd probably still I'd probably still go Ponga. <laughs> but it's it's, like, it's it crazy is, that it it's is, tough though. It's eh? so tough. He's like, an origin Campbell player. Campbell is a gun, oh. but you know he's got development and he, he's fifty kilos. But Walsh is just Walsh Silky. is just, oh so and good. Like, you know, the off-field um, superstardom that Ponga has, Walsh will have that eventually. He's got the look. He can represent your team, mm. you know, all that kind of stuff. All in teams where they've had to grind as well. They're yeah. not in like, let's. Yeah. we haven't seen them in a situation where they're just playing their role and yeah. they've got support. What do you got? Oh, I would go Reese Walsh. Reese Walsh. Yeah. Mate, I don't know. I honestly don't know. I, I honestly may go Campbell because I just think he's got <laughs> yeah, so I love much. him too. <laughs> yeah. He's so fucking so good. good. But then you look at Pong and you go, he's delivered on the big stage. He played in origin, um, you know, killed in origin. But, you know, his last couple of years, had a few niggles. That's it. You know, could that be a concern? You just don't know. What team are we signing them to? Sorry? What team are we signing them to? (laughs) Dolphins. Dolphins. Because, you know what, they probably all three of them are are going. Just on that, what team? I think one huge thing about Reese Walsh is he is this superstar in the Warriors. Mm. And normally those Warriors players kind of get forgotten about, so it's a credit to him. But I, I probably still would go Ponga just because we've seen him do it for a few years and he's played yeah. Origin. But, that, like I say, it was zero confidence. I think, I think like, if it came to the crunch and you went over their body of work, I think we all probably would choose Ponga if we were recruitment managers with other people mm. going, you know, here's the body of mm. work, here's the highlights, and, and the your job's hard. on the line, so you've got to take the safe option or whatever. What I think is insane is that that question is even a hard question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's of how good 100%. a ponger is. When you, you know? stack up like a blind resume of the throw. Yeah, if yeah, yeah, if you had a blind resume, boom, boom, boom. It's insane that those two kids are just so fucking talented. And like we all said something different. I can't argue with any of you. Yeah, nah. Whatever, the, whatever your answer, like cannot argue with it because they both offer... Oh, I just think Campbell... How many players have gone to the Warriors and done had an impact? Not me, that's for sure. <laughs> Not me, that's for that's for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, and and also in a team that they're not world beaters, like you mm. know, it's not like the Warriors are killing it right now. And the same with Campbell, like he's he, special. He's so mate. He's got the eye for it. Right. Just the the ability to to break tackles, mm. but he's a fucking you can't teach it. Literally forty kilos. Yeah. Um, yeah. Really interesting question. Uh, look, yeah, Reese Walsh. I thought he was fantastic. Mm. Um, I know Rocco Berry had that brain explosion at the end of the game, but I actually thought he played pretty well. Outside of that, you know, kicking, I kind of, I felt a bit sorry for him. I know it was the wrong decision to kick on the fourth, but they were chasing points and they gave him the ball. Yeah, He was going for something because that's what they were going for. It was mm. almost like they were looking for someone to take that risky play mm. and he was just the only one willing to do it. Now, was it the right play? Obviously not. And, you know, he didn't kick on the fifth. You know, I understand that it's not the best call, but I did feel like the commentators were, like, a bit too harsh on him. It's like, well, Mm. okay, if he takes a tackle, then he's not risking anything, and he just – that's the safe option. That's the option that gets you, like, 
I don't get in trouble. I'm going to take the tackle so I don't get in trouble. He went the option of like, okay, we've been passing it around for 10 to 15 seconds. Clearly we're looking for someone to take that risk. I'll do it. Didn't come off, understandably so. But you could even argue, well, okay, where was the seven? Where was the six? Where was Reese? Why didn't they have the ball in their hands? And it's that mindset that's going to win Rocco more games than he loses. Yeah, for sure. That's what I, I, sure. I pisses me off. The commentators never talk about it. It was they were pretty harsh on him. I thought it was a bit unfair. Yeah, I, agree. I thought it was a bit unfair because fair enough. If that was a kick, it was a twenty-minute mark. The game's not on the line, and he just went for a grub. It's like mate, but this was they were looking for someone to take the risk. Mm. I thought, you know, I just thought it was a bit rough. Um, so I actually thought he played pretty well. Um, I think Pompey needs to find a way to get in the game. I mm. think that the Titans actually made a concerted effort to take him out of the game, but because when he does get the ball, he's a big he fucking boy. He is a weapon. He's a weapon, uh, and I think the Titans did really well and just completely, you know, they took him out of the game. Mm. Like he was barely in it. He tried, you know, he still ran over 100 meters, which is good. Had 11 runs. Um, who else? I mean, Jesse Arthur's the other center, also yep. taken out of the game. He had like fucking six runs. Uh, I thought Harris Tavita had some really good signs. Yeah. What's your but thoughts on him, bro? Because I'd just love to see him just given a genuine opportunity yeah. I consistently. Think, I think give him a chance yep. um, and just as long as he can say injury-free, I think he's got a lot of potential. Yeah, I, I saw same. a lot of class there. But you know what? His stats won't tell you it. I thought Ash Taylor was really fucking good. Yeah, I thought he looked mm. good too. His stat, you look at his stats, but go and watch that game and look at crucial short-kicking game mm. that Ash Taylor had, the amount of repeat sets he got. I thought he was good, man. He just looked confident for the yep. first time in a long time yeah, too, which I to see, yeah. love to see. I, I'll be honest with you, at the start of the week, when, when he named Chanel Harris-DeVita at fullback last week and Nick Arima at six, and he brushed Nick Arima and he moved Chanel Harris-DeVita to 5'8", I was just sort of – I don't understand why he – like if, you, if, if Cody Nick Arima was your man the week before in round one, I don't understand why you would drop him. Well, what makes – and you're right, to go further with that is that – Fair enough if you move Harris into the halves because Reese is back and you have Harris above the pecking order. Yep. What's weird is not only did you move Harris in, you dropped him for Taylor. Yeah. So why wasn't he there the first week, Taylor? You know what I mean? Mm. It's very bizarre, strange. That's what I and like. There's a lot of things Nathan Brown does that I don't quite understand, but I just hope that he sticks with this side now. As one other guy I want to mention to Aaron Penne, we've spoken about him a lot, yeah. mate. Some of these stats are unbelievable. So last week. And, and this isn't a direct science, obviously, but Penne last week against the Dragons, he came on in the 26th minute. They were down 12-4. He came off in the 53rd. And, th and they were still down, but they were down 16-14, um, to 14, right? So in that 25-minute period, they were up 10-4. He came on the other day. They were down 16-6 in the 27th minute. He left in the 50th minute. They were up 18-6. Wow. So if you have a look... So the Warriors have scored 34 points in 160 minutes in the first two weeks. With Penne on, in his 50 minutes, they've scored 24 of those 34 points. Wow. Wait for this one. They've conceded 48 points mm. in 160 minutes. When Penne's on the field, how many do you reckon they've conceded? 48 in 160 minutes in his 50 minutes, so a third of that. 20? Four. Far out. When Penne's on the field... Score is 24-4 to four in favour of the Warriors so far this year, far which is unbelievable. Not a direct science, I understand yep. that. That also includes the try that shouldn't have been a try, so yep. fair cop there. But you've and played with him. He's special. He can he's play. Special. He can. He can play. He unfortunately had an unlucky run with injuries. You guys would have seen it. His impact with the ball mm. is enormous. Like He's a hard-running ball player that's going to give you big impact. But as well, I, I truly imagine... 
given the connection they've all got there, spending so much time together, I know that he would have had some sort of impact on their defensive structures, how they need to do things. And he may be what we talk about, that glue player for the Warriors that can bring in a bit of stability, a bit of consistency around mm. that. But he's a special guy. Really good bloke, good player. So I think he's going to be quality. and He needs to be a consistent addition for the Warriors for sure, bro. Um, just quickly before I forget, um, Jazz Tavanga. Uh, we were saying his name's wrong last week. Okay. Uh, it is actually pronounced. I messaged him. I was like, sorry, bro. I think I've been saying your name wrong. He's like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I was like, what are you messaging me for? Uh, so Tavanga. Tavanga. So T-E-Vung, V-U-N. Dash R Tavanga, um, so Jazz Tavanga. Apologies for that, bro. Uh, not that you care, not that you give a shit, but just we always we're trying. We're always trying. Um, and so yeah, if we get any any uh, names wrong, just leave it in the comments section, and we'll absolutely try. It's yeah. always um, it's tough. It's almost like imagine, let's say you know you were in Tonga or whatever, and Tonga you just spoke Tongan, and then you had a white fella come over and play in the Tongan league, and the language is different. You'd obviously struggle to get the white fella's name yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so we're always trying. Please don't ever feel like we're getting the names wrong uh, intentionally. It's a great so, segue. I had uh, the Titans winger on my team list is M-A-J-U. M-A-J-U. Maju. Maju. We're always trying. Always trying. And we're always open to being corrected. So leave it in the – if we're getting a name wrong in the comments section on YouTube, just let us know and we will try to work that out. This came from last week. I think someone was like, bro, I think you're saying Tavanga's name wrong. And so I asked him. Warriors – I want to give a shout out to obviously Adam Fenor Blake. He's one of the most. I, I know he's rated, but he's still underrated. I don't care what anyone says. Second week with a line break off a one off front. Tell me how many front rows are doing that. Look, it was good too. Yeah, pure footwork too. <laughs> Fucking whacking, whacking blokes. Um, also, I want to give a shout out to Wade Egan. I thought yeah. he had one of his better games. One of his better games. He ran more. Uh, I think he offered uh, you know some dynamic, dynamic uh, ball play and ball running out of the halves role, uh, out of the hooking role, and also scored a try. Uh, Josh Curran for me is just an absolute steal for the, the amount of money they got him for and what he offers to that side. If we talk about wanting to build structures and becoming that gritty team, he's going to be a part Need of that. Yep. Uh, you know, he's really good. So, look, I think for a team that lost its front rower, Matthew Lodge, after 20 minutes, actually, you know, there's a lot of good. There's good signs for the Warriors. I know Nathan Brown. I understand his argument of like, we can't just be like, oh, that's good enough kind of thing and we need to go to the next level. But I do believe there are good signs for the Warriors going forward. Um, now, onto the Titans. I actually have a different uh, perspective on, you know, getting something out of this game with the Titans. I actually think I'm getting more and more on the Titans bandwagon. And why do I say that? We have to remember that Toby Sexton's a teenager. Brimo is 22, 23. Campbell's a teenager. Uh, nine, uh, Aaron Clark is a relatively new nine. This is an extremely... The captain, bro. Yep. He the captain, Tino. 20. 20. 21. 21. This is an extremely young side that has, uh, you know, t- took it to... Who did they play last weekend? They lost. Sorry? Parramatta. Parramatta. And they lost by, you know, you could argue they got a couple of off calls. Yep. Then they go out and beat the Warriors. I think this is great signs for the mm. club. If they can keep this team together and they're already playing like this now... I think in the next few years, we're going to see some real fruit from this kind of setup that they've got going. Yeah, and they've just got to keep them together. That's exactly. the hard if, if it does derail at some point, they've just got to stick with them. Because you can see, you can already see, they've got so much ability, it's not even funny. Like, mm. And yes, they are going to play shootout rugby league. 
but that's who they are. They've, they've got a bunch of kids under 25 mm. that are running this team. Like, I guarantee you the vast majority of their games are going to be decided by one scoring yeah. play. But I think in the, the positive with that is, is right, right now that's who they are. And I think Isaac Liu is a great signing. Yeah. Such, great I thought he was really, really good on the weekend. But I think in three to four years, they'll turn into that gritty sure. side. Yep. They'll have all the good attack plus the good gritty defence. Um, Tino, fuck, the amount of work he gets through. It's and crazy. It's, you, you can just see his mullet swinging around the fucking hole. Every set is Tino doing a cover tackle. You know what I mean? It's constant. It's the best. Um, I'm really bullish on the top. The Titans over the next few years, like I think they've made such good decisions in their recruitment. I think they've made such good future plans, and I think it's a, a, a thing we haven't seen at the Titans for many years of like planning for the future. I think there's been a, a real mixture of direction of, you know, let's recruit to be good now, and then the next yes. year it's like let's recruit to be good in a few years, and then they go back to the old way. I think there's a clear sign here that they're like we have a plan, a five-year plan, mm-hmm. like the Penrith or whatever. I'm really – they may not be world beaters this year, but if they keep this side together in two years' time, they are going to be fucking hard to beat. And there's guys that they've had in their system for a couple of years now that are starting to play great, for, like, like Bo Fermor. Oh, how good's he been? He's, he's good. Mate, I, I, I didn't know if he was up to cup footy last year. Agreed. At the start of last season. he is, I, I would argue he's one of the most improved. In the, Kevin Proctor isn't getting a look in at a starting jersey there. Yeah. And you could, you could argue Firmer has outplayed Fafida in the first two rounds. He definitely has. Mm. Mm-hmm. Blind resume, he definitely has, yep. without a doubt. Uh, and that's the other thing, that they're still not getting the best out of Fafida. They're still not putting him in the right spots that they need to to get the best out of him. That'll take time. They are a young spine, as we said. But uh, the upside in the Titans is they're a team you don't want to play. They're so Yeah, they're so tough. They're so um, – you just – you know you're going to have to score like fucking at least 20 points to beat them. What did you get out of watching Titans on the weekend? Uh, yeah, I've, I've been impressed with them for a while. And j- mm. just uh, from the outside looking in, you know, I have a close relationship with Tino and, I, and I've just been interested to watch his development. Now being named captain, I just know so, how passionately he speaks about it. And then coming from the storm and doing a you know, three-year apprenticeship as a kid there, I know that they're doing all the right things in terms of culture. You spoke about it with development as well. Mm. I think if you develop this team and around the core players like... We spoke about Campbell. Uh, he's one of my favourite players to watch at the moment. So the inclusion of Bribson was really obvious. Just his impact, oh. another little spark. So they got the players there. They got some real work up horses and toilers in the forward pack. So uh, you said it, Guru. I think they're, the, they're that bogey team you come up against and you're like, oh, we should win, but yeah, don't know, don't know what's going to happen. If you're playing them on a Sunday Arvo, dry weather, yeah. you just go, fuck, no thank you. No, you're doing it it's, tough for uh, sure. Yeah. They, they just, yeah, for me at the moment... For a team that isn't, you know, locked in the eight, they're the most promising youth mm-hmm. uh, in the comp. I think they're they're probably outside of Sharks that I really think can go in and do some damage in the eight now. Yes, they're the team just underneath them that may not do the damage this year, but again, if they can s- compete, mate, if they can keep this side together, mm. like Sexton, he's fucking quality. He's even better than I thought he was. Like, I thought he was good, but his composure, like 400 kicking metres. I even like, um, I know Ken, uh, Fafita hasn't been brought into the game that much, but I noticed in the first set the Titans had, Sexton demanded the ball and just got a one-off pass to Fafita. Love that. Awesome. Love that. And so you can see him trying to get him in there. It's just a matter of time. And, it's going to take time. Absolutely yeah. going to take time. Um, and so, mate, I just, yeah, I really, like, my, we haven't even spoken about Fodawaka. Like, he's an origin. He was our best player in the, t- the team when we got tailed up uh, for Queensland. I just, I really like what I see. When you've got a team that 
David Fafita's in and the other, you could argue the other back rowers are out playing, it's almost a good sign because when Fafita does hit his stride, which we all know he can, yeah. that is going to be incredibly damaging back row. Uh, Aaron Clark, he's, been, he's really surprised me. Mm-hmm. You know, I think he's been solid. The good thing is they've got depth in that position. But when I look at their back line, at the start of the year I said they had the most underrated centre pairing in the comp. I now would take that a step farther and go they've got the most underrated back line in the comp. Mm, Greg Marju yeah. and Philip Sammy, both 200-plus metres. Uh, Marju, 11 tackle breaks. Uh, Sammy, a try. Like, between them, between their wingers, three tries, 400 and, uh, 430 metres, roughly, uh, over 100 post-contact, 14 tackle breaks. Like that's huge numbers. That's massive three line breaks. That's, that's just their wingers. Uh, and that's not even including uh, Campbell. So and Corey Thompson isn't in the side. Corey Thompson, Isan Masters isn't in the side. Yep. they've got that young Jojo Fafita too. Like they they have got a heap of depth there. And if you get desperate, you chuck Will Smith anywhere in the back line. Yep. You know he's going to do a job for you too. Yeah, I'm, I really like what I saw from them. I know that it was a, a tight game, but for a period there, they looked like they were going to you know run away with it. Credit to the Warriors for for pushing them and catch. It was like fourteen nil at one stage. Um, yeah, really entertaining game. I think Sexton is, fuck, he's so good. And I think Brimo really does complement him. Yeah. If you wanted two halves that are going to complement each other, I think those two really do. They're not too similar. Brimo's running game, we saw the, you know, the impact of the first run. Again, I, I really like what I see at the Titans. The key for them going forward, and it seems like it, they do, the players do seem to understand that they've got a really young side and they're going to need to take sacrifices to stay together, mm. I think, anyway. Um, even, like, you look at uh, Joloff off the bench, in 39 minutes, 105 metres, 27 tackles, zero misses. I mean, that's a great impact. Like, that's a great contribution to your side. Uh, so, yeah, good signs for the Titans. Really good signs for the Titans. Now, they just need to fix their defence up. Mm. Like, being 14-0 up with 10 minutes to go in the first half to all the way to 14-all, it's like, fuck, you've got to fix that. Uh, now, on to the next game. Sharkies versus the Eels. Great game of footy. Great game of footy. What do you think about this, Shandor? Yeah, cracky game. Uh, I'm loving watching the Sharks now as well. Yeah, like, good. Oh, so good. Seeing them develop, and we we mentioned this, but a spine that's come together with not really not chopping and changing. Everyone understanding what they're doing, who they're playing for, and I think we're starting to see the the results of the Fitzgibbon effect and their recruitment in the off season. So, like guys like Dale Finucane, who had his, had a massive impact for the Sharks already. Nico Hines, um, you know, although he's not a, de- a uh, traditional seven. I think what he offers and his connection with uh, the fullback Kennedy is lovely. So mm. I've loved watching them. And then the Eels, the Eels are the Eels. They're, they're just, they're a top side um, who I think are going to do well. It's just, I don't, I, I'm interested to see how they face up this year against the best teams. But um, yeah, Sharks for me was probably, that's, that was a standout game for me this round, I reckon. It was, yeah. What, what a game to watch. What did you have, Guru? Yeah, I just, you know, similar to what Dawes said, like Cronulla... They look so well coached mm. So early You know we, we were saying before The amount of times That Nico Hines Throws a pass blind And Nico Hines Is behind him yeah. And he just trusts That he's going to be there Like Will Smith sorry I think you said Nico Hines And Nico Hines Is behind him He passed to himself <laughs> Oh sorry right No <laughs> Nico Hines Did to, he say uh, that Will I could be wrong Will Kennedy Yeah Will Kennedy <laughs> I, said, yeah. I said Will Smith I got it fucking wrong too Yeah you're mind fucking <laughs> um, Nico Hines The amount of times He'd throw blind And he just trusted His guy's going to be there Like they've played Three games of footy together Yeah, yeah so you know, true Like the I, I, I thought Moiser Was really good I, You know I, I'm obviously A Moiser fan But yeah. for him On that last play 
to come to the line and have Nico Hines at the back. Nine times out of ten last year's Moises just goes, yep, you have it, Nico. Yeah. For him to take it upon himself and lay that try on, they were trying to get to Will Penasini the whole half. I, I'm so happy to see Moises back actually yeah, I'm showing so what he can do same, and yep, producing absolutely. a big moment. Well, yeah, I think with, with Moylan, I was a bit disappointed with his round one performance. This performance, uh, it showed that that was mainly rust. Hmm. And I thought he was, I thought he complimented Hines really well um, in this game. Still, still all one or two things that are a little bit rusty with Moylan, but you're totally right. The game was on the line. They needed to find a big play. And even when it was happening, I'm like, well, obviously they're going out the back yeah. to Hines. Like everyone would go out the back to Hines. To make that huge call, you know how how deep a footy IQ you've got to have, or not IQ, a feel for the game. Mm. To hit the short runner when the game is on the line and the safe option where you don't get crucified yes. is to hit Hines. And that's the <laughs> thing, but Moiser is self-aware enough to know that if he hits the second row and he gets chopped, he's going to cop it left, yeah. right and centre. Get this guy out of here. Yeah. What a stupid play. Oh, like, I don't reckon anyone was more shocked to not get the ball than Hines himself. Yep. I was, I couldn't, I'm like, I can't believe this guy's gone short and then boom, goes straight through the hole. Yeah. And I guess that's what Moylan can offer that we haven't really seen for, we've seen glimpses of it over, over the years, but that was an example of why so many people that love footy have such high, him in such high esteem. Mm. It's because he has these crazy good plays yeah, that- He's got the X factor, this yeah, touch to him. He's yeah. got that touch that you could look at stats all day. You could go, oh, how many try assists does he have? How many meters? But when the game's on the line to have a half that, can make that play very fucking rare. Very fucking rare. Uh, I actually thought, and this is, it sucks for Penasini because I actually thought he defended really well for the whole game. It was just that one play that they got caught out on that short ball. You could ball. tell that they were trying to get him, yeah. though. They were going yeah, at him. Absolutely. Now, uh, I thought the track was really heavy. Do you, the, it looked really heavy, the ground. Welcome to Shark Park. Yeah. Far out. It takes, yeah. does it take wow, the black hole of football. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, look, uh, Braley, I think, has really improved. He's matured heaps. He's picking his times. There was a few times where he got out of dummy half and um, caused some headaches for the defence. Uh, Braden uh, hamlin Ueli, I would argue this is one of his better games that he's ever played. He really took it to them against a pack that... Like, the Eels pack is known for mm. picking out another pack. Like, Campbell, Gillard and Paulo always go, all right, you're the man, let's fucking go. I think Brandon really stood up. Uh, sorry, uh, Brayden. Uh, Brandon, sorry. It's Brandon, Brayden. isn't it? Brayden. Brayden, yeah. I was got Brandon here. Uh, just wait, let me check. Don't want to be calling him Brandon when he's not a Brandon. <laughs> Brayden, Hamlin, Ueli. Uh, I thought, yeah, I thought he was really good and he really took it to them. Yeah, had a great line break in the first half. Got through some good work. Um, and that's really good signs for Sharks because you could argue that their front row, it was a bit light, uh, especially with Fafita, you know, coming towards the end of his career. Uh, Braden really needs to stand up and mm -hmm. become that guy. Uh, who else? Uh, McInnes, I think McInnes and Fanukin, the combo that they're going to... Like, you've got these two fucking beasts running at you. Right. And if they're running at you in pairs, it's not like, oh, he's a, a big front rower. He's not going to pass it. So who gives a fuck? This is too agile... Fit, strong, both players that have played 13 or not, like Minikinis is nine. I actually think they're going to, they're, they're both so fit that they'll be able to keep up with each other. And to have two guys that fit, I would argue they're probably the two fittest forwards in the comp, maybe. I can't think of another example where you've had two guys like that weren't having one of them in your team is super special. Yeah. To have both, like, I can't think of another example to have two workhorses like that. Imagine it's like 20 minutes into the game or like 20 minutes into the second half. Everyone's ass is hanging out. And so that's where you get to a point where most teams, it's just 
one off the ruck because everyone's fucked and you're just hanging in there. Mm. And then it's 20 minutes to go in the game and you've got Cam McInnes with a loose ruck and uh, Finucane coming at you. That'll tear teams apart. If they can get that right with Hines or Kennedy out the back or even uh, Moisa, their ruck play will be destructive around that 20-minute mark. And then on the left, you've got a guy with the same defensive attitude in Wade Graham, mm, but yeah. a better skill set than probably remember. most halves you're yeah. going to come up against. I didn't even remember Graham. Like, if Graham comes back into that side, no. you've got a team with Finucane, Graham, McInnes in it, with Rudolph that's playing really well, uh, Braden Hamlin, Ueli. It's something really special building to the Sharks. Like, these yep. are team players. Like, Ooh. the effect that... Um, I love Rudolph. Um, Did you see him in the Graham. crowd? Yeah, so no, good. It's awesome. Yeah, so good. I love what they bring. But those two, the impact they would have had tied in with Fitzgibbon. Oh, what they would have done to their culture, everything, their values, their standards would have been huge. Like, I mean, do you remember that? Um, I sent you a video. I'm sure we had this conversation about a video one time I showed you. Dale ran four yeah, yeah. Du- like dummy lines in one set like yep. he ran four, I was just like this guy is a freak Didn't I can't like, explain to his mentality yeah and then it, yeah like I can't explain to you his mentality and the way he works mm. just you would take that alone just have to have a rub on effect on everyone else yep. the impact that has well so. that's the thing with those guys like the impact that you know I'll see as a fan that's the tip of the iceberg mm. oh absolutely it's the Monday to Friday that you won't even get a look you, in the, you lift you everyone could, else yeah well, the good thing about having both of them in your squad plus Wade Graham is you know at the very, very least their training standards will be tippity-top. 100%. At the very least, it doesn't matter how talented their team is, they'll be getting, they'll be the fittest they can be and if they don't buy in, they'll just get rid of them. Like mm. Finucane and, and I, Finucane would have that much say, I, I'd assume, that Fitzgibbon, who also was very similar, yes. you know, gave no inches. Exactly. Fucking super tough. Yeah, I'm so bullish on the, the Sharks. I love what I see. You know, yes, Hines converting wasn't that great, but the game's on the line. You're the marquee signing. You've got, what, 10 in from touch. You've missed three conversions. And, and outside of his converting, he was incredible yeah. all game. So dangerous all the time. He, so many times you're like, oh, yeah, there's nothing on. There's nothing on. And then Hines, he's just got this ability to, like, slip through tackles. Yeah. Um, game on the line and pings it. People don't understand how hard that shit is. Like, it is super hard. At Shark Park, first game back in forever. You got the fucking Prime Minister giving you spirit fingers. Yeah. I don't know if that hurt, <laughs> helps you or not. It would have been massive head noise too. Oh, head noise. Um, <laughs> you got Scomo going, kick it to the left, brah. Um, and you nail it. You nail it. Like, how, how good is that for the Sharks? What I love now as well with the Sharks is we're really seeing some identity. Like, mm-hmm. I think that they've, they've, they've finally... Dusted off that 2017, 16. They've, they've got rid of that. They've kind of shed their skin, if, I, if you will. Whereas, like, I feel like the, the years after that, they were still finding, like, who are we? You know, we don't have Gallon, we don't have Lewis. We've lost pretty much every player except for Graham and for Feeder. And for Feeder, obviously, and, and Graham, both those players are towards the end of their career. Uh, yeah, that's a good point, actually. You know what there I mean? you go. Culturally, they've filled the gap that they had. They're, they're a new. And new they're not breed. that gritty. Will drag you down to our level anymore. They're mm. more back to the like 2000 sharks with mm. Peach yep. and Kamali. Yeah, and they're a proper entertainer. And like as you said, the track looks slow, but Cronulla looked fast. Mm. Yeah, everything totally. Cronulla did. Like uh, the amount of noise that Shark Park was making yesterday too. Like I love it. Could become a real yeah. Like and then winning the at just, the back there. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. That's that's just going to become common now. Just the full ground at Mate. Shark Park's going to be unreal. And like. You know, they're building the hotel. I just think as a club, mm. they went through so much shit 
whoever whoever came in in admin, I'm not sure who it is, but whoever has come in in admin and managed to t- take that club from like almost out of the comp, like they were struggling financially. Didn't wasn't it? The doggies didn't have a sponsor, but didn't Sharks also struggle with a sponsor for yeah, a while? Yeah, sure, yeah. Ages, yeah. Now they uh, they own the hotels in the back. I think if if the players, if the Sharks can play well on the field, this isn't a four or five year plan. I really believe in the next two years they'll start challenging top four sides uh, for even a premiership threat. In the next. Next 24 months, I can see that. Yeah, mate. Seeing how they've gone in the first two weeks mm. off a pretty, like a short preseason for how many new guys they've got, I think they're going to be a serious problem yeah, this year. Yeah. I can see that. It's early, but that that's could it's be early, the smoky yeah. team of 2022. But the, 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 the top four teams that I was thinking about at the start of the year, they're not as far ahead of the other teams as what I probably thought they were yeah, going to be. Mm. For sure. And the Sharks are better than what I'd like. They're going to, I reckon they're going to really push this year. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And what's crazy is like, and touch wood, I, I want Wade to play as much footy as he can. But let's just assume it just doesn't seem to work out for him. You've also got Fafita, uh, who's on a massive wicket. They actually, cap-wise, are in a crazy position yeah. right now. They may actually walk into having a million dollars in their cap next year. Let's say, you know, Moylan has a good year, but it's solid. But then they bring in Trindle. Moylan would be on an okay wicket as well. They're just in such a... And Craig Fitzgibbon... Uh, I can't see him being a bad coach. I don't no know. Way. There's just something about no him. You know his demeanour. Yeah. You know what kind of player he was. Yeah. He's just done his tenure under Robbo. Like 100, he's bringing in a yeah. good system. And there. you talk about you know that potential extra money they could have. Oh. You've then got guys like Tyg Will, and you got guys like Sifatalikai, Royce Hunt, all Hamlin Uele. All these guys are ready to go to that next level. They're just sitting there waiting for an opportunity. I'm sold like the dream on the Sharks. Actually. Yeah, <laughs> fucking lock her in, lock her in. Um, and also uh, examples of great recruitment, like, you know, Finucane, and even Crazy. I thought Cam McInnes delivered really well, but Finucane comes out 57 minutes, uh, sorry, 65 minutes, 123 metres, two tackle breaks, 43 tackles, only mm. one miss. Uh, and then Hines wins the match for you. Like, it's just all coming together. It's all coming. You know, Mulatalo is a great outside back. Yeah, he's, Jesse he's really Raymond, good. I thought, was really good. One of his better yeah. games in a long time. He's got that um, in him too. And I, I love the fact that, you know, he made that error last week. He's bounced back. Yeah, look, the Sharkies, they're looking good, man. Not often do you recruit two captains. Yeah, so true. They've got three You're guys in their pack that have been NRL captains. They are, they're captains anywhere. Months. It's insane. It's like, crazy. Look at um, Talakai. So Talakai, 54 minutes, 161 metres, 74 post contact, three tackle breaks, one line break, 17 tackles, only wow. one miss. What an impact off that's the bench. A, that's massive. Um, yeah, look, I, I, I really like what I see. Cam McInnes comes on for 25 minutes, makes 15 tackles, no misses, um, has six runs, 50 minutes. Like, fuck. That'll be 70 Sharkies. minutes and 60 tackles at the end yeah, of the year, though. absolutely. Uh, so, look, Sharkies fans, get excited. And we haven't even spoken about Britton Acora, who had probably a relatively quiet game, uh, and he, but his potential is there. Matter of fact, it could get to the point where uh, he may move on because Sharks have such depth. And, he, and, and Tigers and Dragons are probably willing to pay a bit of coin so for yeah, it. Yeah, someone's going to offer him big coin yeah. for sure. And so Sharkies may go, you know what, like we've got Talakai. And, and this is a guy, I'm, I actually had Nikora as a smoky to win Dallium back row of the year. That's how highly I rate him. And in uh, the trials, I thought he was really good. So hopefully he can find his groove because if he finds his groove and then you've got Wade Graham on the other edge, like... That's <laughs> <laughs> nice. This, let's say everyone's back and healthy. They're... they're, they're um, their pack, their starting pack could be Braden Huelli, Finucane up front. Then they could have Nakora, Graham, McGuinness at 13. 
and Rudolph coming off the bench. Crazy. Like that's a crazy pack. So really, really exciting signs for the Eels. Uh, sorry for the the uh, Sharkies. Now onto the Eels. What did you think about? Uh, now what's really interesting about the Eels is they actually completed at eighty seven percent. And the cons- not the cons- yeah the concern I have is this was Eels of yesteryear where they completed a high percentage. They had every uh, reason to win the game. They just didn't have that knockout blow. Uh, so although it's definitely not bad signs for the Eels, it was only an 18-16 loss, it's second round, it, you don't want it to become a trend where you're completing at high percentage, you have all the reason to win a game, but you find a way to lose the game. Now, I know that was a, you know, Ray Stone, Stone was a silly, silly uh, penalty he gave away. They probably win it if he doesn't do that. But I think the Eels will take this as a game that we, they should have won. They really should have won. It's so good to be back at Shark Park, isn't it? This is such a Shark Park chat. Yeah. It's not even funny. Yeah. Like, and you know what? There, there are games where sometimes I feel sorry for teams. I felt sorry for South Sydney who had to go down to Melbourne in that milestone game. I kind of felt sorry for Parramatta who had to go to Cronulla in mm. the welcome back to Shark Park. It was always going to be a tough gig. Um, I'm not any. I'm not concerned about Parramatta at all off the back of this, to be honest with you. I, I think it just shows the Sharks are a quality footy side. You don't feel like... If they want to take the next step, they need to ice these games. Oh, I do, but I, I mean, round two isn't the week that they need to do it. For mm. me, I, I still stand by what I said three weeks ago. Parramatta are treading water until the final starts. Yeah, okay. That's when their season begins for me, and then, that's when they need to be able to... I'm looking at it from a perspective of, you look at Penrith and Storm start to the year. Penrith obviously played really good round one, but played pretty poorly yesterday for periods. But they still managed to find a way to win, and those are the teams that you're going to have to beat to win the comp. Mm, and I, I think agree. Eels, they sh- again, it's not like... Alarm bells, oh shit, their world's falling. But this is a game Eels should have iced. Well, we've have we've iced. also seen Parramatta win their first nine games in a row, whatever it was like. Yep. It, it's, yeah, they're a weird side, Parramatta, as we've always said. They're, they're heaps better than 10 other teams in this competition, but they're a little bit below those top three teams, and that's where they need to be. It's, yeah. They're right up there. We're kind of just waiting for that progression. Like, yeah, we've had some step, success for yeah. two years. We've had the finals. We've had the, like, long patches of wins. But when do you become that team that really can put the games away? It's kind of just what we're waiting for. But Yep. Um, one, you know, pretty negative. Their back row. Seven tackles missed for Lane. Seven tackles missed for Papali'i. Five tackles missed for Kofusi. It's a lot. That's a lot for a team that, you know, defensively, usually really, really good. Uh, so maybe it's just a one-off, but you look at the their entire missed tackles was it was line break city for the sharks. Yeah, well, I, I, they missed I forty-nine tackles. Ten <laughs> separate sharks players made line breaks. <laughs> yeah. Ten, fuck. Yeah. And so, like that's that for me. When I look at that, I'm like, mm. if you're top yeah. tier, you you cannot be doing that stuff. You may not have to win the. You know, they should have iced the game. It was crazy. I mean, it's good science. They were still in the game. That's, ten yeah. ten line breaks, and they still managed to. Um, so I think that. Defensively, they need to stay on top of that rough edge that they had over the last few years. I think they've definitely improved attacking-wise. Um, some positives out of the game. I thought Dylan Brown was fantastic. 185 metres, 68 post-contact. A try-assist, so five tackle breaks, 22 tackles, only one miss, one line-break assist, one offload. I thought it was really good. Um, Quality. Cool, calm, collected. He's oh, a don't, cool say that word. don't say that cool word. Look sharp. Apparently, we only <laughs> like him because he's cool. That's oh, what's, really? Yeah. Um, I thought... Uh, Front row, I was a little bit... Um, I thought they could have been a bit better. I, they usually win that battle, Paulo and, and Regan Campbell-Gillard. Personally, yeah. Um, 
and I'm a huge, you know, Paulo fan, but, you know, 98 metres, I think that we all know Paulo can do fucking way more than mm. that. Uh, Regan, 126 metres. I think it was just, this is just a one-off, like a one-off for Pen- Penrith, uh, sorry, for Para Eels, because I, I can't see them missing this many tackles again. I'd be surprised. I'd also say, too, round two is hard, because if you play a team that lost in round one... True. Fuck, they're going to be up for it. Yep. And Bounce Shark back Park week too. is a mm. thing at Shark Park. As I said, I feel sorry for some teams when they get certain matchups. I felt a bit sorry for Parramatta that they lend. Put it this way, I think there's a lot of other teams that if they played the Sharks on Saturday, would have been yeah, heaps right. worse than 18 to 16. Oh, for sure, for sure. Again, this is all coming from a perspective of I think they can take a step into being Storm. Yep. And put it this way, I don't see uh, Penrith or Storm dropping that game if, in the, if they're in the same position. Yeah, it's fair. five to go. They're up by four points. I don't see them dropping that game. And the reality with power is that if they're not taking that next step, what are they doing? Yeah. For sure. And this is the year to do that. Yeah. Um, so this is not coming from a position of like, this is me having uh, huge wraps on para. I think they actually can take that step this year. Huge wraps on para. It's just, I, I do believe when they look back at all the games they should have won or lost over the year, this will probably be one where they go, you know what? If we had gone to Shark Park and just iced that, that would have built into the year so well for us to get that win. So, and it's a perfect example of where Parramatta are at because if there was, there's eight other teams in this comp that if they lost by two points to Cronulla, you'd say, "Fuck, that was a really good effort." Yeah, for sure. You know, for sure. Like just oh, look, I see Para actually started the year, you know, really well, and their squad for me, players that need to be playing really well, um, are playing really well. If if I'm comparing this Para to last year's Para, then I say, yeah, two point loss at Shark Park, all good. But I'm comparing this Para to you know, challenging for a premiership. Parra you want them to be. Yeah. Parra they, yep. they want them to be. And the power they should be. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, It'll be interesting to see the reaction this week, especially in defence. Yeah, I, I think Parra in for a fucking big, mm. big week. A big week. Uh, who else? Yeah, as I said, I thought Will Penasini in defence, uh, outside of, you know, one or two missed tackles, I thought he was really strong. Dylan Brown, really good. I thought that try and half time showed what they can do for a team that has struggled to have that extra flair, that extra punch, to go chip, uh, tap on lovely. Tap on That's incredible yeah. So uh, If I'm an Eels fan I don't worry whatsoever I'm not sitting there You know Being concerned uh, But I am I guess Really watching How they react to this yeah, Really 100%. watching How they react to this Because it was a game They could have won I'm sure Eels fans were yeah. Billy disappointed That try they scored On half time oh. like, As it always has been But isn't it just crack, Alarm right. bells When the markers Are on the floor Yeah You just know If they don't Sometimes. score now They should score The next one Yeah um, what else we got here? That any, any other players that stood out for you that went right? I thought uh, Makatoa, he's really been an underrated good player. Mm. Comes off the bench, rips and tears. Uh, you know, you look at him here. He played uh, 31 minutes, 116 meters, 14 tackles, only two misses. Uh, the thoughts on Nathan Brown? Do you think that he will get? It's interesting that Mattis isn't playing, and Oregon Kafusi still gets the start over Brown. Thoughts on that? Yeah, well, Brown obviously had surgery in the offseason, so I don't know if they're just easing him mm. back in. I'm not sure, but I, I thought Kafushi was pretty good, to be fair. Um, Do you think having Jake Arthur on the bench and not playing him is good for the team? I don't. I Yeah. I, you know, you, you've made this point a number of times to me. I think the best thing for Jake Arthur would be to be playing 80 minutes. Absolutely. In Reggie's Steering the team around. Yep. yep. I'm surprised that, you know, maybe if they had an extra forward on the bench... Maybe that's um, or an extra hooker. That's what could have been the difference. Uh, yeah. I, I just if you if you're going to have Arthur on the bench, you've got to find a way to play him because he needs to get experience. But me personally, I would be having Arthur. 
it's tough though because then the argument against that could be like, well, head knocks, all that kind of stuff. If we lose a half and bring him on, we're seen as geniuses. Mm. But I think it's better for Arthur if he is go, goes back to New South Wales Cup, is the key man. Like, your, this is your team, lead them around. Because players always want to play NRL, but the, the value of playing a full season of Q Cup or New South Wales Cup, you learn a lot in that. that. Yeah. And your body gets hardened from that footy. And it's never been more valuable than right now because Jake Arthur hasn't position. played as much footy as he should have the last mm. two years. Absolutely. And what if what if Moses or Brown goes down injured in two or three weeks, such would hope they don't, he'll have no match fitness and no playing there. So uh, going to be an interesting decision. I understand why you would put him there, especially when, you know, I didn't think he played poorly last week. It'd be very hard for him to lose his spot. Uh, but I do think it more, if you had another forward there, you'd probably have quite a bit more. And I think in the future you have Bryce and or Maddo, and I think he can be your guy that can mm. cover. Are they both injured right now? Maddo is. Did, did Bryce play? I, I, I'm, no, I'm, no, I'm he didn't not, play. I think he did, yeah. So I think if you have he one of those two, 18th, okay. If you have one of those two, uh, that makes a big difference yeah. for me. Look, I think if Bryce is in that t- team, he can cover the halves role if he has to. Yeah. And he, he could cover centre, he can cover in the right. So it's going to be interesting to see what uh, Brad does with that rotation. Again, I can understand why he would have it. I personally would much rather put him in New South Wales Cup and say, look, mate, your goal this year is to win a comp in New South Wales Cup. And then come into first grade next year if, if we need you. Yeah. Uh, anyone else impress you, Shandor? Um, that was it. Really, I just I, I think I think Moses is a big key for them as well. I thought he he had some special touches, but again, when I when I look at how they play and their style of attack, I think he, he it relates back to Cherry Evans with Manly. Like he just has to be on all the time. Mm. You know what I mean? So he's so integral to them, but. Those two, those two are key. Dylan Brown, just as I said, is just silky. I yeah. love, I love I, watching him. I think he's having the best year of his mm. career so far. First two rounds, 185 metres. Like, that's nothing to sneeze at. And the amount of times where he would have a half-line break, or, or like it just creates so much worry in the defensive just line. Just always like, a threat when he's got the ball. Fucking hell, can this six stop? Because <laughs> if you're, you're, you're at three, or you're a centre, or you're a, a back rower, you're sitting there going, fuck, like, can you just pass the ball? Because now I have to be constantly on. And you're legitimately actually thinking yeah, that. <laughs> you literally, just pass the ball, mate. Let, let the wingers take care of it. But he's running hard lines like a big back rower. Um, so well, and, like, respectfully to Jake Arthur, how different did they look last week when they moved Dylan Brown to centre? Mm. Dylan Brown is a top tier six, in my yep. opinion. Yeah. Top tier six. Um, and he's still so young. I, I, I think you get a lot of benefit of going Arthur to, you know, reserve grade and, and just letting him run a team. Yep. Um, but be interesting Again I still think the Eels can I think they're a premiership threat Right now this year I really do I think if you watch the game Against Penrith last year Where they lost by two points uh, I really believe That they have the cattle And this is the year That they could make their push Not sure if they'll Actually win it But I am confident to say That if, I, if I'm playing the Eels Regardless if I'm Penrith Storm I'm not 100% I'm not even it's not an easy decision to pick against the Eels in a finals no. run. Even last year, they beat the Storm when it counted. Yeah, yep. they beat them twice. Yeah. They beat them twice. And I don't... The Eels, like... I think last year was the best year they had, even yeah, though they yeah. struggled a bit at the end. Um, this year, I think they're an even better footy side. And so I do believe their premiership threats this side. Now, on to... The Cowboys. Wow. Uh, just breaking news on Canberra. Josh Hodgson has been ruled out for the whole year. Wow. No way. So he's gone back to training, like to rehab the knee, and they found uh, more instability. So he needs to have an ACL reconstruction no. due to a partial tear. They were saying something about that. So partial tear. Fuck. 
Fuck, that's fucked. Mate, that's like, he loves the club and that's easy. He will never play for the club again. That no. was his last game for the Raiders. Fuck. That's and sad, this man. is a classic situation. I know fans get shitty with players signing Sam, a year early. Yeah. Sam Ellie? No, no, I'm saying like for Josh Hodgson, if he wasn't already signed with Parramatta, oh, wouldn't be imagine him trying to get a contract now with a yeah, bung ACL. Nah, you're totally right. And this is where players have got to take care of themselves. Yep, be heading yeah. home. Yeah, absolutely. That's a, that's a really good point. Like, it sucks that they signed so, signed so far out, but again, if he didn't, he'd be struggling he'd be for screwed. a contract. Yep. He'd be on a minimum probably coming out of this year. Mate, best wishes to Hodgson. Yeah. It sucks that his Raiders career ends like that. Really, really does suck. Um, yeah, so now on to Cowboys versus Raiders. Uh, also want to send our best wishes to Mitch Dunn, obviously mm. doing his ACL, hopefully uh, swift recovery. Mate, I think that Dearden's form right now is why Townsend was purchased. You look at their combination, and yes, they looked not very good last week. La- Last week, I was like, fuck, Cowboys don't look good. Like, they really, really struggled. I wasn't giving enough credit to how good the Bulldogs look, and I was just basing that off last year. Um, The Cowboys obviously played much better than they played last week, but, look, I think that Townsend did, and they're actually building something pretty special there. Not, you know, not world beaters, but, fuck, I I was impressed. Mm. I was really impressed uh, with their performance, and I think Dearden... He looks like he's enjoying his footy. He looks confident. He's getting the ball at the right times. And you even saw vision in the, the, the sheds after of, you know, Townsend talking to them. You could see the bond they have. It's working. It's yeah. working. And Dearden is getting confidence. And he's a guy whose confidence was absolutely oh, decimated at the Imagine. Broncos. Imagine being the Broncos and you're the next Lockie or whatever, and you're just getting pounded into the earth of, like, article after article and you're getting put in reserve grade you're getting you're not getting offered a contract all that kind of no stuff which way is you're playing good footy you know there's no that. way and then you go up to the cowboys who are also struggling so first of all massive congratulations to Dearden for yeah. having the mental strength to push mm. through this bullshit uh and this is why townsend was purchased you know i think um the amount of people putting shit on townsend when he got signed i just like do you guys understand he won a premiership and played well doing it? Yeah, he was a key role. And also... He's got leadership in him too. 100%. 2018-19, he won the club's player of the year. Mm. Townsend may not be, you know, he may not be Nathan Cleary or whatever, but at the end of the day, he's a, an elite half yeah. that I think a lot of clubs would benefit from having him there. I think people look at Chad and go, oh, there's better guys out there. And then if you get him to sit down and write a list... Of the better half. Yeah, there really aren't that many. (laughs) And they're the best of the best. Yeah, they're the best of the best. They're worth an absolute mozza. And respectfully to them, you know, only a handful of them have actually won a premiership. How many premiership winning halves are there in the comp? Hughes, Cleary, DCA won over a decade ago. Yeah. Yeah. Chad Reynolds. Like it's not really that many. There's not many. And also he's he's such a good bloke. He's not gonna be a dickhead off the field. He's going to instill good values to your players. He trains his ass off. That's one thing that he's always had is his, uh, his training ethic. And, and I just think that you can see it. Well, I can, although I was surprised Drinkwater didn't make it, I probably still would have Drinkwater in the side at a 14. Yeah, I but I can understand Peyton's thinking now. I can understand that it's all about combinations. Remember back when uh, Cleary was looking for a partner? And Burton probably played better than Luai in his first grade debut. And a lot of the fans were like, Burton needs to be his half. He's a guilty. Yep. You know, yeah, you're probably the same. And, yep. and it's fair enough. And I was saying at the time, 
Burton may have played better, but halves pairings is all about the pairing. Yeah. You look at, for example, Cody Nicarima and Anthony Milford, both really good players by themselves, but together they just didn't mix. Hunt and Milford were much better. And you look at Luai and Cleary, even though Luai went on to play incredibly well, and, and but that combination of mm. playing together, it's so fucking value and also having that rapport. And I think that we're seeing Dearden and Townsend they just have a rapport. Like, they just seem to work really well together, which is strange because I was guilty of it. I'm, I'm sure you probably were yeah. too. I thought they were too similar. Well, yeah. that's what I was going to yeah. say, but maybe that's actually bonded them closer together Absolutely. because they are similar. One's older, one's younger. They would have had a lot of work-ons together, a lot of time spent together. And, you know, I think it's slightly underrated Dearden's ability outside of the traditional halfback stuff. I think he's got... He's got a bit of a running game. I think he's got an impact outside of the halfback stuff, and you can lean heavily on Chad Townsend for that. So, mate, you might be right. Scotty Drinkwater is so different so to those two. Crazy that he's – man, if I'm a club, oh, I'm sniffing yeah, around Drinkwater definitely. immediately. He's got huge potential. And, you know, I'm sure the shadow of Drinkwater, them both knowing that he's waiting to come into this side, helps that'll only be helping them. That'll, Absolutely. That'll be it's always healthy yeah. to have that. Um, so, mate, I, again, last week I was like, fuck, it's going to be a long year for the Cowboys. And this, you know, we, we don't know if this is going to uh, you know, be consistent, but I thought they looked absolutely fantastic last night. Probably the best they've looked in three, three years. Uh, I'd be willing to bet they haven't opened a season with 12 points conceded in the first two weeks. In True. No, I, no I wouldn't be surprised if it's ever, to be honest mm. with you. Yep. Yep, I will say fair. this, obviously the Cowboys, they, they look very impressive now. They haven't left North Queensland yet. Yeah, true. So there are plenty of challenges uh, still to come for them. But, I mean, I Canberra scored one try, CHN scored, and it was just because Nanai, being a young head, just mm. lacked a bit of urgency. Mm. Like, he, he'll never do that again. Mm. So, I mean, if you take out that one little lapse of concentration, all of a sudden the Raiders are on a duck egg. It's a... It's a 30-0 victory to the Cowboys. Yeah, it's, it was it's a really massive. impressive performance. I want to speak about Nana quickly. He is so, so fucking impressive. Um, but definitely needs to sort his D out. Yeah. Definitely needs to sort his D out. Missed 10 tackles. Yeah, well. Ouch. Um, and the one that he conceded the try on probably doesn't even count as a missed tackle. tackle. And so with a guy like that, games like this can actually really help because they got the win, so he's not getting pizzled yes. know, by the fans. But internally, Peyton would be like... When you, he literally, he was selecting on defence. Games like this can really help young guns because it can just, I hate to say put them in their place because it's like, you know, but he, you know, he was a, a team, in the team of the week last week for a lot of people. Just bring them back down to earth. Just, yep, just yeah. make them realise yeah, like yeah, this yeah. is a week in, week yeah. out. Like 10, 10 missed tackles should never happen again in your career, especially with how good you are. Um, and I think Nanai is truly one of the best young back rowers in the comp. I think he's still 18 or 19. Wow. He's definitely still a teenager. Uh, and so I actually think this will do him a world of good and make him work on certain things in his game that he probably, if he was still playing New South Wales or Q Cup, he probably wouldn't work on this kind of stuff because he would just be killing it. Yeah. Whereas in, in uh, NRL, it will force him to be like, oh, you know what? I mean, we're all guilty of it. When you first came in, I'm sure there were like, I didn't want to work on my defence. Like I just mm. wanted to fucking score tries and do all the good shit mm. or like scoots and that. And then you get a couple years in and you go, you know what? That's actually the shit you got to work on the most. You had a similar situation? 100%. And I think uh, it, it took a long time for even me to be around an environment where that was the focus as opposed to what was celebrated, the highlights or the big moments or the tries. But for him to take on, if, if he can get the reaction early, it's probably happened at the best time rather than in 10 rounds. Yeah, so for sure. 
great game last week, but if he can take that on, um, he's, he's going to be a good player. It's going to be interesting with the Cowboys losing Mitch Dunn. I think that's a bigger one than what it comes across. Yeah, he's, he, feel, he he's fills a, a gap for me. Yeah, he feels a, he, he's got a bit of ball playing mm. in him as well. All of a sudden, I think Ruben Cotter will now become more important sort of in that role through the middle. But it also means that your, your Nanai, your Highland Lukey, they've now, now got to fill the minutes of Mitch Dunn. Mm. Um, so, yeah, they've got plenty of challenges still in front of them, Cowboys. But every test so far, they've passed it. Yeah, look, and it's... You know, the good thing is, is Peyton had a plan coming into the year. And the plan was, I'm selecting a team on defense. They've only conceded 12 points. If you can go through the whole year like that, you're not going to finish on the bottom of the table, that's for sure. You well, may mate, not be a well-beater, but... Yeah. If, if the fullback was onside off that kick, if he was a foot behind, all of a sudden, they're 2-0. Oh, yeah. And we're, you know... Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, who else played really well? I mean, Hamiso... Big moments. He seems to, to get the job done. Probably still needs to work on his defence a little bit, but he's showing his class. I think it's the second week. Uh, what I would say, I probably want a bit more involvement from him. Yep. Mm. Uh, although he had a lot of metres last week, he only had 11 runs. And I think if you want to be a top-tier fullback in today's game, you need to be hitting 20 minimum. Minimum. Especially with a guy like Hamiso, because you imagine his hands on the ball 20 times. You almost you almost can guarantee yourself another try or a try assist. That's how good he is. Um I think uh, so. Oh, the other one I thought was really good, Peter Hicker. Yeah, he's so underrated. Yeah, so he underrated. is. He can so just underrated. do shit that other like that try that he set up off the bouncing ball, the kick. Like he's silky. Yeah, yeah. say it's lucky or whatever, but Hicker does this stuff all the time. Mm. He's another guy from the Warriors that. Yeah. I think they lost. So Herbert was at the Warriors. Yep. And Hicker was at Hicker at the Warriors, and they were coming through, and they were both like really good. Like I, I thought they were really good at the Warriors, and they both lost them to obviously other clubs. Hicko Hicko at the Warriors. Towards the end as well, was playing real, and it was a real big reason why they didn't just get towed up. Yeah. He was playing five eight a few games, yep. and he was doing everything. Absolutely. Um, no, I agree. I think Hiku was silky. I think Valentine Holmes is growing into this position. Yeah, I really do. And I mean, is that a fucking surprise? Is that yeah. a surprise? <laughs> Valentine Holmes. Um, you've got Jordan McLean. You know, he was solid. Uh, yeah, Chad Townsend and uh, Dearden for me were the real standouts. So I just thought they looked so composed. They look like they're pairing really well. Um, you look at uh, Deed and he made six tackles only missed he didn't miss any um, yeah I, I really I was really impressed um, Kyle felt fuck he just like goes about his business eh? I know he didn't have the best debut in origin but I wouldn't like don't hold that against him fans you gotta remember that game was a record loss for, for yeah. Queensland Wingers are, are just, they're a slave to however your team goes, really. Like, for very a, rarely as a winger. 100%. For a lot of the situation. Like, Kyle Felt's a veteran. He's, I've played against him yep. heaps of times. You always know it's going to be tough. He's 100%. a great ball carrier. Uh-huh. He can finish a try, up, down, whatever. Whatever he's you want. He's a quality player. So, yep. yeah, he's, he's a nice... I almost feel like that. You have to wonder whether they're shying Hammersell away from um, any it's of right. the... Too labour intensive stuff. Yeah, I don't okay. know. I feel like they're much more prioritising his injection. Yeah, okay. Rather, but as you said, you just can't. You can't really have your fullback mm. having 10, 10 I see what you mean. Carries. Like he's a Ferrari. Mm. You don't want him getting absolutely mm. belted doing all the shit stuff. And it's it's not as if he's built yeah. for it either. Yeah, for sure. But I think they just need to find a little bit of a better balance, balance. or maybe just create more plays for him mm. where he's got a bit of space. But I see what you mean, though. You don't want him doing a bunch of shit hit ups. Like some people have got bodies for it. Like Teddy's got a body for yeah. it. Tommy's a big boy. Charles is a big boy. Um, it's a good point. That's a good point. You probably don't want to bang him up. Uh, now, so, so great signs for Cowboys. 
Uh, what's also good is all three Queensland teams got the W. Hey. Yeah, good. Has that happened? When's the last time oh, that mate, has happened? Fuck, quite a while. For just quite just a while. on the Cowboys. So I thought it was great to see them. They won without Tamalolo running for 400 fucking metres. I thought he was good too. I, I thought he was good. Yeah. But I thought considering what Tamalolo can do, Canberra did a reasonably good job on him. Mm. And even though Tamalolo wasn't the no, you know, the best player on the field by a country mile, they still they still scored 26 points and they won, which I, at the start of the year, I couldn't see a world where the Cowboys win a game if Tamalolo wasn't. Oh, for sure. Again. And I think, um, you know, for a while now, nearly, you know, probably six months, I've been saying, I don't understand why Peyton is making this sacrifice. Like, I, un- I sorry, I do understand why he's doing it. I don't agree with it. I don't agree that you need to, you know, only give uh, Tamalolo a certain amount of minutes so that, you know, other people buy in and then you can create a different system rather than the old one. But to be honest, last night was probably the first example we saw of what Peyton is trying to do and the benefits of that. And that's mm. a team that could score a bunch of points with Tamalolo not being relied on so heavily. So you've got to give Peyton rap. Now, he needs to do that for a whole year, as in the team needs to do that for a whole year. Yeah. But I think that this was a... You've got to give Peyton a rap where he's been working towards this kind of game for a whole year now with a lot of naysayers saying, you need to get Tamalolo on there for fucking 70 minutes and you know busting through a bunch of tackles. Uh, but we saw a team, just like the Knights, for example, that was about able to put on a bunch of points with Tamalolo just doing a solid job, you know, 150 metres, um, 24 tackles, zero misses abouts. So, yeah, I agree. So fair play to Peyton. Hope, hopefully we're, we're finally seeing the fruits of his labour and maybe we're looking back on 2021 as, um, you know, he was the one that was right. Mm. He, he, he was willing to go through a bit of pain mm. to get out the other side and uh, become a, b- a better side. So hopefully that is the case. Now, Raiders. Uh, just, just one thing, Guru, um, we're going back to 1998 for the last time the Cowboys conceded less than 12 in the first two rounds. Wow. So 18-8 to Adelaide Rams and then 26-2 to the Bowman. Fair play to Peyton then. That's fucking fair play. Yep. Fair play. Um, it's not a bad start. Uh, now, on to the Raiders. Thoughts? Yeah, very... Uh, Poor Raiders. Very 2021, isn't it? It's... Uh, yeah. What's it doing? Fuck, I was... <laughs> Oh, man, I was all I was all about him so last, year, yeah. last week. Last week yeah. Ricky jumping around, he got Mate, me pumped up, and then he got oh. me. I was on the fucking, I was on the Ricky Ricky train, <laughs> and then we come back this year and this week, and it's I know they missed. Um, I mean, it, it shows you how much they missed uh, Schneider. But I, I Mate, just, I, I still don't think they win if they have Schneider. Yeah, they no, look, I, they, I they agree. Awful. I so, agree. I don't know what the issue is as well. It's it's something that I just I don't know what the issue is. Nah. I can't pinpoint it and be like, you know, here is, you know, they need to do this better, they need to do this better. It's just doesn't seem to be working for them. Um, you know, you look at their, their their back line, you know, Chan's only ran for 76 metres. Uh, I mean, their backs, like James Schiller played 66 minutes and ran for 77, uh, 17 metres. <sighs> Yeah, I don't know. Sebastian Chris rose for the most, ran for the most metres as 119 for the Bucks. Like, their go forward, their whole back row. They're young, that crew. Yeah. Their whole back row, <coughs> Hudson Young, 59 metres. Corey Huttawiranaira, 53 metres. Mm. Elliot Whitehead, 63 metres. Um, the only person that really, you know, went over the 100 was uh, Papali'i, 112, and uh, Tarpane, 130. It's just, yeah. They're just not um, getting the meters. 
with running hard. It just seems to be the simple things that they, some weeks they just go, fuck it. It's inconsistencies. Yeah, 56, it's 56% completion. Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> There's your answer right there. You're not winning nothing on that. No way. 40, 44% uh, possession. Um, missed tackles. They actually went really well. 19 missed tackles. So it's completion. That's it. There's your answer. Fuck. 56% completion. Jesus. And they were a team that's been quite notorious for building pressure. Yeah. Yep. That's it's I mean, sort that's, of changed yeah. the game a little bit, whether it's kicking into corners or sacrificing that fifth tackle play in the corner of the field. But... <laughs> Just I mean, going back to basics. Yeah, there's your answer. Mm. It's uh, completing at that. Do you think it's the hot weather in in uh, North Queensland? That, but that's part of the game. That's, yeah. that's footy. You've, You've got, got to get up to it. You got to. They had a, they had a week to prepare. They you know they knew they were going to North Queensland early in the year. You got. To I don't know what they're doing to prepare for the games now. I remember one year, uh, Fernsey, We trained in. We all trained in black rubbish bags. Oh and, really? Uh, <laughs> they soaked the balls up for the Queensland Fuck game. Fucking hell! So far, yeah, this is full on. Um, <laughs> Yeah, man. They only completed 18 sets the whole game. They're their own worst enemy. You can, you can blame weather, blame whatever you want. They're their own worst enemy. Yeah, mate. I, I if can. you're a Raiders fan, you just don't want to watch that inconsistent footy every week. Get this team one week, get this team yeah. the next week. I mean, these guys were premiership grand finalists, what, two years ago now? Mm. And now it's just like you just don't know what you're going to get with them. They're almost like similar to the Warriors when they were struggling. It's like one week, wow. Next week, like is this the same team? Um, Who have the Raiders got this week, Matty? That'd be such a fun game. <laughs> it's going to be a good game. game. Fuck, it's a great game. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> is it? Do you think the players aren't buying into Sticky? Do you think that is? Uh, I told you they were seven days ago, so God knows. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we all thought yeah. they were back on, back on track. Yeah. Back on track, but... What was your opinion on the, the winger and centre pairings? Tomoko, I really like. Mm. You just had a quiet game. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. It, this, if I'm looking just at the stats and then also the completion, it seems like a tired footy side that that wasn't out there, you know, with a zest and with a, a game plan. Like 56% completion. Like I, haven't, I can't remember the last time I saw that. Mm. You know, um, Rabbitohs, they were like, what, 65? And we were like saying how bad that was. Uh, with this, I just... It seems like a, a tired footy club, a tired footy team, but I don't know. I've got no information. So this is going to be a hard one to talk about because I just don't know, you know, where's the shining light from it. It was just a, a, a pretty poor outing for the boys. Yeah, it was. It's after something so great last week, fighting all the way back in to beat a shark side that's red hot. Um, it's, uh, I, I don't know what to say about Canberra. And I, I feel like I could watch another two months of footy from Canberra and I still might not know what to say. Like they, they, they can pull this performance out of their ass whenever. Mm. And it's just... And that's that's just the thing, though. Like, they had a real identity two years ago. You knew yeah. they were tough, didn't respect no one, weren't niggly, but they just didn't... Like, whoever you were, fuck... It almost insulted them that you were you. Like, you, every time they played the Storm, they would go down there yeah. and it was almost like... It was Ricky Stewart to a T. Fuck you. Just, a, just fuck you. Mm. Whereas now, it, it just doesn't seem they have that same attitude. And like, what I mean by that, it's kind of like the, the attitude area of like wrestling, attitude era of wrestling, of that just that fuck you attitude. Mm. I think they've kind of lost that a little bit, that mm. kind of fuck you, they chip on my shoulder. Because that's what Ricky was all about. I don't know chip how many people are driving that right now there. 
that's that's I'm looking and seeing that. But the other thing is, to your point, when they were having that success, they were at a foundation level. They were the best at it in the game in yeah. terms of pressure mm-hmm. and dominating line speed. Like they were doing it the best. They got a, they, you know, they reached a grand final off the back of it. Yeah, off the back of getting in people's faces. And it didn't matter whether you're playing the Storm or the, the team at the bottom of the table. It's almost like they had a disdain for They disliked you. Yeah. Um, and just the passion they were playing with. Whereas at, at the moment, they see. if I'd like had to guess, it's like they look like they'd just done a massive fitness session the night before. And they've been like, or they did a massive contact session and all that aggression was like taken out of them. You know what it's like yeah. when you train too hard during the week, you get to game day and you don't want to bash anyone. You don't mm. want to run hard. You're just like, mm. um, Well, I mean, unless we put it down to, you know, a tough, a, a tough fight back against the Sharks and then a trip up to North Queensland, but we'll have to wait and see what they produce this yeah. week. Honestly, oh, apologies, Raiders fans. There's just not much we can say. Anything but, could happen next yeah. week. I... Well, I can't. We can't. I can't give you any insight because it's just guessing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like all I can look at that. Obviously, completion needs to be better. I think any fan that watches rugby league can say that. But anything outside of that, like if I was to say, "Oh, Ricky has lost the playing group," it's like I don't know that. Like that's nah. just nonsense. Like I don't fucking no know at that at all. Maybe they absolutely love him and it's just a flat day. Um, the training thing—that's just a massive guess. I don't know if they're over training. They could be under training. That could be the issue. Mm. Um, so I really just sorry, Raiders fans. There's not really much more insight I can give to you. That game next week, though, they take on the Titans. It's in Canberra, but they have to man up there in defence. Oh yeah, if, if they if they, they allow mean. these kids to come down there and put forty Ooh. points on them in Canberra, yeah, yeah, it's not a manly scenario, but it's it's a big deal. They, that it's home game, form, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. It's going to set the tone for the next and few rounds. What's really interesting is like I think Whiten is playing great footy. Yeah, eight tackle breaks. You know, 18 tackles, only two missed. He was very aggressive in um, defence. He's on another level at the moment. Yeah, he's, he's great. And so, yeah, he had a, a couple of errors, but, yeah. Uh, I, so it's not like, oh, their key man, their main man is, is not playing well or not having a crack. So, yeah, sorry, Raiders fans. I, I really don't know what else to say. I really don't know. So hopefully there's a bounce back next week and they can grow from that. Now, on to Knights v. the Tigers. Yo. I just want to take my hat off to Clifford and Clune. Yeah. I cannot believe how good they've been playing. And I will say it. I said it last week and I'll say it again. I didn't expect this from them. I, I thought they were both good first graders. I thought Clune was bought as depth. How wrong was I? He looks incredible. And he's such a good example of a bloke that just needed a chance. Now, it's a long season, but he has been crucial to them. He looks unreal. And they just look like they've got, you know, exactly how they're playing. They've got a direction. They know where to get on the field. And uh, yeah, Clune has just been, like, Clifford has gone to a whole other level and that's all off the back of Clune. He's with a nine that, you know, Randall is young as well. Like, that spine is young as shit. They didn't even have Ponga on the weekend. Mm. They didn't have their two front rowers either. Two front rowers. I thought that was going to be the one where, you know, they come out, they win the first round, they go back home, Tigers, oh, they lose. Oh, okay, same old Knights, but without Ponga. So they've gone strength to strength. But I think, Guru, you mentioned it. We were speaking about it before. Piercy's a big, a great clubman and would have had a massive contribution there. But has him leaving opened the door for other people to step so. up and take ownership of their lane? You know what I mean? That, that for me, is a clear directive to the progression of Clifford. Yep. No. I, and you know what? I was a huge, like, letting go of Pierce was a bad call. Mm. Like, that's, that was my uh, opinion on the situation. Mm. So far, I'm 100% wrong. Like, so far... 
that's the wrong call and they got it right. Yeah. Mate, Jake Clifford on form right now, he's a top five player in this competition. He's equal to Dally M. He's leading so the he Dally M. He's got six points. Yeah. Incredible. It, I just massive raps to the Knights um, staff and the admin to start the year like this. They're 2-0. So, like, you know, these early wins, speaking of Smithy last week, he was like, some, some clubs, like, can, they're okay with starting slow. But... A club like the Knights, if you can bank these early the wins, momentum, yo. mate, it takes you so far because the pressure isn't there then. You, you, might, you can drop a few and you can always come back. And maybe Joey has had an effect. You know, he's, he's oh, coming in a coaching role mate. from the horse's mouth. He's got a big rap on Clune, which is, you know, can't get a better... Yep. Uh, you're not going to get better words from the man himself, Joey. So maybe he's had an impact as well, spending genuine time there in a, in a full-time or a part-time coaching role. Dane Gagai playing career best. Yeah, he is playing career signing. best football right great now. Great signing. And what is mental is Rabbitohs didn't want to, didn't see the value in keeping it. You, you can see how good Gagai has been for Newcastle. You can also see how good he was for Souths with how they're going on that. Yeah. Absolutely. Right now. Like Absolutely. You can see the gap at South Sydney and the gain at Newcastle. The gain at Newcastle is also on their right edge, which traditionally they play a lot of their footy down the left mm. side. And for Gagai to be doing what he's doing, his stats on the weekend, one try, 160 metres, a line break, a line break assist, try assist, and 11 tackle breaks. Yeah, that's, that's if you would have said to me three, three weeks ago, he'll do that in the first three rounds, I would have said, oh, that's a pretty good knock. And right. he gives he gives Ponga genuine options on both yeah, sides yep. now, which is crucial. And just just the like the tough carries out of your half, the the leadership in the back mm. line, like get get on me back, boys. Mm. Like to think that Bradman Best has taken a back seat to, to Gagai, and fair enough, he's still a rookie. It's just the the fact that they have two of these attacking weapons in their centers is massive. I'm just yeah, massive uh raps to the Knights. So again, I did not see this coming. Absolutely wrong. Uh and they deserve all the credit. All the love they get this year, if they continue going on this route, they deserve all the raps they get. 100%. All the raps they get. From the um, outside in too, I don't know if the timing was that great with Dane Gagai's last stint in Newcastle. Mm. I think this suits him a lot better oh, to come back, yeah. given, given where he's at with his football in life. I think it's much better suited. And to your point, I think he probably has taken a leadership role there. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And it's just, it's crazy to think that like, he probably wanted to stay at the Rabbitohs, I assume. And actually, could you, Matty? You're obviously a a, a Rabbitohs uh, bandwagon fan. What did? How did he leave? He's <laughs> <laughs> um, got the tattoo. I think. Committed. Yeah, didn't didn't they? They just Stick didn't up. offer him enough, wasn't it? I'm pretty um, sure he wanted to stay. Like he would have stayed if they. Can you, can you Google? I like, will Google it. Yeah, could you Google that, please? Um, you're obviously a fake fan because you'd know if you fucking <laughs> weren't. Um, but my understanding was they weren't willing to offer him a two to three year deal. Like two two year deal maybe, yeah, wow, and and also pay wise, and the Knights for them to see that, like you could even argue the Knights signing him, is it a risky signing? He's thirty two years old. I actually thought it was a great signing because their outside backs, you know, struggled so much they with errors and that. Hundred percent needed it. Um, he's just I cannot believe how good he's been playing. I cannot believe how good all of them are playing. Mm. And so I got mail yesterday, and you'll be able to f- confirm this, Kangaroo, Penrith's. Strength and conditioning, head of strength and conditioning for the last two years at least, was signed by the Knights. Hayden Knowles. Yeah. Hayden yeah. Knowles. He's gone. And so now he's at the Knights. Very good at what he does. Yeah. And uh, Patrick Lane, who's who he's more head of performance. Yeah. Hayden Knowles, their strength and conditioning coach. Yeah. I believe would have had a big impact. You know, I'm, I'm a bit nerdy in this space, but he's come from the Roosters. Yeah. Okay. So he's a gun as well. So you go to the gym. <laughs> Doesn't look like it. <laughs> He'll be thinking about that for three weeks now. <laughs> well, well, Paddy, like, he's quite often 
SBWs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Calls no, he's, training and he's everything. Legit. No, he's proper, but yeah. it just again, those we keep we keep coming back to this, which is interesting. I suppose it's early in the season, but a lot of the things we're talking about that having the biggest impact is cultural or recruitment mm. or the impact of standards. Like those, they just uplift. They've both come from high performance environments, winning teams. That's going to have a flow and effect of your training. You know, your games are eighty minutes a week. If these guys are training together and the yeah. standards are high, the culture's good, the vibes and energy. Joey comes in. Maybe the signs are there a little bit more obvious than we thought. Yeah, you know, hindsight when you look at it as well, because like I, we always say about the Panthers, I want to see their fitness program. How the fuck are they getting such line speed? How do they have guys that are 110 kilos with crazy anaerobic and aerobic capacity mm. plus explosive? And also, how did they, you know, to get up for two years in a row and, you know, essentially go undefeated, I don't know they lost one or two games, your strength and conditioning has to be the best in the game best in the game and I think it's pretty evident with the guys also that have left Penrith in that time respectfully to them they aren't playing as good footy as when they were there yeah. your Josh Mansells your Tamos these sort of guys I can't like, tell you as a player how important strength and conditioning is mm. you know like we had a guy called Dan Baker at the Broncos and he he was just our gym guy strength, just for strength and conditioning and the level and this is no knock on the Warriors but like the difference of training in the gym with Dan Baker and then going to the Warriors where it was a much more cruisy environment. They didn't have anywhere near the resources. Like, we didn't just have a weights coach. We had a, at the Warriors, we had a guy that covered everything. So he doesn't oh, have the wow. fucking time. This is years ago, so it's a different yeah. time now. And he was, the guy, that guy was really good, but he doesn't have the time to do it all. Whereas at the Broncos, we had a guy specifically for weights and then a guy for the, all the other stuff. And so... The level of training, like you were redlining constantly, like you were constantly pushing out the most you could push out. There was never a session where you're like, ah, oh, fuck it, I'm just going to go easy. 2006, 2005 into 2006, a guy called Dean Benton rolls into the mm. Broncos and he was a hard ass. He's like, a madman, eh? He's a madman. He the ended boys up, of the storm talk about him like, rah, next level, devil. next level. He ended <laughs> up like chilling out a little bit, um, but when he got there, it, it was so hectic. Like he brought in like, um, all of the really heavy stretching with bands. This is 2005, six wasn't really around yeah, then. Wow. Um, really like like stretching that hurt. Whereas like before, mm. it was all just like, oh yeah, fuck whatever. Anyway, he was so like much of a hard ass that you'd be like, hey, you going, mate? And he'd be like, I'm not your mate. And he'd like keep walking, oh, like no. just ruthless. Anyway, <laughs> we end up winning a premiership. But that's how important strength and conditioning is. And I don't think it gets enough wraps as it is. What do you got there, Matty? Oh no, I was just going back to Gagai. You're right. He he Souths couldn't offer him a long term contract. And I suspect that had something to do with the fact that Souths aren't offering, in quotation marks, players over thirty long term contracts. Fuck. What a mistake. I get it. Thirty two long term, but it's not as if he's come off a great year. Yeah, and it's a like new era. The signs era. aren't there. Yeah, it's a new era. Like players aren't as bad. like they they're they're going off that because they got Burnt by Inglis and Burgess, uh, apparently. Like, as in, that's my assumption yeah, why they yeah, choose fair, that. Fair. But you need to look at Burgess and Inglis's career Injuries. and how bashed up they got, mm, yeah. you know, and who was coaching at the time and how, you know, all that kind of stuff. Whereas those gay guy and that haven't been coached and haven't been through the same damage as those guys. Mm. But, you know, fair enough. Who knows? Rabbitohs could be right. It's early in the season. But at the moment, it's looking like the Knights have, you know, yeah, pulled a massive uh, win off. Um, now, onto the players. Uh, look, again, uh, the fact that we've got a team that is Kalen Pongalis scoring 26 points. That's probably the most impressive thing, yeah. Fuck me. It is crazy. Like the Knights. We're talking about a team that struggled to make the eight last year, lost Mitchell Pierce, Kalen Ponga, Braley, Siafidi, Clemmer, and they've gone out and touched up the Tigers and looked mm. good doing it. Mm. 
incredible. That'll do wonders for them mentally, I think. Yeah. Like, I just feel like taking away that perception of reliance on Caelan. Yeah, for sure. Even Piercy, like last last year, for sure those guys stepping up and being able to go front and centre, I think that'll be massive. So I'm excited. I'd, I'd love to see him go three from three for the start of the season. Oh, how, uh, and again, it's great when Newcastle's killing it. Now look at their back line. Every single back line player outside of six and seven ran for over 100 metres. Mm. Bro, they had 30,000 there on Sunday, Arvo. Fuck, that's good. Like, how good's that? That's so fucking good. You know what I mean? And that won't stop if they can keep this momentum. Yeah, who else was really good off the bench? Matty Croker. He, he was massive. Yeah. I didn't realise he was that big. Fuck yeah. it. <laughs> uh, shout out Matty Croker, 257 Collective Podcast. They're the cool guys of the NRL. They are. They're the cool guys. I'm the Magoo of NRL. <laughs> 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 Um, <laughs> Kurt Mann, fuck, he's been a revelation. Mm, I mean, him yeah. at 13. He's you, been the difference for me. Yeah, you, yeah, you almost like, you almost say, fuck, why wasn't this done before? I know last year we were talking about a lot, put Connor there. Um, and I think Connor could do a job for sure. But Kurt Mann at 13, it's almost like he's finally found his call. Yeah, it's just developed that position, now, yep. hasn't it? Like, you go, look, there's both ends of the spectrum. You've either got, you're at the Sharks and you've got your Finucans or your McInnes, and then yep. you've got. Uh, someone like Kurt Mann who plays a role, but it's so good when someone does that right, mm. the way the footy's being played now, and he's good. Like, he proper has an X factor for yep. them. Uh, another guy I really liked, he's young, Leo Thompson. Mm. Good hard ball runner. Uh, look, I think that, you know, if I'm Kalen, again, last year I've gone from probably not going to stay to this looks like a club with a lot of hope. Mm. And it's almost like, Kalen, you should absolutely stay. Look, look where we're headed here. Look, look, look at the. I just, I'm so like Tyson Frizzell. He's been probably the best back row on the. Col- he's been unreal. Tyson. He has yeah. been. He's just fucking unbelievable. I think he's off contract too, so hopefully they can re-sign him. Yeah, I'm just blown away. Clifford to go to the level he's gone to. It's just, it's incredible. I've done a 180 on everything. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I cashed out my wooden spoon bet yesterday. I could buy about three red frogs with what I got back. It was <laughs> I was just concerned with Rostar and then performance. I just, I just wasn't there for me. But after seeing this and then no Kalen, that, f- that was the first big checkpoint. Yeah. I think string a couple of games together over the first, you know, the early 10 rounds. And we might be onto something. It'd be great for the fans. Look at this. You know what? Croker's making my team of the week. Look at this, 34 minutes, 125 metres, 50 post contact, two tackle breaks, one offload, 27 tackles, zero misses. Wow. That's, that's a man who's take, he's taking his chance. Yeah. He doesn't Fuck. want it, you know what that's I mean? Get, that is at least on my bench. That is crazy. I thought he was good, but good 34 minutes. Good on him. Jeez, he's had 13 runs and made 27 tackles in 34 minutes. Good on him. Far out. Absolutely good on him. Tyson what do you reckon Brazil we'll see from Dominic Youngberg? Do you reckon we'll get... Do you reckon there's something that will come Mate, through? You know what's crazy? It's potential. Last year, I was like, that's, nah, yeah. he is not an NRL player. Mm. Last year, that's what I thought. This year, he's tackling, he's D, he's finishing. One of the pickups he did where Gay Guy threw it to the ground and mm. he caught it out there. Yeah, I think he, he's really showing that, you know, sometimes you see big guys like that and you're like, you know, he'll never fulfill his potential because he just... Whatever they've done at that club, fucking fair play to him. Mm. It's been incredible. Tom Young is like he's learned how to make good reads overnight. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. And the, yeah. But the, the star, the people are there, the personnel. Do you think it's yeah. Joey? Well, that's no, helped that. I don't think so. But you got to oh. look at it. The like Eric Smith, who's the assistant coach, yeah. and um, Adam O'Brien, both from the Storm system. This is what I'm telling you. When you come from the Storm, yeah. and you realise how detailed 
and simplified everything is in defense. It doesn't mean it's easy to do. Yeah, just because yeah, I sure. know how to do the defense. But yeah. like, you just have to wonder. You should be seeing that ingrained in these mm. players. You see it when Coates comes. I personally think Coates was way off last year in defense, and yeah. what he oh, did yeah, last night really bad, was really phenomenal. Bad. So, yeah. I think they've just pulled Dominic Young aside and said, like, this is the work on for you. Yep. And we might be seeing the progression through the preseason come into play. So he'll be good if he's if he can kill it for them. That'll be massive. Dane Gagai only missed two tackles. He had five one-on-one tackles in the centre. You know how fucking hard that is in the centre to only miss two when you had five one-on-one tackles? He's just a gun. When he's wow. on, he's 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 the veteran they needed in that back line. Yeah, oh, for sure. Because last year, there were just so many errors. They had like eight errors mm. between them. And it's like, as a back, that's the one thing you offer your teammates is like, okay, if I'm not going to run for 300 metres, I'm not going to make a fucking error. Um, so, yeah, look, I think uh, Lachlan Fitzgibbon, it's hopefully, is it ACL? No, I think it's MCL. Yeah. So, thank thank Tough God for that. Lining, but, mm. yeah. but, you know, he, he had some good moments. But, yeah, Tyson Frizzell for me. Kurt Mann, uh, Adam Clune, I'm just so happy for him because even I just, just wasn't sure. But I think he just – he offers so much direction for them and confidence. And, you know, when, you, when they have their full – like their full team, Saifidi brothers up front, mm. Daniel – Daniel Saifidi, arguably the best prop of last yeah. year, hasn't even played yet. Oh, man. Great signs for Knights. I'm stoked, absolutely stoked for Knights fans. And you, you've got something to look forward to. And right now, if I'm a betting man, I bet that I bet that Kalen stays. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to have to fold on that one too. Just yeah, so I bet I was wrong. Right Being now. elevated to captain. Yep, I think I was wrong. And you know what? They're playing this well and he's captain. Fucking fair knock to Kalen. That doesn't. You can't just be captain and have nothing to do with how we're nah. playing like this. Yeah. So yeah, you see a big improvement. You're captain. You're looking. You're looking ahead. Going. Oh, do I yep. leave now? Yep, for sure, for sure. So great, great signs for they the got, They got Penrith this week. I just thought that'd be what a match. Oh, oh fuck, footy's back Where out at? good. Penrith. It's at Penrith. Yeah, yeah. that'd be tough, man. Oh, sorry, what? no. It's at Bathurst. It's at Bathurst. Bathurst. Okay. What a match, though. What a great game. And Caitlin probably should be back for that. Oh, what a game. Fuck yeah. Uh, how good is it that these uh, these teams that imagine we're, on the we're sitting here and they they've knocked that off, <laughs> right. mate? It's not. I don't think it'd be that based nah. on how they've played. Cleary's I don't think not it's back that yet either. Yeah, clearly not back. Toto just if lost. they knock off the Panthers, uh, fuck we're off. We're starting to get real excited. I'm, move, I'm moving to Newey. I'm moving to Newey. <laughs> Fucking hell! I don't think it'd be allowed in. But anyway, mate, I, you know what's like, as as we said, like Newey with uh, footy killing it. It's it's almost like paradise rugby league. Yeah. Mm. Like if they go, can you imagine they go on a run and you got fucking hot boy uh, KP at the back there, just sexy does as so fuck, much for footy, scoring eh? tries. Like it is, yeah. I might claim. I'm living there. I might claim. The Knights fans, the knockoff Panthers. Um, okay, now on to the Tigers. Uh, what do you think, boys, about the Tigers? Some bad breaking news since we've come on to Hastings got a two week suspension. Oh, right. I yeah. thought he was a bit hard done by there. It was actually often yeah, that pulled him. Yeah. So like if Offengear doesn't pull him there, I don't think he. I think he makes that right. But fair enough. Like it was a dangerous decision. Uh, yeah. So could Thoughts? you imagine if Hastings wasn't there on the weekend? Yeah. Fuck. Very tough. They're in a tough spot, mate. Uh, yeah. Did you see that? That at one point, Fox put up a picture of the top ten run meters from the game. There was nine knights and one tiger. It was Hastings. He was third wow. overall. He ran for 200 metres. He had 60 metres out of dummy half. He's a fucking 5'8". Yeah. If you just take his dummy half metres, he would be in the top echelon of his team's run metres. And that's someone who's just trying to do whatever they can. He's just trying team, to play you know? direct. That's all he's doing. Just have just, Well, there's just no energy. Yeah. There's no zest. 
I've been saying it for a substantial amount of time, but the Tigers, to me, look like a team that train too much. Mm. Uh, they have no energy when they rock up on a weekend. Or one week they have a lot of energy because maybe it's a deload week. The next week, all of a sudden, they're tired again. Um, again, I've got zero evidence to back that up. Zero evidence to back that up. All I've got is the eye test. And when you usually see teams come out flat, it's usually from overtraining or they're just not getting along. As in, you know, the, mm. the, the staff and the players is just not working. Mm. Look, I'll be honest there. from a player's perspective that that's what I'm that's what I'm saying you know that's what really comes through I feel like there is a disconnect um, uh, again inside from that player's opinion I know that that program there we speak about strength and conditioning we speak about culture I think it's probably not working right now for them uh, whether that's a coaching level leadership level and unfortunately that's just what we're seeing on the weekend so i don't know what they need to fix or what they need to get right but i do think there's a disconnect there so yep where, oh, that, where that goes i don't know i just how many years we're going to see this you know well, i mean mate like there, there was a heap of red flags on the field it was the press conference after that rattled me mm. it's round two they asked uh ken mamalo sort of what happened and Kim Mamalo said they had a lack of preparation mm. in round two. And I don't know if Ken just got... Yeah, do you think that's just like... I, I hope he just thought... Because he would have never done a press conference. Never. So I, and that's what it felt. I hope Ken just just grabbed a cliche and thought, fuck, hopefully this will get me out of this. But it's, it, it, was, it was a very poor choice I can choice only assume words. Ken wasn't aware of the... Ram- Sometimes in interviews as a footy player, you just say shit and you're not yeah, thinking sad. of all the ramifications, the current situation that the club's in, you know, obviously Madge is the coach, he's under pressure, and then you're saying you're not prepared. Nah, it's like, Especially for Ken, like he's not a guy who's had any experience around yep. that stuff. And yeah. even if he thought that, he probably wouldn't say it. No. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's not that kind of bloke no, to no, be no. like... But you just see the media, they all sort of sat up a little yeah. bit straight up. Beautiful, here we go, this is what we needed. And put, that's yeah. where I feel like, and I don't know the inner workings, but whoever's decision to have Ken there... I don't understand it. I know he's part of your leadership group, but he has no experience in a press conference and you've just gotten beaten convincingly away at night. Why aren't you taking your leaders? Your, you know, I know Ken is a part of the leadership group, but a guy that you know, has done it before, answered questions before, that's a decision that I'm, not underst- I'm just not understanding why that choice was made. Right. I, I would have sent a message and taken Hastings in there with me. Yeah, Hastings I would have would said to the rest perfectly. of the players, fuck, he's the only one that had a crack today. And Hastings would have wanted to do it. Mate, he would have been, he'll, 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 you know, there's nothing you can say to say Hastings he hasn't heard before. Leader or not, he'll I'm have a winger in a losing team. I'm not going into a press conference. <laughs> yeah, what can you say <laughs> as a winger? <laughs> yeah. But what, like, can you, what can you possibly folklore say? Folklore will tell you, you yeah. do not do that. Yeah. <laughs> but what could you say as a winger, really, as a winger? That's what I'm you saying. You can't say anything, because it's like, mate, you weren't in the engine room. winger's most important position on the field, but, disclaimer, I would, I just, yeah, nah, no, I'm right. Very strange decision, that. But they've got other guys in that team that, I mean, could have taken Twollin there. Joe, you know, Joe O's played Origin. There's, It's just, it was a strange decision. And I felt so sorry for Ken because you could see how uncomfortable he was. But, I mean... It's kind of reflective what of clubs would that happen? Yeah, yeah, it is where they're at. No like, one goes... These boys didn't go into preseason wanting to lose. Like, nah. everyone's got good intentions. But I just think this is the one club that they're going to just have to go through that couple of year process I think to just rebuild everything but they have been doing it for feels like 10 years, ten years. Oh, oh, changes mm. need to happen like changes absolutely need to happen I, I just cannot see a way where that's the roster that Madge has wanted 
he's got it. Well, they they're also we're sort of are they getting to that point of desperation where they're making decisions? That's that's never good as a club yeah. when you when you're there. You know what I mean? Oh, for sure, for sure. Like, yeah. And then the next step is you potentially fall into the trap of paying overs for players yeah. because you're lacking opportunities. So they've got Papaliti and Appy coming in next year. So that'll be huge. Massive. Up for them. And honestly, I'd probably just make. Well, oh, you probably can't. I'm gonna say make Appy captain, but maybe he wouldn't want that. Um, I just, I don't know what to say about the Tigers because I feel like we've already said it all, and I know that Tigers fans are sitting there going, "Fuck, let's just make this as painless as possible, boys." Like, let's not, you know, kick the boot in, and I don't want it because I know the boys, you know, they're not. The last thing they want is to lose a game 100%. of footy because they get pizzled the most. Um, but as a fan, I can understand the frustrations. Like, mm. how many years do we have to go through this? Same thing, over and over. 6 p.m. Friday, they play the Warriors, two teams that haven't won a game yet. The Warriors go. have more... Without Hastings. Campbelltown, they're, they're solid. They're always solid there. Oh, fuck, yeah. I, I just... I've loved, your, uh, I've loved watching young Kelmer. Yeah, Excellent player. Didn't yeah. quite get the opportunity. Had a lot of head knocks, a lot of um, concussion stuff, but he's... Um, He's an edge player. Has like he signed with Manly? Yeah, or is that think, the worst kept secret? Yeah. No, I think he confirmed yes, it. Yeah. yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, I just don't know what to say with the Tigers. I, I think that whatever is happening there, it isn't working. Because mm. what's, you know, they only had 40% possession. They had 61 completion rate. Um, they actually had more line breaks than the, the Knights, which is interesting. They missed 36 tackles, which is, you know, on the other side. 18 errors. 18 yeah, errors. There you, there you go. Fuck, I just... Something's not working. Change, they have to change something. Well, they they play the next two weeks without Hastings now. They play the Titans and the Warriors. After that, they go Sharks, Parramatta, Rabbitohs, Dragons, Manly. Far out. Tough. Tough. The thing is, though, the Tigers are in such a position, and I think that the, all the bottom teams have moved so far away from them that any game's going to be tough. Yep. It's not like last year where you had the Broncos, Bulldogs also struggling. Mm-hmm. Um Hopefully they don't try and force Dewey into an early return. They'll oh, just play please, smart please. There. And, you know, Dewey come uh, Look, next year, they've got Dewey, Appy, Papali'i. That's quite a substantial difference. Big, big inclusion. And I think that we're probably going to see Dewey Hastings partnering. Um, I think we'll see it this year? If it keeps going the way it is, I, I think so. Uh, yeah, I, I just can't see... I can't see the Tigers progressing as a club unless big changes are made. Big mm. changes. I'd love to see a couple of like cultural based signings as well. I think they need. I think they need for that. sure. Just leaders where Absolutely. you're not where you're not head hunting and poaching the most informed player. But and I wonder how many of them are willing to go there. That's the concern. Yeah, that's it. That's a concern. It's like those signings become appealing though. Like, yeah. Do you think Majesty's out the season? I didn't think he'd see out last season, so I'm, I'm not confident. Mm. Yeah, I, I just I don't I don't see it with. If they're not getting success, I think... Yeah, I agree. And you never want to see a bloke lose his job. But if if this continues, I can't see a world where it makes sense to keep him. That's what I mean. For both parties. Yeah, it is what it is. We're all bound by performance. Look at that run coming. They could be 0-8. They really could be. That is tough. And I just think as a club, look, let's say say they do win the Spoon this year. They're a proud club too. Let's say they do win the Spoon or they come 15th or even 14th. Mm. It's like, look... It can't really get worse. Let's just blow this place up and go again. Mm. Uh, it doesn't help that there's more articles today and yesterday about Brooks apparently not being happy. Like Brooks not happy? They've recycled yeah. that story again today. I mean, but like, is that a surprise? 
Like, is that a surprise? It seemed to me like him and Madge have never really clicked. Uh, I, I think it's better for Brooks if he goes somewhere else because I, I do believe I am a firmly in the camp of Brooks is a high-quality NRL I'm with player. You. Yeah, he's got more to offer. He's got yeah. so much to offer, and I think another club with a fresh start where he's not the main guy would do him a world of good. And it'd be a win for the Tigers Everyone. and Brooks. It's just not working. Mm. It's that, not working. That's the reality no. of it. And you know what? Hastings, you know what? I'd make Hastings the captain. Yeah, so would I. Yeah. You know what? If they keep this, I would literally scrap the leadership group, Hastings, you're the captain, and just go forward from there. Uh, because you, you've, you get absolutely towed, and Hastings runs for 200 metres. Mm. When have we ever really seen that with the Tigers? You know, the half, outside of their glory years, the half stepping in and going, boys, I'm just going to fucking have a I mean, you said him on the weekend. Exactly right. He was taking hit-ups. Literal scooting and hitting up. Yeah. Just because he knew just his forwards weren't bending the going. line. Like, yeah. I, uh, well, but, what, what about, I think there was twice he got tackled on fourth. Yeah. And the next tackle was just an absolute shit And it, and it was almost like he was getting tackled on fourth to give Brooks the right field position to kick from. Like, like he, he was making a conscious effort of like, we're not getting to where we need to to give Brooks space. I'm going to do it for us. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would give captaincy to Bro- uh, to Hastings, and I'd be very surprised if there aren't seismic changes at the club. Unfortunately, it just does not seem to be getting better. If you're Appy and Papali'i, are you Ooh. you're looking around the room? Or? Yeah, look, I That'd be Papali'i on good deals, probably, bro. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Papali'i more than Appy because I think Appy's towards the end of his career. Yeah, yeah. Papali'i is still fucking red, red hot. Uh, he could have gone like sure. He could have gone nearly anywhere. Yeah, he was he was Dalian back earlier yeah. year. Uh, yeah, so tough times at Tigers. Hopefully the boys can bounce back. We are, we know they. No, I can tell you now, guys. No player goes out there to get towed up because yeah. it's your no life way. is hell that week. So I'm sure the boys will be. Um, as devastated as, as the fans are. No one's hurting more than the boys. Uh, now, on to what was actually surprisingly... Not surprised... Well, it was surprising because both teams finished so low last year. This was a high-quality match. Broncos mm. versus Doggies. Uh, Two fun teams to watch now. Mate, which is crazy. Absolutely. It's yeah. ridiculous yeah. to say. Broncos probably more so because it's like Bulldogs have gone out and recruited heavy. Yeah. And you can't, there's a little bit of an expectation that we've seen improvement. But whatever... I don't, Guru. We couldn't really land on an explanation for the Broncos stuff for yeah. a little for, for a turnaround. Maybe they're just like it's done. They're they're a little bit older. They're over it. They're over the scrutiny. Like how long can that last? Can mm. be like you can't be a Bronco and not be having some sort of success. Yeah. Like that would have taken its toll. But I think yeah, it's, it's clicked, bro. I think it's clicked for the the boys. Yeah. I think that uh, they understand how important that jersey is now. Mm. I think Ben Iken and Kevin Walters. That, that the reason why I was a, in agreement with bringing Kevy back is like it doesn't matter how good of a coach he is. What we know for sure is he knows what that jersey means. He's got the DNA, so he can instill that on them. Who's and, the assistant, there, bro? Do you um, know? I think his brother might be an assistant. Yeah, um, I think. Yeah, I, I'll have to check that Steve's out. Steve's always there. Yeah, yeah, I'll have to check that out. Cause but I, I can and Kevy's first probably big opportunity to just roll it their way. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it, like last night, even I was watching it, I'm like, even if we lose, I don't care because they are working mm. so hard for each other. And they're like, they withstood. Broncos had 41% of possession. Yeah, wow. 40, tell me a Broncos side the last three years that didn't have 40 put on them if they had 41% of possession. This Broncos side, this new and improved one, didn't break once. Even to the death, we had Albert Kelly chasing from the other side mm. to clean up a kick. That was a certain try if he wasn't there. 
I'm so, so fucking proud of the boys. It's just so good to see. We had less line breaks, I less post contact movies. Yeah, Albert Kelly. I mean, and I was unsure at the start of the year. Mm. I think he's been fantastic. We had less every single stat, less competed sets, less total sets, less runs, less meters, less post contact, less. We had half their line breaks. What an incredible performance. Incredible performance by the boys. I'm so fucking proud. Mm. So proud. John Cartwright and Terry Madison. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, Cartwright can coach And Matty Ballance in, in and around there too Oh yeah, he's really good too I think yeah, he was coaching cool. uh, Manly Reserve Grade for a bit there Yeah. Uh, some standouts for me Herbie Farnworth, fuck yeah. me He was good He's earned that He's been working towards that performance for years Well if you drop your alien down here again You say who's the strike centre for the Broncos Yeah, It's, yeah. it's Herbie by a country mile at the moment um, I just If you could put like Herbie goes looking for the ball If you could put that mindset on Stags Fuck I reckon Herbie's fit as like yeah, he gets absolutely. around. He's a madman. Look, the, the thing I'd say about Stag is like, like he's moved into a superstar of our game. Yep. He is considered that now. Uh, and if he just made that error with the try alone, and then the rest of the game he'd ripped and teared, I wouldn't care. But it's kind of a reflection of how he has been involved in the game, and. With that superstar status, you can't afford to be in and out of games, in and out of seasons. You've got to go looking for the ball. And I just think Stags, you don't want to, you don't want to become that player that is polarising because you have an incredible game or you have one crazy one run. One moment, yeah. And then all of a sudden fans are like, yeah, bro, but we need you to do like five runs, man. He's our best attacking ball runner. And he had five runs. And this game was in the balance from the opening. Yeah, this yeah. was this was begging for someone like him to come into it. Six missed tackles. Mm. Six missed six missed tackles. Like so, the fence has always been a, one of the major highlights yeah. for me with Katoni. But mate, like you said, DK, but he's he's the impact he can have with the ball. But he's got to go looking for it. We yeah. know there's been a couple of big superstar players yeah. that have that impact that have been scrutinised because they come into a game, they have a moment, a try, and then that's it. Yep. Can't afford to have that with him. Can't afford to. If you want to be the big dog and you're on a big contract now, you, you cannot sit and wait for the game to come to you. You're fit enough. You're strong enough. Uh, and and I, I think Tony, if he doesn't play Origin in the next few years, I'll be surprised. Yeah. 100%. Matter of fact, even this year, he has the chance. I know Paps will probably get that 14 role. But if Tony comes out and just blows it apart, he could get that 14 role. Uh, so, you know, that was my only... Disappointment only because I'm such a fan of Katoni and I think that he could be the best center in the game. Uh, outside of that, like, you know, he still did come up with a really big play in defense, putting pressure on Burton, which made him drop the ball, which saved us a try. Mm-hmm. But yeah, as a, as a whole, they were absolutely incredible last he, night. He came up with a few plays in defense on your own line. Like, I think there was one he held another guy up, yeah. the one on Burton. So he kept, but yeah. you're right, there was, yeah, yeah, just with the ball, you just need more from him. You've got to have minimum 15 runs. And I think that that should be the challenge for him. You need to have X amount of runs every game. Yeah, and for sure. If that happens, you know. Yeah, I, I think also the, the fullback, testing you, he's more of a run-first sort of guy. Yeah, definitely. So sometimes when they do get into that shape, it's hard for Katoni to get the ball off him. Sure. Um, but, I mean, that's where, you know, Adam Reynolds knows he's got a Ferrari out there, as we always say. They've just got to get him more ball, however you do it. But you uh, you got to get it and scoot. I yeah, have scoops, yeah, bro. He, you need he needs to be taking hit yeah, ups for yeah. that team. Like I, I understand if like he has a quiet game because he didn't get good ball. Yeah, got to go in and scoot. You yeah, got to fair. go in and scoot. You got to get through your meters. Like you're on 600k now. 
you cannot afford to just be the guy that every now and then does an incredible play. Mm. Um, and look, maybe it was just one of those games with Katoni. Maybe it just, just didn't seem to work for him. And in his defence, they only had 41% of the ball. Yeah. Um, but I think this is a real learning lesson for Katoni because you don't want to be the centre on 600k with your other centre doing 262 metres every week, scoring two tries. Because uh, I know Katoni would be competitive, even internally. And as I said, on his day, best centre in the comp. Easy. In my opinion, oh yeah, there's I don't think there's any do center that he can do. Yeah. That, yeah, there's a lot of things that he does that no one can do. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I think that he'll um, he'll bounce back for sure. Uh, outside of that, I thought Adam Rand's brought a really calming experience. But I just want to give the wraps to our forward pack. Mm. They didn't break for one second. They just there was a period there were like, oh, it looks like the doggies are probably going to run away with this one because they were kind of getting it over us. And our forward pack just hung in there, hung in there. And then there was an image of we were under the pump. So we were under the pump and we kicked the ball down and all the Bulldogs players were walking and hands on hips and our boys were defending. And I was like, fucking oath, boys. That's the difference between a Bronco and someone else. Is like when they got their hands on the haunches, they can't get back. We're fucking still up yep. in their face. Uh, so, so proud of the boys. I mean, Adam Reynolds kicked for 562 metres. 562 metres. Uh, Herbie Farnworth, as I said, He's been playing his absolute dick off for so many years now. <laughs> he has, uh, and he's finally been given the spotlight he deserves. Yeah. So th- I'm so happy for him. Paddy Carrigan, fuck me, he's good. So fucking good. Uh, Jordan Ricky got through 50 tackles on the edge. Wow. 50 tackles. Jordan Ricky of old would have broken. Yeah. But this new Jordan Ricky, more mature, more fit, and fantastic. Shout out to Corey Oates too. He's yep. got his 100th NRL try. Over 200 metres. Oh, mate, to score 100 NRL tries... You yeah, two could unreal. probably talk about it more how hard it is to score one. Mm. 100 is unbelievable. Yeah, it's unreal. And it's, it's great timing for Corey. I think it's really important that he has a big season for the club. So yeah, I think a good game, a win, his 100th try. I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm co- like that's that's going to set him up confidence-wise. Um, big inclusion. And they need Corey, a good Corey Oates in your side <sighs> in the back line. That's yeah. massive. People forget how good he was, massive. man. Just chewing through metres coming that's out of the That's what I mean. Room. That's yeah. what the Broncos need. Yeah. And to, to the point of Katoni playing a role in that stuff, you've got Farnworth who plays well above his weight. Oh. If the other guys can match that effort, especially coming out of their own end, huge. Yeah, Kurt Kate, well, I thought, you know, did all the little things like, Yes, you know, he missed a few tackles or whatever, but it's just the attitude. It's yeah. the never-say-die attitude that I just think that Reynolds, Catewell, Carrigan, Haas have just brought into this side. Um, Payne Haas, when the game was on the line, he's put his hand up and said, boys, get on me fucking back. Fucking Carrigan animal, gets on his... Oh, mate, he's a he's fucking an animal. animal. Absolute animal. Like, look at this. 159 metres, four tackle breaks, 33 tackles, only one miss in 60 minutes. Um, and by his standards, that's, that's, that's not much. a quiet mm. game. Yeah. But, it, but be, what's crazy is he essentially did that in one half because they didn't have the ball in the first yeah. half. Yeah. Uh, incredible. I'm just so fucking pr- – and you know what? We're just – it's not the execution that I'm so proud of. It's the, the standards that we are setting. Mm. We did not break. We should have lost that of, game. A bit of grit from the Broncos. Massive nice grit. So fucking good. That, that's the Broncos. That's the Broncos. And, and, and I keep giving them rats, but Paddy Carrigan is just – he's a lock – Absolute lock-in for that Queensland mm. side. He's so fucking good. Mm. Uh, Kobe Hetherington. Yeah, aggressive off the line, and he does yes. it over and over again. Uh, Kobe Hetherington comes off the bench in 34 minutes, gets through 30 tackles. Yeah, Just so good, yeah. man. So good. So very proud. Billy Walters comes on, continues to prove every run wrong. Yeah, he's a great, he's a great player. Five tackle breaks, you know, in 25 minutes. Heavy, like, Billy Walters, uh, if Albert 
Cowley wasn't playing so well, you'd almost give him a you, shoe in for that six. Sure, you would. Did you play with him? You yeah, played, he's, you a gra- he's a great player. Yeah. Great player. Um, so and that just that impact he can bring, and it's just a really good mix with Turpin, and then we've got Corey Pax. So it's just shaping up so well for the Broncos. Very, very proud of the boys. Uh, now onto the doggies. Yeah, interesting for Canterbury. Um, the one thing I found very strange was the way they used Tavita. Mm. Mm. I mean, he he started the game. He went off in the 14th minute. He came back on in the 28th. He then had a half-time spell. He came back for 10 minutes and he came off. Then he went back on in the 67th minute for the last 13 minutes. Uh, I just – it's a lot to use on one guy, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. For me, like, it's very strange. I've never seen that before. Especially no. when you've got the halftime break smack in the middle of a ten-minute spell on either side. Yeah. No. No. I totally agree. It was very, very. I mean, he still played really, really he well. Right. Yeah. 100%. Super impact. Yeah. But yeah, it is a very strange. But I, I, don't, I don't think you should have to do that to make him play the way oh, he did sure. last night. You, you can't know? afford to. Can't afford in to. In the NRL, yeah. you can't afford to. Uh, I want to give uh, a rap to Corey Waddell. I thought oh, he was yeah. outstanding yeah, for the doggies. He was, hey. Uh, I also thought Hetherington, Hetherington on the edge is a revelation. He looks dangerous. Every time he got the ball, I shit fan. myself because he's so fucking aggressive. Fucking off his head, off his head <laughs> at a half constantly. I think they may have unearthed something pretty special mm, there. Just an, an enforcer for them. Yep, That's on an edge, like just putting fear into those halves, which is very rare. Where a half's like, oh fuck, I got this guy, whatever. This running this, at me all game, all game. Um, Mate, I really, really like what I see from the uh, the doggies. I thought Matt Burton, his bombs were absolutely outrageous. I haven't seen things like that since Joey. I haven't seen bombs like that since watching highlights of Joey. Mm. Maybe, maybe Cleary to a degree, but those bombs are going fucking up to heaven. They're, 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 like they go out of shot. Yeah, which you <laughs> never see. It's just, it's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Um. So Burton, I think you know it's. It's very easy to be like, oh, yeah, Burton's playing really well. To come to a new club with the amount of pressure he's had on him and to deliver the way he's delivered, I think he deserves massive His short raps. King game has been incredible. He's, yeah. just, he's I, a quality player. Yeah. Like, uh, I, I've got to give raps to Dufty too. I was a bit unsure on how we would go with the doggies. 200 plus metres. He's really added a lot to their mm. attack. You know, they, they could always grind through a game, but the Bulldogs' attack is what surprised me. Like, they could barely score a point last year. Mm. Like, there were games where, like, weeks where they didn't score a point. Now, Dufty just offers that extra bit of flair. Uh, Jeremy Marshall King, I mean, improved we spoke about it a few weeks ago. He came out and said he wants to be a top five hooker in rugby league, and every Pelican with a phone pizzled him. Mm-hmm. I mean, why wouldn't you want your hooker to try and be the very best mm. that he can. Yep. And he's come out, he's killed it this year. I think he looks great. He obviously, he's well aware that Reed's arriving there next year. He's going to be the guy. So Marshall King, whether it's at Canterbury or, and I, I, there would be so many teams looking at Jeremy Marshall King right For now. For sure, definitely. Um, I think he's done very, I think he's played his two best games that I've seen him play the first two weeks. And the one that impressed me off the bench, Max King. Yeah. yeah. He's playing good footy. He's got to play 55 for me. Mm. They started to lose well the arm wrestle when sure. he came off. Mm. Yeah, uh, to be honest, I thought the doggies played really well. Mm. I, I just thought I just thought they ran up against the Broncos team that played really well as well. And the Broncos probably had just a little bit too much strike power across the park, um, but not by much at all, like at all. You could, 
you know, a couple of reads here and there. I think uh, Naden and Burns have been such good pickups for oh, the, the doggies. Great. They offer so much. And they're hungry. They're two players yeah, yeah. who they've always been good in their own respect, yeah. but they've never quite been able to crack or get to where they want to be with their clubs. So coming from Panthers and Souths, they're two quality players. They stay injury-free, massive additions. Well, they're keeping Shoop out of the side. Mm, Aaron yeah. Shoop, who's a gun, an absolute young gun. Um, Jake Everillo. I thought he had one of his better games. I, I was seeing glimpses of what Trent Barrett can see. But I do still believe that... Um, I, I saw glimpses. I saw glimpses. I thought the doggies played really well. I thought they, they plenty of uh, chances were created. Um, and I thought it was one of Jake Everillo's better games. Like, obviously... He's still, I still don't think he's a seven. But there were glimpses of you know, some good ball playing, getting to the line, squaring up. And with Burton taking over the kicking role, it does really yeah, free, him up. Yeah, free yeah. him up quite a bit. Uh, but but I, I'm still unsure as to whether he'll be a seven going forward. And I think he probably suits. Like, for example, could they not you know, push Naden or Burns to the wing and then put him in the centres? You know, that could be an option. Mm. Um, but then who do you play it? Like... Yeah, I respectfully. Mean, they recruit a seven. Yeah, yeah, they're going to yeah, have to. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because uh, they clearly just don't want, don't want to play Flanagan, Flanagan for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, Doggies fans, I think you've got a lot to look forward to. I was, like, surprisingly really impressed with the Doggies, even last week. Their grit, their determination, they can score points now. Look at their forward pack. You've got Corey Waddell, who, who played probably their best forward. Jerry Marshall King, who was improving out of sight. Paul Vaughan, Hetherington, Pangai Jr., Josh Jackson. Like, it's that's all a, there. That's a top-tier forward pack. It is. Top-tier forward pack. They've got... Good God. They've got Manly this week, then Melbourne, then Penrith, oh. then South, then Brisbane, then Roosters. Holy Fuck. shit. Then they go to Canberra. Oh, my God. And then they got the Knights, who might be undefeated still by that fucking point. Fucking yeah, but what's, how good is it that it, there's not just, like, three teams we're looking at mm. going, well, if you play the Storm, Panthers, or... You know, maybe one other team. Any, anything outside of that. Whereas now we're going, fuck, you just don't know. Like, you just don't know. It's best. Um, Naden, 168 metres, five tackle breaks. I've always had huge raps on Naden. He actually, you know, I know he had his issues in the grand final, but he came on and played mad in that grand final mm. that they lost to the Penrith Panthers. And, well, you know, he should have been there from the get-go, really. In the yep. centre position. Yep. No should've doubt for that selection. Absolutely. So, look, I, I, massive... Um, and him working with Josh, again, Josh is one of those guys, you only have to go back to the vintage Storm left edge. Yep. I can't explain how well-versed they are in the defensive structures. Now, I know Josh is lightning fast, so mm. he probably gets himself out of some troublesome situations. But what he would have done there and the connection they're having, like he'd be loving playing footy, yeah. especially with him I, outside. I think they're really dangerous, that mm. combination. I wouldn't want to play against him. Like, nah. Nathan's a big, rangy boy. Good in defence, though. Yep, Dude. he's a big, yeah, strong Nate, boy. Naden I've always been surprised like, that he. I like him. Yeah, I'm. Su- I've always been surprised Naden hasn't stepped up into that top tier center position, mm. like in the comp, because I think he's really fucking good, and I have since day dot. So it's great to see. Um, yeah, and in, when you've got a guy like Luke Thompson coming off the bench, who brings so much aggression, I really, really like what I see for the doggies. And if I'm a doggies fan, have hope. Who knows? Maybe you you, you push into the ten. You still got to put um, RFM back into this team eventually yep, too. Yep. So. Who was their best forward when they were struggling? Yeah. So great signs for the doggies. Absolutely great signs for the doggies. Uh, that is us for the week. Went way over time. It's actually supposed to be releasing now. <laughs> so we, yeah. Well, by the time you see this, 
It'll be way past it. Um, make sure to follow Chandrail on Instagram if you're in a, near an air locker. Yo, air locker training, jump in, jump experience in. altitude. It's a really cool setup, really different too. No one else is doing that no, kind of altitude right. training. Make sure to follow Guru at Rugby League Guru on Instagram. Follow, uh, subscribe to a podcast. Grab a case of bloke in a bar. Uh, go to bloke.shop, grab some, sing, um, some, uh, some clothes. Don't do anything for Matt. Fuck Matt. <laughs> Don't follow him. <laughs> Fuck that guy. And as usual, I'll go and fuck myself. Thank you. <laughs>